Radio Mano Papachango. Welcome to the podcast. I recorded a shrimp parade with uh, Duncan and Joe this afternoon for hours. My ass hurt by the end of it. I was in this chair that I couldn't get comfortable in. <clears throat> and um, yeah, Joe uh, lit up a joint and uh, said, you guys want some of this? And Duncan said, yeah, man. And I said, oh, maybe just a little hit. And I hit it. And then... Uh, and then I felt fine. I felt good. Didn't really notice it. I thought, oh, it's not that strong. It's pretty good. And uh, a couple hours in, Joe lit up the joint again and passed it around. And now I was like, yeah, well, this is fine. And so I hit it harder that time. And um, that's where you'll hear me fade out of the conversation. <clears throat> so if you notice that uh, like I'm pretty active and and integrated into things there for a couple hours, and then at some point I sort of evaporate, uh, that's it. I also got up and went to take a piss at some point. So if you weren't watching on video, you wouldn't know that. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I just sort of, um, you know, I could, I, it was like I was in a, a time warp because conversation goes really fast with those guys, of course. And if you want to say something, you sort of have to like, you know, you don't knock on the door. You just open the door and go in. You don't wait for someone to like say, well, and Chris, what do you think about that? Uh, that rarely happens. So um, yeah, you have to sort of jump into it, dive into the fray, as it were. And uh, once I had that second um, encounter uh, with the doobie, my, you know, I was I was listening to the conversation and I could like I think of interesting things to say. But by the time I processed like, oh, I, that's like that. Oh, that'll be an interesting addition to the conversation the conversation had already moved on. So, uh, yeah, that's what happens sometimes. But I don't know, maybe it's not even noticeable from your point of view. We'll see. Anyway, I had a really good time hanging with those guys in Joe's new studio, which is freaking amazing. I mean, uh, man, that studio, it's like a, an airplane hangar. I, I don't know how many square feet it is, but it's massive. It's like a warehouse space. Like, it's big enough that a pool table could easily get lost. He's got indoor archery range and uh, uh, sensory deprivation tank, isolation tank. Uh, I think he's got sauna and um, a workout area and a kickboxing pad um, with heavy bags. And, uh, yeah, just all sorts of amazing stuff really nice space so very happy for joe he spends a lot of time working so why not have a place where he can take a break and go lift some weights or kick the bag or do whatever he does to to relax so he, he deserves it anyway that's it for me i'm not going to do any sort of long intro for this this is already fucking four hours long so i'm just going to uh, shut up and throw it up 
I just want to point out there are no ads. Christmas is approaching. You're being assaulted by ads from every direction. People telling you, buy, buy, buy. Are you considering this? Buy here. Are you going to do that? Buy this. Hi, are you interested in <laughs> If you're sick of that and you think there should be a space in your media environment where you don't have to listen to that shit, I'm your guy because I don't want to say any of that shit. And I don't want that shit contaminating my fucking podcast. So this is our little bubble. This is our ad-free zone right here. And I know I'm leaving thousands of dollars a month on the table, thousands of dollars a month, which I honestly, you know, I'm not rolling in money. Uh, Unlike some people with a fucking podcast recording studio and a hanger. (laughs) I'm not resentful at all. No. But, you know, there, there is a difference. Um, uh, anyway, if you want to support ad-free content, please do. Through Patreon, uh, through PayPal donations, through I'm using my affiliate link at Amazon, which does not support the podcast, but it allows me to deflect funds from other areas in order to, um, uh, you know, live higher on the hog as it were so thank you for your support thank you for listening thank you for being cool because without exception everybody i've met who has who puts up with my bullshit on this podcast is cool at least according to my definition of cool so rest assured that if you and i ever meet i'm probably very likely gonna think you're pretty cool so keep doing it whatever it is thanks for listening catch you soon the bitch is back. Oh, and we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Shrimp Parade. Powerful Duncan Trussell's in the house. Yeah. You're back. I'm back. Dr. Chris Ryan, looking like you're fresh off of vacation. Like we just pulled you <laughs> pulled you out of someone's sailboat. <laughs> I was on a fishing trip. <laughs> Perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. The endless vacation. We were talking about uh, Elton John right before we started. And I, I think there's some Elton John songs that are just all-time classics, you know? Yeah, what like are your the, favorites? Top three. <laughs> Boy, um, man. Do you like Daniel? That's the best. Daniel's a great song. I love that. Rocket Man is one of my favorites. Rocket Man's great. Rocket yeah. Man's what so good. What do you think that's good. about? I don't know. I never, I never thought about that. Let me, let me go over the lyrics. You know, that's one of those songs you just, the lyrics almost become inconsequential because the lyrics are, oh, this is the sound that song makes. I right. remember that song. That yeah. song has this feeling. It's like listening to a song in a different language. Right, right. The almost. voice is just an yeah. instrument. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird when you find out what a song's about. And it's the opposite. Oh, what does it say? What it is? No, this is just the lyrics. Yeah, it's it's but, uh, it's about an astronaut. They're uh, right. annotated no. lyrics. Yeah. I don't think it is. I think it's about like snorting ketamine. Is that what it is? It's, it's about lonely it's, out I think in it's space. About, like, I miss blasted. my wife. I miss the Earth so much. Yeah. Oh, are you just guessing, Duncan? Well, I mean, I we all get to interpret music in our own way, but for sure, that's Elton John. He's in some hotel room. Look at He's this. laid out some lines of ketamine. No. He's about. Yeah, based Look at what on, it says here. It says, uh, during the drug era, given that it was penned during the 1970s drug era, people can still see that it serves as an extended metaphor comparing fame to space travel. Wow. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. But it also, I bet it also was about rocket travel. Because Bernie Taupin wrote it, right? Yeah. He wrote it. He wrote them John. all. Yeah. What a great the combination, yeah. the two of those guys. <clears throat> it's like you and young Jamie. 
Very similar. Nobody ever hears about young Jamie. Last time I was here, I tried to get him on my podcast. He's he's eluding me. Yeah, yeah. He's, really? he's smart. I remember that. Sorry. <laughs> Doesn't want to be on your crazy podcast out in the woods. <laughs> Can't come in the van, Jamie. Hey, we'll record in the van. <laughs> um, Saturday night, that's a great one. He's all right for fighting. Yeah, that's a yeah, great one. Yeah. That's a great workout song. That's a real kind of like. Yeah, I'll yeah. bet. Yeah. It's like a punk British. <laughs> Yeah. Saturday night. Daniel's the first time I really thought about Spain. It's about Daniel, my brother. He's heading out on the plane. I can see the red tail lights heading for Spain. Uh, no, that's about his friend dying, for no, sure. He's blind, no. Oh. You, it's about his blind brother, I I'm believe. misinterpreting all these Elton John you're all, songs. You must have I'm that experience like a lot. I of, like him less. I don't know, like the, what his songs are about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about this conversation is trying to interpret what songs are is v the very actual thing that happened when people were trying to interpret the stories from the Bible. I mean, it's basically the same thing. We're trying to figure out, no, he meant this. No, right. he meant that. These parables right. and some right. of the stories that are in the Bible. Yeah. You know, if you go to the John Marco Allegro definition, what does it say? A song was written from his younger brother's perspective. Hmm. A story about a guy who went back to a small town in Texas returning from the Vietnam War. Wow. Okay. Right. That's Daniel. And he was blind, right? Your eyes have died, but you see more than I. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Do you still feel the pain of the scars that won't heal? Yeah, oh, it's a wow. beautiful song. H have you guys heard, you know that song, Summer of 69? Jamie, maybe you can bring yeah, this up. Yeah, the Brian Adams one? And that's about, like, actually 69ing. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I... Now, again, like, every single one of my interpretations is completely wrong. But look it up, because I think the summer of 69, is like, one interpretation is that's, like, a, a fuck summer. Where he was, like, 69ing all summer. Is that is that true? Yes! Is it true? Well, ding, here ding. Here wow. Had my first real six-string. Uh, Brian Adams' fourth album, Reckless. Summer 69 in many meanings, although one of them, including... Life in 1969, while another includes making love with someone, hence using the number 69 as a reference. Boy, that's not accurate, the way they said that. This Though, is like the internet okay. interpretation, sorry. Yeah. Um, what I meant was, it's like, you would never say that. That, w that wouldn't be how you convey your feelings. Like, if you're writing that song, like the summer of 69, and this, say, hold on, go back to that, please. It says, while another includes making love with someone. That is just... That's not an accurate way. I don't know, man. You're I've talking heard. about 69ing. I mean, yeah, you're making love, but you're getting crazy. It's like there's more to it than that. That's like the same thing as like trying to interpret stories from a Bible or something like that. Like you're boiling them down. Like you're trying to figure out what was this guy actually saying? Yeah. You know, it's like literary interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. It's all poetry. Right. My favorite example of a song that sort of misleads you. I, I mean, I really like songs where the cover's better than the original because the person doing the cover gets what the song's about better than the original artist does. Hmm. I mean, wow. all along the Watchtower, Hendrix's version yeah. is way better than Dylan's, right? Dylan actually said that. But my favorite example in recent music is um, uh, Hey Ya by Outkast. Oh, okay. You know, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Hey, yeah. Uh, my baby don't mess around because she loves me so. Yeah, yes, I know yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, it's real upbeat. Da, da, da. Listen to the words. But does she really want to but can't stand to see me walk out the door? Don't try to stop the feeling because the thought alone is killing me right now. Thank God for mom and dad for sticking two together because we don't know how. 
It's all Whoa. about how we don't know how to love each other. Wow. Yeah. Hey, fellas, what's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. If what they say is nothing lasts forever, then what makes love the exception? Oh, why, oh, why are we so in denial when we know we're not happy here? Whoa. It's a really sad song. Super sad. Yeah. There's a dude who did a cover of it, Obadiah Parker. See, the thing that I really like yeah. about... He gets it. He gets the sadness of it. Play some of that. Can't stand to see me walk out the door can't stand to fight the feeling cause the thought alone is killing me right now holy shit it's depressing this is really good mom and dad for sticking yeah, you together cause we it. don't know how wow hey, uh, this is fucking great hey, uh, there's people right now screaming at their phone. You're retarded, Joe Rogan. You don't know what great is. I'm so fucking sick of your music tastes. It's so bad, bro. Your music tastes are so bad. I get t more tweets about how bad my taste is in music and movies and television shows. Well, blame it on me. And that cut Chris Ryan. Yeah, I was I was looking at something the other day. Some something on some video years, the comments or something. And it occurred to me how. You have your audience is first of all so large and also so mixed because you've got your fingers in all these different worlds that you must get a lot more hostility than someone like Duncan or me because our audience is more sort of homogeneous, I would think. I'm the bridge between the meatheads and the potheads. Exactly. So mm -hmm. there's conflict yeah, no there's matter which conflict. way you go. There's a little, but the meatheads kind of get that look the like if you want to go the far end of the extremes like the UFC fans but the UFC fans know like I'm a I'm a representative like I'm I'm doing my best like they know I'm a hundred percent into this it's not like I'm not like some actor that they hired right. to promote this so I but then you got all the way to the far left which is the psychedelic people and I got a ton of vegan followers and people that are really into <laughs> yoga and it's like all of them together. It's like the weirdest fucking house party when yeah. you see them sometimes in the comments. <laughs> well, no, man. I, this is like at this Ramdas retreat that I just went to. One of the one of the people who run, runs the retreat wanted me to tell to thank you because he's like, you know, your podcast brings a lot of people to these Ramdas retreats, which is to me it was such a strange thing to think, man. <laughs> that you're like magnetizing people and and bringing them down a slippery slope. Where they land in Maui, hanging out with like Buddhist and like yeah, it's Hindu crazy. teachers. It's really crazy, man. It's a very odd thing. How many how, like how many tentacles you have? Fucking Burning Man, Jesus Christ, Burning Man. Everybody wants you to go, man. You've got to go. <laughs> you got to go. When is it again? It's I think like it's during day. elk hunting season. It's late August, early Listen, September. You can't, you, you can't <laughs> bring some elks to Burning Listen, Man. What I, you, I can't interact with that many people. I yeah. can't do that anymore. Those days are done. But you know what, what has changed? Like a big one of the biggest things that's ever changed because of this podcast? The float industry. Yeah. Float oh, yeah. industry has taken off. I get like residual gratitude from float places. Like, 
I know you know Joe Rogan. You can float for free. Like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it just didn't make any sense to me that before I was talking about it, no one was talking about it. This was something that was invented by Lily in, what, 1960-something? Yeah. He had the, yeah, the yeah. first 70, one maybe. where you were vertical. Yeah. You know, He had one where you would wear a helmet, and you had a harness, and the helmet would float you. You know, And then he figured out the salt thing. And, um, I mean... The fact that this was not a popular thing was blowing me away. Well, it was, but then it died because of the AIDS thing. Yeah, and I don't you think it was it ever this popular. No, no, but it was much. It, it was higher. Then it dropped a lot. The AIDS yeah. thing killed it. Yeah, because nobody and then knew you how. You sort of brought it back in. Yeah. Sorry. But with John Lilly, you know what's interesting about him? What people leave out about him a lot is that he was talking to aliens, and it's an interesting thing that people just kind of push all that shit aside. They know him as the float guy, invented float tank. And the dolphin guy. And the yeah. dolphin guy, but also they completely leave out that he was going into those tanks and claiming some kind of communication with something called the ECC or something, mm -hmm. ECCO, you know about that? Yeah. The yeah. Earth Coincidence Control Office or something, you know yeah. about that? Is that in the center of the cyclone? Yeah, center yeah. of the cyclone. Yeah. But he was going way out, talking way out. about some kind of like invisible, I guess, network that produces coincidences. I, I don't understand it at all, but people just completely leave that out, that the guy who created float tanks was using them to communicate with entities. And he was using a lot of ketamine. A lot of ketamine, yeah. Or maybe they, they're leaving out that the guy who invented float tanks lost his shit there toward the end. Well, he, maybe, but I think that... I don't know what's happening when you're doing psychedelics, but there are certain psychedelics where it absolutely feels like you're experiencing another life form communicating with you. For sure. For sure, right? Now, if that's the case with ketamine as well, ketamine seems to be, like me personally, my personal bias, I sort of dismiss it because I think of it as some sort of uh, chemical compound thing, some sort of a synthetic thing that man's created, like ketamine, mm. like what? It's so some DMT tranquilizer. Is more yeah. reliable. But I think that's just my own ignorance. I think really, it, we're just talking about chemicals, right? And how chemicals that exist in nature, it's a, like when someone says it's, it's an artificial chemical, well, that's not real, because everything is natural. Everything's here. Like, it might yes. have been concocted and put together and baked and cooked and, and synthesized by a person, but of course it's all natural. Everything that exists well, is a part of nature. But isn't that semantics, though? Because, I it mean, is and it isn't, in that yeah. these chemicals most likely have some sort of a corresponding receptor in the human brain. Right or something similar, something to, the, similar. to the molecule. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's some natural thing. Like that's the craziest thing about the most potent drugs, whether it's psilocybin or whether it's dimethyltryptamine. They have like really similar composition to normal human neurochemistry. Right, they're like keys. Like they're keys that yes. fit a certain lock. That's right. how they put right. it. Yeah, but I do think that there, there is a distinction between natural and unnatural in the sense that. Something, because I get this argument all the time, right? Oh, people created it, so it's natural. But there are things that exist in the natural system, like plastics don't exist in the natural ecosystem, right. and therefore they don't break down, they don't become part of the food chain in a mm -hmm. beneficial way, whereas things that have existed in that system for a long time do. They fit into it. And I think in terms of drugs, there are drugs like GHB that exists naturally in the body that we metabolize absolutely cleanly because the liver knows exactly what it is. It's prepared to deal with it. 
and it doesn't cause any uh, organic toxicity, no neurotoxicity. But then there are other things like alcohol, which are natural in a sense that fruits ferment and all that, but the body doesn't uh, metabolize it cleanly, so it damages us. In particular, if you're from a very specific part of the world, right, where it's a, if it's not a part of your custom, which is why mm. it was such a giant issue when Europeans came here right, and Native started giving. Americans. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have any history with alcohol. Well, well you, you know, Hamilton Morris, yeah. uh, the Vice guy, he tweeted this thing. I thought was pretty smart. Probably a little controversial. Forgive me if I misquote it, but it's something on the lines of, "It's dr- it's drugs," and that word is a controversial word. Somehow, mm-hmm. people like to use the term "plant medicine," which is okay. You can call it plant medicine, or you can call it whatever you want. But to create a hierarchy based on synthesis. I think is to sort of miss the point, which is that well, all of yeah. these things are tools, and some of them we have more of a mm. history with humanity, and some of them we don't. The ones we don't, which is my God, there's so many. I don't. There's so many new drugs that are just popping up all the time. Different derivatives of LSD, things you can like right now. Apparently, you can order sheets of this stuff. That is like LSD, but it's in the gray area. It's still kind of legal. It's like a different version of LSD, but we don't know yet the effects it's going to have because it's not like anyone's really testing it and outside. Don't say the name because Jeff Sessions is listening. He's got one hand on his earmuffs, the other hand is writing his down. another drug. you got to get rid of it. <laughs> little southern dick. Uh, That'd be but, scary if Jeff Sessions had a giant dick. Though, huh? what a <laughs> nightmare. Table. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I, I think. I this- was talking to a woman who had sex with a little person, and she said he had a normal sized dick. Mm. They have big heads. <laughs> so Jeff Sessions with a normal sized dick would be interesting proportionally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just scary to think about like that Jeff Sessions having like some kind of like because you know he's such a you know he's just such the quintessential pig you know yeah. and it's like you want the quintessential pig to have some kind of like to be almost like a eunuch or something like but it's Trump. terrifying to imagine that Jeff Sessions when he takes his clothes off probably has like six <laughs> nipples <a laughs> you know just running right down the middle of his fucking chest glistening, puppies, puppies glistening. they ooze they ooze he gets wet when he's like arresting people they ooze a little milky <laughs> little, trail little goat knobs that he has to fall file yeah. down at night <laughs> Yeah, a little goat knobs. He probably, yeah, he's got hoof. Oh. He file. He you guys visits are private prisons. He visits private prisons and just pulls out his massive throbbing cock in front of people <laughs> who've been sentenced there for life. Look at it. Look he at squirts it. right on that screen that you put your hand on. <laughs> Mr. Sessions, I was standing up for you. I just want you to know that. He's going after medical marijuana again. He's trying to. It's almost like he can't help himself. He knows what the laws are, and it's almost yeah. like, but, 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 just let him grab him. Let yeah. me just grab yeah. him. Yeah, sure. Let me just grab him. I know the, I know what science says, but I've got my personal opinions on the thing, and that's what matters. Yeah, just any time there's a, one person has authority over another person, and they've lived an entire life in that position, that's their ecosystem. Their ecosystem is they have authority, they enforce laws, they lock people up, they put, and it's the game. Right. It gets the game they play, and Drugs to be successful. Bad. Yeah, not just that. It's oh. like there's an objective. It's literally like almost like a Monopoly game. Like, you see yeah. what the thing is to arrest people. You're, you're the guy who arrests people, you arrest people and convict people. That's your game. That's what you do. You're plugged into the machine. Yeah. Do you know an interesting thing about Monopoly? It was invented by uh, an anarchist who was invented it to teach kids the evils of capitalism. Wow. 
Really? Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's kind of how goofy anarchists are. Yeah. They did the exact opposite thing. It's well, like what they do today. It wasn't supposed to be fun. It was supposed to demonstrate that when you accumulate capital, you end up taking it all. Right. You know? Yeah. Wait, what do you think anarchists are? Well, I think that anarchists are people who want to diminish this system that we have, have far less rules, have far less government, right? And well, usually they're kind of spastic. And they're, 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 the way they express themselves is always like very awkward. Like well, those are libertarians. Of, well, <laughs> that too. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know. Like I've just been reading this book, uh, Anarcho Syndicalism. It's like this. Uh, God damn, it's Thin- really interesting to look at the history of anarchism, like what it comes from versus what it gets <clears throat> interpreted. Because I remember when I was like in high school. Or do you remember drawing the fucking anarchy symbol mm-hmm. and you'd be like, yeah, yeah. it means it Go means crazy, you just go, wow, fight man. the power, man. You didn't even know what it meant. You're just yeah. assuming, you know. But but I I think one part of it that's really beautiful is the idea that we don't need withered old prunes like Jeff Sessions telling us what we can put in our bodies. We don't need that. That's true. And 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 that how many Jeff Sessions are there in the power structure? And then where it gets really fucking cool, man, check out David Graeber. You should have him on the podcast. My God, he's fucking brilliant. What's he, he do? He's an author. And he um a philosopher, I guess you could say. But uh, um, he is incredible, and he wrote a book called, I think it's called The Utopia of Rules that I've been reading, which is pretty fucking badass. And uh, it's just sort of breaking down, like, the um, the bureaucracy that we're in right now. Bureaucracy, all the fucking forms you got to fill out to do just about anything these days. Right. Like, it's all just... these fucking forms. It's <clears throat> insanity, right? Right. But then where it gets really interesting is he's right now, so, like, in, like, communist states the 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 corporations in the state are kind of the same thing so there's these like ministry of labor the stores are all national stores you know and so we think that that's not what's happening right now but actually because the people who are running a lot of the corporations used to be in government and the people who are in government used to be running these big corporations one of the cool points he makes, and also because the government is making the rules that the corporations are working by, but the corporations are putting their own agents into the state, he's saying that actually the line between the state and private companies is really blurry right now. They're kind of merging together, together, but we like to pretend they're separate. For example, what's happening right now with the fucking FCC trying to take away the internet, with Verizon having one of their fucking... Uh, pig drones in a superposition of power right now is trying to take away the freedom of the internet. The state can be like we. The corporations can blame it on the state. It's the well, just state. clarify what you mean by that because you, they're not trying to take away the freedom of the internet. They're, they're trying to. They're trying to get rid of net neutrality. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. what it just mean is that you will have to probably pay more. Yeah. To access uh, things that require more bandwidth, and uh, well, it's going to be. It's not. It's going to be what it is now, where every website it. has open access. That's to it. it. Sucks. And you, you get two versions, right? You get the capitalist version that thinks it's a good idea, and then you get the tech version, which thinks it's a terrible idea. I almost always go to, towards the tech version. You have to. Yeah. But that's the anaconda, you know, the way an anaconda kills somebody. Every time you exhale, it squeezes in a little bit. That's all. Like yes. right now, it's yeah. the, the squeeze in is okay. This fucking internet 
It sucks if you're uh, somebody like Jeff Sessions. That's not that's not where the money's coming from. I think you're misinterpreting the whole idea. It's all just a business thing. It's like being able to throttle the the data and being able to decide like like if Netflix wants you on their if you want to have Netflix on the network, they want to be able to work out some sort of a deal. They don't want to treat Netflix like it's any other sort of streaming service. Like you're looking at the the the. The, there's business transactions. They're looking at it in a business sense. They're not saying the internet sucks. No one is trying to like squeeze the internet and yeah. stop it. What they're right. trying to do is make more money. Well, okay, great. They're trying you to know make what I'm more. Saying? Yeah, I do hear. I do know what you're saying, but I think it's a slippery slope, and it's the, the idea of the internet being treated like, I don't know, water. The internet being treated like just a thing that no corporation should have any kind of say, and right. the, that that to me, it has to stay like that. Because the moment some corporation, whoever it may be, gets to start deciding, yeah, you guys need to pay a little bit more. Right. And if we establish that corporations in the state aren't as separate as we like to think, then suddenly there's all kinds of back channels. There's suddenly there becomes a new way to begin to filter out content. And you could say it's for money. You start building financial walls around things, or you start making things vanish into the background because they aren't in some big conglomerate that's paying off the corporations more or whatever, you just mess up the whole thing, which as far as I can tell, it's doing great. The internet's great. This fucking compound you're in right now, you know, a lot of it came from the internet. This thing we're doing right now, it's the way the internet's been working. Oh, dude, no one's a bigger proponent of the internet than I am. I just think when we're talking about these issues, you gotta be you got to be really like objective Precise. about what's trying to happen here. They're not trying to silence dissent. They're just trying to they're trying to make as much money as possible. I mean, this is a, a weird, tricky time when it comes to information. We we do have to be very careful because it could wind up being like, hey, you get your internet from Comcast. Well, Comcast does no longer allow, you know, blah blah blah, the Laugh app yeah. that has your podcast featured on it, or yeah. you know, some new streaming service that's yet to be discovered that will be in the future challenging YouTube. So YouTube gets together with Google. You know, they're owned by Google, and they, they get together with Verizon, and they make it exclusive for the Verizon yeah. network. If you want to get on YouTube, you have to be on the Verizon yeah, network. Sure. I mean, that's that's this is all it's inside fucked. the realm of possibility. At the deeper level, though, anybody who thinks that government has not been totally captured by corporations isn't paying attention. I mean, that's not news in this country. I mean, you come from Europe where, and this is one of the things, the problems I have with anarchists and libertarians. I think they're very naive about what the world would look like if there were no government regulations. Yeah, I agree. The, the, every poison, every river would be too poisoned to swim in. It, you know, the air would be fucking, because corporations, it makes sense for them to dump their shit as near to the factory as possible. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about birth defects and dead people. It doesn't matter. That's that's true, but and, a lot of good things come from, from, the, from a lot of anarchist uh, theorists and, and, and some of those things. You're, well, I, I think a lot you. of it relates back to my shit with the hunter-gatherers, because the hunter-gatherers are essentially anarchists, functioning anarchists. Oh, yeah. The right. problem is when you scale up and you've got corporations that, you know, I've talked about this on this podcast before, with my idea that my belief that corporations are living things, institutions are living things, yeah. and their agendas conflict with ours. Like, you know, like super organisms or something, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah I, that's spooky. I think that every, every time you get large groups of people together and they operate under one window or one umbrella, rather, they just tend to act like an organism. Just what yeah. countries do. I mean, yeah. I mean, this an, it's a natural thing that human beings do for some strange reason. Well, not only human beings, right? Think about flocks of birds and schools Ants. of fish and, yeah, anthills. Sure. There yeah. are all sorts of examples. 
And then you go the other direction, our, our, our uh, microbiome. Mm. You know, I mean, that's all functioning uh, yeah. according to its own systems, you know, and, yeah. and that's happening within us. Yeah. So there's all sorts of scalable stuff going on. I, I think you'd be insane to not think there needs to be some kind of structure to, to help things function smoothly. But I think we all agree we don't need as much structure as we've got right now. And a no, lot of But the problem is, sorry to interrupt well, you, go ahead. Just to finish the point, I think what happens is a lot of people get in their heads and they start thinking that the state is responsible in some way or another for their well-being. And, th and that's what happens is you start forgetting that if what's really important is communities. What's really important is finding a group of people that you love and deciding in this group of people loosely. It's not a commune. It's not like a cult. But just deciding with a group of people that you love, making this really intense decision, which is none of us are ever going to be homeless. You could start there. That used to be what the family was, but a lot of people don't have that anymore. So groups of people agreeing very loosely to take care of each other in, in a way that the state is currently functioning with welfare and all that shit. That's to me is like it's not anarchy, but it's a, it's a sense of, soul, of like shrugging off. The idea that the state is really going to take care of you. But what if the state is an expression of that sense of community, as it is in a country like Denmark, for example, sure. I, where Danish people and Dutch people and Swedish people and you know lots of Northern European countries said, you know, we're not going to let anyone be homeless and suffering. We're not going to let any children be malnourished in this country. We're going to take care of each other. It depends on how. If if you're if there was a pure expression, if for one, if the people are unified enough. To create a pure expression of what they, what their like central goals were, that would be pretty startling to me. But but we we pay lip service to it in America all the time, you know. Thanks for your service, and we're all in this together. We're all Americans, you know. Row around the flag, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. We're we're trying to create this sense of community. We're all in it together. But when it comes to actually taking care of each other. Then we don't do it. Well, I mean, that's to me. I mean, listen, let me say the most naively stupid thing. I was just thinking about this on the way over. I mean, this is so dumb, but I was really thinking this because, you know, the, the prisoners are fighting the fires right now. You know that? Yeah. Is that real? And they're, they're running out one, of prisoners. They're getting paid $1 an hour to fight these fires. They're, 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 it's fucking insane. But I was just really? thinking to myself, $1 like, an hour? $1 an hour. But I was thinking to myself, man, what, what if like everybody in California, was like, shit, there's fires, and we all were going to help fight the fires. Would the would we all be able to put the fires out? Like if like as many just people just mm. started flooding to actually go help? Or if like all these homes are burnt down? Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like, shit, man, if like everybody in California is like, all right, let's just go help them build their houses back. I mean, it's so insane. Your house would fall apart if you were building a house. I, well, Imagine Dr. Trussell starts building <laughs> yeah. houses. They'd be like, no, no thanks, Duncan. No hey, thanks. man, do you we, even know what a level is? <laughs> What the fuck did you do? Listen, There's no I would, frame. I wouldn't be in charge of. I wouldn't be in charge of building the fucking houses. You're making sandwiches. Uh, yeah, I make sandwiches, which is another cool thing that I like about. I'm not. I'm, by the way, I'm not a fucking anarchist. But one cool thing I like about the idea is like right now we have this hierarchy of, uh, you know, of, of of like careers, right? So doctors are valued more than um, somebody who, plumber, like, plumber, right? Or, or and, and plumbers are or plumbers are valued more than like I don't know a house cleaner. Or something so like you know it's considered a low status thing if you're somebody who works in a fast food joint or something like mm -hmm. that but when you get together with a group of people who are fucking cool 
some people are good at some things and some people are good at other things, but nobody is valued more than the other person because everybody loves each other. And you've got this like, who you know, the person who's the most like somebody digging trenches to like uh, put electrical wires down, a pretty unskilled job is super appreciated because who the fuck wants to dig the trenches, man? It's when you add money to the equation, which is what we're doing right now. And I get it. I'm not saying get rid of money or whatever. When you add money to it, everything gets fucking weird. So what I'm saying is, it's just uh, right now, when we hear about the fires, we think, okay, I'll donate some money. I'll donate some money. That'll do, that'll do it. I'll donate some money. But this is, like I said before, this is a crazy, naive idea. I just had this image of like, fuck, what if just huge groups of people started going towards the fires? If like white blood cells converging yeah, yeah, on the contaminant. That, yeah, because right now we're using prisoners. Well, do you understand the terrain? Like, this is not something that most people can traverse. You're talking about, like, extremely hilly areas that are also... Yeah. You, you'd you have to be not just fit, but you'd have to understand which way the wind's blowing. You could get shoehorned in and surrounded by fire. There's a lot of, like, serious dangers with... There, it's, a, it's a beautiful idea on paper. We need train... There'd have yeah. to be, like... It would never... I know, it would never right. fucking happen. It's just... I just thought... You need God, gear. You would need yeah. a lot of stuff. Someone would have to organize it. It's what the National Guard yeah. was supposed to be, right? It's bigger than the, than the city of Washington. DC. No, I know. Yeah, That's how big the fire fucking is. Bad. I mean, it's it's insane how big it is. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. You would have to get a lot of fucking people to circle that bitch. But we're just get so disconnected. It, boys. We're so broke. Yeah, right? We're so broken apart. We're so disconnected. Like whenever you hear about something going down, it's just a thing that's going down. If yeah. someone's house is burnt down, you're like, oh, their fucking house burnt down. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't really think much more than that. And we think the state is going to come in and like take care of everything. And I think that's what the state wants. I love using the term this state yeah but does the state yeah. want that or is just how it's structured no it wants it because why do you it, think the state wants that because in the same reason anyone who's like in an abusive relationship wants to be in control it's like if you think that i'm the one who's going to help you then you're dependent on me like and, do you think if the if there was a really effective massive volunteer firefighter force the state would resist that no, I don't. That's what's beautiful about it is I don't know how the state would resist that. I mean, we do see the state resisting things like groups of people getting together and trying to feed the homeless and stuff like they that. They do? Yeah. Rule, how do they resist? Laws pop up saying you can't feed them. Like that, there's yeah, law. You need licenses. Yeah, and licenses. You, you need fill, licenses to feed people. You got to fill yeah. out forms, baby. All right, but isn't that, would that be a good idea to prevent people from poisoning people or people yeah. giving but, them well, bad the food or, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know for sure, man. But when was the last time you heard about like an organized group like Food Not Bombs? Poisoning homeless well, people. It wouldn't have to be that. It would be Duncan's food delivery service. You just start out tomorrow. Yeah, you might you might have a good intentions, but not really be qualified to prepare food. These you people might... are eating fucking hamburgers out of trash cans. It's definitely better than what they're eating yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, the real issue with uh, homeless people is not just an economic issue, though. The one of the big ones that needs to be addressed is mental health. And when they changed the standards during the Reagan administration, they essentially just sent people out on the street. Yeah. And they were using, Duncan, the argument you're making, basically, which is that the state is providing for people. They should be There should be private church communities, religious-based families. Yeah. That was the argument they made. I think it was disingenuous. I think it was just about taking money. Yeah. You know, it's about money. Giving it to yeah. The whole Reagan thing, what we're seeing now is the, the fruit, the bitter fruit of the Reagan revolution. They're still using the same economic arguments, this trickle-down shit. 
it. Yeah. That was started, I mean, most listeners probably aren't old enough to remember this, but I remember in the 80s, David Stockman was the, the economic advisor to Ronald Reagan who came up with all this stuff. Mm. Four or five years later, he left the administration. He came out and said that was all bullshit. We knew it was bullshit. It was just a story we made up. It has, makes no economic sense. It's ruining the country. I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ. You know? But they're still using it because it's a narrative that's effective. I'm, I'm getting into this a lot recently, like how narratives are um, popular and powerful, not because they make sense, but because they create a story that justifies the power structure that's, that's in control at the time. Right. Yeah, well, I, this is I, this is why I think it's like hyper important right now for people to find groups of people that they love and do more than just like play board games. Like get together yeah. with people yeah. and like make stuff. Like face the facts, man. Fucking California's on fire right now. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks this shit just stays the way it is. It's not you just know? on fire. It's on fire in a way that you realize like, oh, it could be twice as bad as this, and we would literally have to. Everyone would have to flee the state. And like, it's December. Yeah. This is the rainy season. Yeah. yeah. And it easily could be twice as bad as it is now. We're just, I mean, we're in a weird place and there's no rain. You know, yeah. the rain isn't coming. Yeah. And, and you know, and like it sucks that people have to, you have to like create in your mind the reality of what's happening. To my friend, you know, he was sending me pics. He was right by the fires and he's saying people just can't understand how bad this is. People just can't comprehend it. People because this is this is this is like this is real life right now, man. Do you guys feel like this for example and other things that are happening? Do you feel like this is the shit hitting the fan in a way that always seemed hypothetical? You know, like this is to me that we're living through a moment that's almost like aliens mm -hmm. arriving and yeah. you're like something that you always thought well that would be weird right it's happening mm -hmm. it's happening right now it's yeah. like there are things happening now that seemed inconceivable even five years ago ten years ago I don't know. Like, I like remember what? But specifically? Well, I mean, like, evacuate Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's happened a few times. Yeah, Montecito. Okay. The well, guy from Donald Back Trump the being future. president is Lost, the main yeah, thing I'm thinking the, of. You of know? course. Yeah. And like, oh no, these these national monuments. We're selling them to this mining company yeah. that now you know their lobbyist works for the you know heads of the Department of the Interior, and just like it's over. Like there, this we're reaching. This is an end stage. But you know, oh wait, hold. I know what you mean, and like God knows, like depending on how much, how high I am, my brain will get really shrill about. Fuck, this is it, man. This is the end stage. This is the fucking apocalypse has happened, man. But man, but then, then when you go and look, then I'm you take at, some ketamine. Well, no, like I, like I had Bolelli on my podcast recently. He's a historian. The first question I asked him is, is this, is this the end of the world? And he's like, I don't think so. He's like, you know, like think of when the Black Plague wiped out, like what, 30% of the people on Earth got wiped? Well, well in Europe. It's, it's certainly times that are filled with adversity. And we're, there's a restructuring. Yeah. It's the, I don't mean it's the end of the world per se, but it's the end of the American empire. It's the end of America as a country that um, other other people around the world looked up to as a, as a model to be emulated. Well, we have a popularity contest to see who controls the nukes. And this is the first time that a popular oh guy... <laughs> that's so fucked up. That's what it is. This is the first time a popular guy entered the popularity contest and someone right. who knows how to be popular. And there's a bunch of people out there that are pro wrestling fans and they bought right in hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And that's 
and, and it's not that's a very simplistic version of it. There's a lot of other people that wanted to throw a monkey wrench in the system because they thought Hillary Clinton was a crook, and she probably is, because they're all crooks. There's yeah. most most of those people at the top are at least in some way fucked up. Yes, but you, you know we have an opportunity to rebound. Up? Who? Al Franken. I know Al Franken's just a butt grabber. And, all and, things and not considered. even, not yeah. even. Did you read the last, yeah. the, like the straw that broke the camel's back? The last one where the they all said enough is enough. It was in the Atlantic. This woman, he put. The, she asked for a photo. Uh-huh. He put his arm around. His hand was on her waist. And he squeezed her fat. He squeezed her. He, she yeah. said he he grabbed a handful of flesh, which yeah. is a weird thing to say, but he yeah. squeezed her at least twice. Is her quote at least twice. He had his hand on her waist. And she said, I don't even let my husband touch me that way in public because it demeans me as a professional woman. Oh, Are you God. fucking kidding me? Yeah. Let's, I'd like to interview her husband. Like, you're not allowed, are allowed to put your arm around your wife in public, dude. And squeeze her. <laughs> I mean, my wife would love to be squeezed. The more the, the, more the merrier. The idea of it is, um, is very strange because that, that one doesn't make sense. The Leanne Tweeden one was the only one that made sense. He, there's a photo of him. Yeah. She's unconscious. It's demeaning. I get the whole thing. He apologized for that, and rightly so. And apparently he tried to kiss her. But then the butt grabbing is like, well, you definitely shouldn't be grabbing people's butts. But, I mean, you how shouldn't. much of a big deal is it? Well, like, also, also, have we stopped? I mean, Chelsea Handler was on Bill Maher the other night, and she said, I have to believe these women because I'm a woman. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Does that mean I have to believe all men because I'm a man? Isn't there any discussion about whether these things are true or not? Anthony Acumia said this best. He said, uh, he put it on Twitter. He goes, saying all women are liars is just as crazy as saying all women tell the truth. Right. Well, yeah, I think a lot, Franken, I don't know enough about Franken, but a lot of these people, it's like, like Weinstein, wasn't like 40 people or something like that? Like 40? At least. I think when it starts getting up, up well, in the, in and the, also what he's accused of is and, and it's a different thing. Totally We're not different. talking about taking pictures with people they, where they like you. They want to take a picture with you and you grab their waist. We're talking about, I mean, he's been accused of rape yeah. by and, more than one woman, like actual rape rape, not just like getting someone drunk and having sex with them, but like holding them down type rape. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, he's, there's a lot of crazy. See, here's what's kind of fucked. Um, if prostitution was legal. Would that exist or is it a power thing? Is it always a power thing? Like does he want to like have sex with the star of his films? Because that's I, I think it's it more a question that. of if if there weren't so many teenage boys who never got laid What would the society look like and by this? I don't mean to excuse anyone and I don't mean to say Teenage girls should be more promiscuous or anything. I'm right, just, you're just looking at it objectively. I'm saying that guys like Harvey Weinstein that dude didn't get laid in high school. Right. Most of the you look at these mass shootings, a lot of these guys in their in their suicide notes say, I'm doing this because I can't get laid. I'm gonna die a virgin. That's yeah. that's how one begins, actually. Uh, there's this a massive amount of frustration that builds up. Because biologically most boys are horny little monsters at thirteen or fourteen. They're not getting laid. But Very wait, wait, rare. But, but hold on, but well, I'll go with so, this, please. Sorry. And so it gets to the point. So there, there may be five, six years between when a boy is totally obsessed with not just sex, but with being acceptable to women, being loved by women, being touched, being caressed, you know, being, and they can't think about anything else. And 
they're not getting it. And so I think a lot of boys grow up with extreme frustration that either curdles into misogyny, where you get these mm. like mass killers who kill, who do they kill? Hookers, right? right? Sexually liberated free women in, in their perspective. And you get guys that just chase money their whole lives because they think the money and the power is going to get them those women. And so when they get to that place and they're still fucking disgusting and they, they sense that the women don't even want to fuck them or they only fuck them because they're going to get something from them, then there's all this self-hatred and shame. I think that's what's being expressed here. So I think it is power, and I do think that it have, it's, an, it's an expression or a manifestation of a deeply sex-negative pathological culture. But conversely, how do you feel about like women that weren't attractive in high school? How come they don't lash out in the same way? And they're well, not out there raping dudes. Well, one, because them down. women are much better at, <laughs> at accepting uh, their sexual situation. You see women have accepted a lot of shit that men aren't able to accept for you know millennia. That's partly biological and probably partly cultural. But also because, I mean, women can have sex, even women who aren't particularly attractive, because the, the, the whole uh, market is so skewed in the other direction. Even women who aren't particularly attractive probably don't have much trouble getting laid in high school. But I don't think it's just that. I think you're boiling it down to getting laid. That's a reductionist thing. I think sure. it's, it's way That's more emotions, touch especially with bonding. women, though. But if, yeah. if, uh, well, an unattractive woman who has a hard time finding a boyfriend, you know, someone who loves her, someone who wants to be emotionally connected yeah. to her, that probably is just as sure. painful to a woman as a guy who can't find, maybe more painful yeah. than a guy who can't find sex partners. In psychology, they say that men express their their these feelings through anger and right. women through depression and sadness. Right. Right. So you probably don't see women lashing out and killing a bunch of dudes you see them being depressed and feeling like shit and when you do they have high testosterone that's why oh, high test women another point to be made here is is that like you know people do say the thing oh well like people like harvey weinstein they wanted all this money to get laid but i don't i do not think that's it i think what people like harvey weinstein probably enjoy is power it's not like, oh, I want to get fucking laid. I'm going to become this mass. It's like, I like to dominate. I'm a dominating force. That's what I am. I'm going to, I enjoy like having people around me who worship me. And as part of that, I'm going to dominate my interns. I'm going to dominate my employees. And when I'm around women, I'm going to use my, I'm going to fucking jerk off and house plants in front. I mean, it's like, really. Fuck, fuck but, the ficus. But, you know, you got you to gotta really think about that. It's like, I, I don't, I don't, I know what you're saying. Oh, poor Harvey Weinstein when he was uh, fucking in front of the goddamn. But that's, not what, that's not what he's saying. Well, I, the thing of, the, the, he's not getting touched enough. Well, no, no, no. But it's well, like that this is, that there's a lot of frustration that's inherently connected to this suppressive sexual culture that we find ourselves embroiled in, that we don't necessarily agree with right Most i mean why are priests fucking little boys why are right. you know because right. one that's the only access they have two they're less likely to tell on them and three there's self-hatred i just yeah and it's I probably like to, recidivism i like to do a little thought experiment which is i like to imagine what where my head's got to be if i jerk off into a house plant in front of somebody if you if you've tried that just just think about it like where would you, what's going on with you christmas tree yeah, it might be like you're just celebrating. <laughs> okay. 
like New Year's Eve. Okay. How is that what you do under mistletoe? He doesn't want to clean up. And if you jerk off in the plant, the plant's going to absorb it, and he's just leaving his DNA all over the place. It's probably good for the plant, too. I bet it is. It's terrible for plants. Not my jizz. Fucking Weinstein jizz. My jizz is great for plants, bro. plant. I wonder where that plant is. That plant's alive. It's running for Senate. Alpha come. Coming soon from onit.com. Joe come. Yeah, you could probably sell your cum, right? I don't want anybody having my cum. But don't you think Freeze that it's dried. all these things... Uh, it's. I think it's certainly the sex is. It's not just a, f- a power thing because he's not just exercising power. He's exercising power in a sexual way. Yeah. It's not just power. I think it's yeah. the game. Like we were talking about, like corporations and even police officers and guys like Jeff Sessions who have the game to arrest people. That is the game they play. They get really good at it. Right. That's what the game is. The game with a guy like him is. I can't believe I get to fuck. What's her name? You know, name famous actress. And that famous actress is on her stomach uh, and you're mouth fucking her. Like, whoa, really? Yeah. Is this really happening? And it, why is it really happening? It's happening because you're going to let her be Catwoman or whatever the fuck the movie is, right? Yeah. yeah. There's there's some nuttiness to it. There's some craziness. There's some forbidden thing to it. There's some there's a bunch of a bunch of things in play. Power's one of the dynamics. It's just the most foul one. Because yeah. like the, all the other ones, like the sexual frustration yeah. and stuff, doesn't seem so gross. It's like when you when you you're you're imposing your will on someone, then it's unquestionably an, it's an expression of power. Like once you are raping, once you're coercing, once you're imposing your yeah. will, and you're saying I'm gonna t- you know take away your career if you don't yeah. let me have sexual intercourse with you, well then it's a hundred percent power thing. Yeah. But like wh- how did it get there? There's a lot of things, and I think you've yeah. got to, got a lot of. Does power? I mean, I, I guess I haven't exercised sufficient power in my life to know the answer to this question. But does does dominance feel good directly, or is it? Is it something that comes to you indirectly? So, in other words, does it feel good to dominate someone else or only because then you can get something that you want from them? I think it's something that you want from them. And I think there's there's also there's I think human beings are connected to each other in an undeniable way. And I think that if you're exercising power over someone, like, say, if you. I hate to paint the scenario, but just say if you raped someone, you were sexually attracted to someone, you're alone with you and you raped them. And if you have any conscience at all, if you, you know, they're screaming no and you're still having sex with them and you come and then after you have to think about it, like you would be horrified at yourself. Like right. the, the level of self-hatred would be almost unimaginable that you've imposed yourself and your, 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 your twisted sickness. And in the heart of that moment, you know, the, the 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 power dynamic trying to impose the power it can't possibly feel good i think it's just a thing i think it's just a almost like a creepy leftover reptilian instinct that that creatures have because if you look at rape in nature and this is not to exonerate rapists this is not to normalize rape but it's insanely common in the animal kingdom right it's it's in common in ducks. It's in common in all sorts of different animals. Like orangutans. Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. orangutans, ruthless. And, right? and it's tough because there are, uh, a lot of primatologists are women, and they learned the hard way, from what I've heard, that you always wear jeans if you're working with orangutans. Oh, Jesus Christ. Orapetangs. Oh, my God. 
That's but, awful. But this that this thing we're supposed to be evolved past that, and for the most part, by far and above, we are right. If you think about all these sexual harassment interactions, now imagine if they were chimps. <laughs> you know, I mean, imagine if they were orangutans. We, we, the rape is the common thing. You could never have a bunch of orangutans in some sort of a building, and people would go, "Well, of course, we're better than orangutans. We are. That's why we don't rape as much." But, but it is those, problematic to use the word rape when you're yeah. talking about animals because right. part of it is the way you described it that there's the knowledge on some level that this female is totally not into what's happening right mm -hmm. now. Whereas yeah. presumably an orangutan doesn't have that knowledge. And also there are animals where the female is triggered to ovulate by aggressive male behavior that we might call raping. Right, right, like, right. Like rabbits, you bite the back of their neck and that's what makes the female ovulate. Well, that's there's a lot of weird stuff when it comes to women's what 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 is sexually uh, attractive to certain women and what arouses yeah. them. There's, Rape fantasies is the number one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of women like to be choked. You know, like what's happening there? Like why why do you like to be choked? Why do you have, like to get your arms pinned behind your back? And why do you like to fight back? Like you actually like it? You want me to do that? You want me to hold both your wrists? Okay, you're sure. Like, there's a lot of tying up going on out there. Yeah. Really? People, yeah, a lot of people are... Yeah. <laughs> really? Duncan's like, Duncan I never says, heard really? this is crazy! <laughs> like, this is all very, very strange stuff. I saw the dungeon stuff. in your apartment, Yeah, but, but here's the thing. When, when it comes to, like, S&M or, or bondage, one, I think one of the big misconceptions when it comes to that is that if you're being tied up or if you're tying somebody up, that there's, like, anger happening oh, in that right, situation. Right, right. It's one of the most sweet... Loving, trusting, trusting yeah. things that you Respectful. can do. Yeah. It's, the, it's really like, I don't Respectful, think... Respectful, he's like selling it. It is. No, it is. No, I've spent, I've spent a lot of time in dungeons, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's like, it's a healing, sweet, beautiful thing. There's a difference between that and rough sex. Huge. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Huge it's, difference. It's very also ritual. like I mean, I personally find it not a... Not, it doesn't turn me on at all, largely because it's so choreographed mm. you know there's all the outfits and the this and now we're going to do that and you know yeah. there's, there's all the safe words and right yeah but i mean i have been in those environments and as duncan says it's, it's like the opposite of out of control it's totally in control mm. totally worked it, it's out. the difference between a gun range and a war right that's such a good way to put it dude yeah. totally so funny totally different ah. yeah well the last time i was at a gun range I ended up bleeding from the head what happened I was with my buddy Justin and we were shooting this is up in Washington State we we're I was shooting his uh, I don't remember what a 3030 or something and you got uh, scoped he had he was had this big elk gun that he was trying to scope in and he was like man I'm not I, you're shooting really well can you just take a shot a few shots on this and see if you're and I I just grabbed it and didn't think that it was a totally different gun yeah, and I just went boom, and the scope went right into my forehead. And yeah. was, Damn. All these like macho dudes, you know, I'm, I'm exposed as the idiot. Hey, I think the gun range we went to shoot at burnt down. Did you hear about that? No. I would imagine it did. I would imagine just it now? did. Just now? Well, recently, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. There was, there was definitely fires in that area. I mean, the fires are so out of control, uh, especially that out toward Santa Barbara and Ventura. Ventura yeah, no, that's not. That's the worst. You know what I keep thinking? What if the fucking big one hits? Like, shit's going to catch on fire when the big one hits, mm. and all the roads are going to be fucked up. The infrastructure is going to be messed up. Mm-hmm. It's that like yeah. these. This is like without a massive earthquake. What right. happens if the what if the fucking big one hit right now? Right. And Sh- trucks Jesus, can't, all the water lines are, are broken. Yeah. Trucks can't get there. Shit. Yeah. 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 It could be a giant issue. Then you have toxic clouds and stuff too because all these warehouses going on. Not up. only that, if the big one hits, it's entirely po- likely it's not just going to hit here, but it also hits in the ocean. Right. In which case we get hit with a tsunami. tsunami. Which case all that super expensive real estate in Malibu just gets wiped away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good up in Topanga though. Yeah, you're I'll, pro- probably. I'll just if you're come not, down and scavenge. If you're not good up in Topanga, we're really fucked. <laughs> yeah, we are fucked. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're like a canary in a coal mine. <laughs> That's me. I'll, <laughs> I'll repopulate <laughs> the planet. Leave it to me, dude. To, to get back to your, the topic you're talking about, uh-huh. it's the what's ha- is what the thing that's happening is people are realizing stuff that nobody ever really wanted to talk about shit's changing like if you if you ever watch like porkies or if you watch any of the movies from the 70s like the makeout scenes like the guys are like come on baby come here what are you doing they're like throwing themselves on they're doing things in movies that were just considered like yeah that's how that's i guess that's how it's done you're like you they're forcing themselves there's like scenes i think with like bill Bill murray maybe or Mm. scenes in the old movies with all so many of them uh peppy le pew you know what i mean there's he was a straight up rapist yeah yeah he was a rapist 100 percent right yeah so see when you when you're seeing like this like you're seeing (laughs) french French. yeah it's crazy when you go back and look and you realize like shit man what's happening is those like 50 movies from the 50s where the guy will just grab the woman and kiss her and be like oh Oh, how dare yeah. you smack them in the mouth yeah. yeah things yeah. are changing is what's happening and and and, yes. and and as things change like two things we need to figure out number one we have to admit like yeah i get it man like you know for me like hanging out with you uh doing the podcast with you i know here's one thing i know man i'm pretty sure at least you don't want to fuck me. <laughs> no, I don't. Thank okay, you. so thank like, you for recognizing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. How so, come he didn't look at me when he said that? I was just totally left you out might of do that it part of the just conversation. A, a chapter in your next book. I, but you know, it's research, with, Duncan. With with like with with w- what's happening with women is uh, because a lot of dudes, and I, I'm sorry if this is a shocking thing to say, a lot of dudes are in positions of power. And what's happening with women is like who want to be actors, who want to whatever, who want to like do it, do stuff. When they're getting around these guys, they don't have that assurance. They're right. not like this guy doesn't want to. They're probably thinking this guy wants to fuck me. Right. And these are women who most guys want to fuck. Yes. Yeah. So so well, especially if you're talking about Harvey Weinstein, these hot actresses. Right. That, the, the the real the strange thing is you have that. Unquestionably, yeah, and then you have women that want ha- to have nothing to do with that part of the, the the business. They don't; they're not trying to be seductive. They just want to work. Yeah, they want to act, and then they have to deal with all this bullshit. That's it. But then you've got women who sneak into that mix, and they're willing. Not only are they willing, they're manipulative and they're seductive, and they are, they're trying to make their way up the ladder that way. They exist. They're, it's a much smaller percentage, but they exist too. Well, sure. The whole society is set up yeah. to make women think that the only thing they have to 
to trade is their sexuality. I don't think there's anything wrong with these women agreeing to do a film with not even Harvey Weinstein, anyone. And then he says, I'll give you more parts if you fuck me. And the girl wants to do it and she does it. Like, I think it's gross, but it's not gross if it's not gross to her. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's a weird thing. It's only gross if it's gross. Like, Look, it's gross being around a, a guy like Harvey Weinstein, right? If he's yelling at people and he's fat and sweating yeah. all over the place, it's gross. Yeah. Unless it's not gross. Unless you like that kind of guy. Right. Like you might. Like bears. Yeah. Guys are into bears. Yeah. But, you might, you yeah. might like that. Yeah, right. So at what point are we are we taking away women's agency? Right. When we say that that should never, that you shouldn't be able to give a guy a blowjob and get a part in a movie. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's like you should be able to pay for things. But you shouldn't be able to pay for things with sex. Why not? Right. And that's George Carlin's things. You can buy things and you can have sex, but you can't buy sex. Like, yeah. Well, it's it's strange. It's strange because I don't think it's necessarily illegal in a barter sense. Like, say if you. Dinner. Yeah. Like, say if you had some woman and she wanted to uh, paint your house, but, and this is a bad example. Oh, you wanted to paint her house. How about this? She wants you to paint that. Yeah, she or, says, or I, I'm move. not going to pay you, but I will suck your dick. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Like, that's a deal. Like, yeah. that seems like a good deal. Like, you want to do that? And she's like, yeah, I want to do I want to suck your dick. How big But I also house? want you to paint my house. <laughs> I mean, look, some girl, it depends on who it is. Yeah. If it's Angelina Jolie and she's 25, yeah. you'd be out there well, with a wants- fucking roller. <laughs> <laughs> Painting you the just Taj think, Mahal. You'd just be thinking. Like, it's going to take a long time yeah, to finish, like, though. I Like, <laughs> if you're both into it, and this is, an exa- and again, again, I hate yeah. that we have to be super clear about this, but I'm yeah. not exonerating yeah. rape or sexual harassment or predatory behavior. What I am saying is that we have a weird it's weird that we separate commerce from intimacy when it comes to sex and it's the only type of intimacy you can get massaged in your underwear I do it all the time where women will be talking to me about, you know, well, my kid's going to school at this yeah. place, and he really likes wrestling, but the problem is they're discontinuing the program. And while they're doing that, she's digging her elbow in my back, and I'm in pain. But I'm I'm in my underwear, alone in a room with this lady, and I'm having a nice conversation with her while she's being intimate with me. I mean, that's essentially what's going on. There's oil involved. They're massaging your neck, and it yeah. feels really good. As long yeah. as you don't shoot any fluid out of your body. We allow that. You yeah. ever get a woody when you're uh, getting a massage? Uh, it definitely moves. I yeah. try to stay calm and zen, though. I put yeah. myself in a, in a, a peaceful place. The yeah. fucking worst when your dick starts getting hard and you're getting a platonic massage and you're yeah. like, what? You're like preparing your apology? Yeah. 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 But, but it's because f- being touched, we're all so touched, uh, starved. Yeah. You know, in, in this society that I think people have a hard time distinguishing between pleasant touch and eroticism yeah. or between good sex and love. You know, we mix it all together because right. we, we're so unfamiliar with it. Mm. I think know? there's also there's would be levels to prostitution too, right? Like what would Sorry, be gotta you gotta pee. Go ahead, buddy. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> 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 what would be the problem with someone who say was a, a woman who just did not have a desire to have a family, liked her freedom, didn't want to work a regular job, but she likes having sex with men that she likes. So she picks a few men. Maybe she's got a small roster of like 10 guys who fuck her and they, they rotate. No, you can't do Tuesday. Mike's doing Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, um, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday at work. So there, this is yeah. happening. There's a lot of this. I just was uh, visiting with a friend of mine who does this. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a website... Uh, 
forget what it's called. It's not Friends with Benefits, but it's their their websites, and there's a whole like name for these uh, sugar daddies and mm-hmm. you know sugar daddy sites where yeah. the guys know it's like okay look we're gonna and the way she described it was there's no it's no set price it's not like a thousand bucks to fuck me or whatever it's right. it's like we get together if i like you we have dinner whatever and yeah and then you want to get together again next weekend okay you want to take me to malibu uh, okay we'll go to malibu and then is money showing up in my account or not yeah and if it's not then i'm deciding eh, do i want to keep seeing this dude for nothing you know, or it was mm-hmm. 150 bucks, you know, and, and then it's like, and she's like different guys, depending how much money they have, they give her more or less. And mm-hmm. so she can just decide at any time if she wants to continue the relationship and she doesn't consider herself a prostitute. And you go to someplace like Thailand, it's, it's, I, I met this dude in Nepal years ago who explained to me the whole do, the whole deal. Cause I've spent a lot of time in Thailand, but I've never been able to wrap my head around and I was horny as hell, but I couldn't wrap my head around the thing, how it worked. Because, mm-hmm. you know, getting back to your rape thing, to me, the most demeaning experience in the world would be to find myself in a sexual situation and realize that the woman doesn't want to be there. Right. You know, it's like, oh, my God, that, yeah. that's just like I feel so ugly. You right. know? So to be with a Thai woman and there's all this confusion and. She doesn't. She's acting like she wants to do this. Anyway, this guy explained to me. He goes to to Thailand. There's a woman he knows there. If she's not around, she'll hook him up with a friend of hers. But basically, he'll travel with her for a month or two, take her all over Thailand. She translates. She gets them better deals on rooms and food and everything. She knows what to order. And Thailand's very cool about prostitution. It's Buddhist. It doesn't have this anti-sex thing that we have. So. It's no big deal, right, as far as the Thai people are concerned. And um, and at some point on that trip, they'll go to the village where she grew up, and they'll meet her family. And he'll be like, yeah, your mother's refrigerator is looking kind of old. Does she need a new refrigerator? Oh, that would be great. And they go buy a refrigerator and give it to the mother, and the mother's super happy. And that's, the, that's it. Mm. There's no money changing hands. It's a gift. Oh, that's so it's very much like what you're describing. It's and sex. It's not for the sex. There's sex. There's friendship. There's translation. There's you know saving me money and telling me the best places to go. That's like a guide. Right. And sex is just part of that. It's a hmm. very it's 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 hard to conceive from our cultural perspective uh, that it actually works that way. I don't think there would be anything wrong with a woman deciding to have sex with a bunch of men for money. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Right. I think the real danger is, comes into having sex with someone you don't know. Right. You know, if you're a, a streetwalker and some guy picks you up and wants to kill you, that's the real danger. The real danger is not in like a clientele, unless right. of course one of them is a fucking psycho. But I think that can happen on a Tinder date. Yeah, I think uh, we are we're operating under the echoes of the Puritans, yeah. and uh, I think as grown adults, d- deep into our, I mean, I'm 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 50 now. How old are you? 55. The idea that we're still under, and you're... 43. Imagine being under this the whims of some people who died, you know, hundreds of years ago, had a complete ignorance to human psychology, to physiology, to sexual urges, to genetics. They, they, what they knew then is literally flavoring the way we behave today, mm. and it's so insanely suppressive. That's a good point. Yeah. I also have a point about all this... Um, sexual harassment stuff that's uncomfortable and this is those environments become your world 
If you are in an office eight hours a day, yeah. that is most of your day. Yeah. Most of your waking conscious day, you're spending in this one area, and people, they, they start behaving like that's the world. And you start becoming sexually attracted to the people that are in your world. And some people reciprocate, and some do not. And some people are frustrated, and some are not. And some people are gross, and they're in a position of power in that weird world. Yeah. And I think maybe that guy wouldn't sexually harass in the big world, but in this little world where everything's like jammed in together and you have these clearly defined things, like this guy's got a plaque on his desk that says the boss, right? <laughs> and you got to come in and he's got the desk. Come on and shut the door, shut the door. Yeah. Or if you're like Matt Lauer, you got a button where you lock the door. Click. Fuck. Come on inside. We've got to discuss. We've got to review your progress this uh, month. Click. This is the world. I mean, yeah. if you, I'm not exonerating Matt Lauer. Can't believe I have to say this again. But if you're in that guy's world, and I don't even know what he did. I didn't pay attention. Uh, met him once. He was a, quite a gentleman. <laughs> but he's in this. He's got to be working 10, 12 hours a day. You're doing the fucking Today Show. Yeah. It's insanely competitive. That morning TV thing, you have to be on the ball. You're, you have meetings. You have fucking stuff to review. You have guests. Or you, they're going to review your performance and your conversations with people. And Well, Matt, you know, whenever you start talking about sex, people drop off. Look, we've got the numbers. We've got the charts. Well, and, and the direct relation to what you were saying earlier is what I read about Matt Lauer was that uh, he's he couldn't have sex with uh, just normal people because he's famous and he's you know he'd get in trouble. He's married, so he had to maintain the facade of that. He and he uh, couldn't have sex with other famous people because that would come out into the press. So he had to have sex with people who weren't famous, who weren't just normal people, and that left the office. Mm. That, that was it. Yeah. So. Imagine if we lived in a world where we said, who gives a shit if Matt Lauer's fucking someone other than his wife? That's We'd between them. We in the 60s again. <laughs> this, I don't know Probably that that was the 60s. Time. That's right, back when Dustin Hoffman was grabbing titties. Dude, have you guys ever seen... <laughs> By the way, last, sorry, last word on this for me anyway. The people who are acting shocked and outraged around Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose are full of shit. That's what, I, that's what kills me, the hypocrisy of the people who have been working with them for years and going, oh, I had no idea. I heard about Charlie Rose being a fucking creep 15 years ago, and I don't even work in media. You know, right? It's Every, like the Bill Cosby thing. Yeah, everybody it was a, knew an that. Open, the Bill Cosby thing was an open. But, but if, if you see, if you guys seen, this is like one of the, one of the grossest things you can witness in a workplace is when the boss starts giving fucking neck rubs. You ever Ooh, seen that? A neck yeah. rubbing boss. So, like, <laughs> dude, it is the it is so fucking creepy to watch a big fat fucking boss uh, sidling up behind some <laughs> married secretary just oh how are you doing today carol rubbing her neck just and she you could see the look on her face frozen she's got kids she if she says to him hey do you mind i don't really want you to touch me right now he's gonna be like oh i'm sorry but then she doesn't know. Down the line, down the line, when he's doing employer reviews and he's thinking, you know what? Remember that fucking time? I just wanted to rub her back, man. But I'm not rubbing any of the dude's backs in the office. Mm. Now that, man, that is fucked up. Yeah. That is one of the sleaziest, slimiest things. And to imagine when you're the boss, to imagine that these bosses, they're oblivious. They just don't know. They just want to give neck rubs. They're not aware. Like, come on. They can feel. They, it's, it's, he's rubbing their back. If you can't feel their fucking atoms trying to escape your sweaty goddamn fucking male dominator. Rubbing the fucking well, how many guys become friends with women? Air tag friends 
just so they just creep in closer, almost like you're stalking big game, and you want to just move real close, just real yeah. slow. Yeah. That's what they're doing. One of the classics. So that's how I hunt elk. I walk real slow. Give it a neck rub. Yeah, I don't give it any <laughs> neck rubs. But I try not to make my intentions known. <laughs> I mean, that is what's happening in these environments. I think when people work in offices together, they get attracted to, to, to each other. Whitney Cummings has a fucking hilarious bit about it. I won't, I won't do it justice. I'm not going to say it. But um, she talks about working in an office because she's, you know, she works on Roseanne. You know, she's on the, she's on the staff. Like she's in an office all the time. She's like. This is what people do. It's this weird environment. And office romances are fucking. Sure. They're so common. Sure. They're so common. Put the people together, they're going to be attracted. Yeah. And if you're, if you're married to some guy, and he's, he's the big boss, and it says that on his brass plate, the big boss. Ugh. And the big boss has a secretary with a big ass and big tits, and she's friendly. And he's alone with her all day, all day, all day, every day. Every week, and she's calling at home because she's on top of the the appointments, yeah. and she's made his his plane. To, oh, I, I have uh, Mike's flight arrangements. I just wanted to call it, and the wife has to listen listen to this bitch <laughs> hanging out with her fucking that husband sucks. all day, slowly taking her power away, sucking away her influence until yeah. one day he can't take it anymore. And he's like, you know, it's fucking things at home. I mean, if Carol was like you. Carol doesn't understand me. Carol's just such a bitch to me sometimes. It's it's crazy because you give her so much, you provide her so much. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's I don't know. lucky. It's like she doesn't know Any me, woman you know? would want to be in Carol's place. You know me. <laughs> you work with me. Carol doesn't understand me. Yeah. Next plus, thing you know. Plus you've got the sexual novelty kicking in, mm -hmm. right? Where he's been banging Carol for 15 years. Yeah. They got kids. They got a mortgage. They got plus stress. Denise they got... has a big ass. Yeah. Denise? That's <laughs> her name. Denise. <laughs> Denise. <laughs> Denise with her ruby red lipstick and her long nails. Well, yeah. it's fucking... The whole thing is just like of office fucking and all that. It's just like the whole thing is kind of unsavory. But like the the... And, and yeah, for sure, office romances. I hope they do happen. I hope everyone in offices is happily fucking mm. all day long. That's glory. Yeah. But like, man, when you think about <laughs> not getting much work done. When you think about fucking being Denise, right? Right. And who's this dude's name? The guy, uh, Mike. Do we call Mike? Him Mike? Maury. You, Mike. Denise. Think and Carol. about when you're fucking De you're Denise, mm -hmm. and you got this job. Right. And there's Mike. And Mike's a fucking asshole, man. Mike is not, you're not this attracted. It's a different story than my story. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I but, thought but, Mike but, just had a lot of responsibility. I, think, but I, I thought think, Mike's a big burly but, but guy I, I, who maybe eats a little too much and I, drinks a little too much. It's like a, a trucking company or sanitation no, yeah, yeah. or no, something. Mike, a, lot of, a lot of work responsibilities. No, man, Mike smells like fucking onions. His no, farts are like, his, Mike. Fa his farts are just fucking hell. And you've been, <laughs> But you and should you, see Denise's ex-husband, man. Denise has a kid. Yeah. Denise has a kid with a guy was a real piece of shit. He's he used got to tattoos beat her on up. his neck. I'm saying what's happening right now, right now what's happening is there's been a lot of fucking slimy massages that have been going on. Yep. I'm going to guess for about 5,000 years. There's been a more. lot of, there's, yeah, more, more than that. Maybe like, what, 20,000 years of slimy massages has been building up like the right. fucking Yellowstone super caldera. And in the fucking like epigenetic DNA of women, there is probably somewhere encoded in there just millennia of creepy fucking massages that don't, Stop with a fucking massage depending on what time period you're in, you know And so I think that what we're feeling right now is the result of generations of 
creepy fucking massages and much, much worse happening. And women are like, fuck this. This fucking sucks. We're sick of it. We're fucking sick of your creepy massages. And that's what it is. And some women, I mean, imagine, man. I've ne- There's one time at a Blockbuster video. I used to work at a Blockbuster video. And my boss was this like... Just a, a, a sleazy fucking, like, just a slimy fucking gay dude. I didn't like him. He made us clean the videotapes when they didn't need to be clean. It's like, come on, man. These tapes are clean. Spraying fucking videotapes down. I remember late at night, he, we, the, we, there's, like, the area where the cash register is. It's this closed-off cubicle place. I'm, I'm, down, I'm down on my fucking knees, man, having to get something from underneath there. And this dude, like, hops up on the fucking counter, and he's stretches his legs out in front of me. He's like, spread eagles his fucking legs out. It's like blockbuster khaki pants on, <laughs> curling up. You can see the outline of his fucking boss balls in there. <laughs> and, and like, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he, he you never, there's nothing more unappealing than boss balls <laughs> accentuated by khaki. Mm. Ugh. And Ugh. you're looking up there and he's looking down at you. The power has been accentuated. He's looking down at you and he's just saying, you did a good job today. You did a good job today, Duncan. And I'm like thinking like, this is fuck. This is truly gotta be one of the circles of fucking hell right now because like this dude is hitting on me right now i'm getting paid minimum he's hitting on you for sure dude his legs are spread i don't know no, can i might prove, have been just doing yoga can i prove it yeah right i don't even think people are doing yoga in north oh. carolina at this time if he was a woman you would assume that those actions would indicate that she would want sexual intercourse i'm saying there was a feeling now, whether I could prove it or whether it was just me or whatever. How old were you? What? Oh, 20s? I don't know. But there was a feeling that this sucks, man. There's, like, more right, going right, on right. here, right? This right. sucks. That's Is it a legal thing? Is it, like, could I, is it even sexual harassment? No. No. But it sucks. And it's, like, <laughs> it sucks, dude. And that, that. That is the is what a lot of fucking women have been dealing with uh, for a long time, and they they're pissed. Yeah, and they're rightfully so. they're rightfully fucking pissed because it's like who wants to be dominated like that? If I'm getting dominated, I want to be paying for it. You right. know what I mean? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no doubt, man. Um, I really do think there's something to this idea that humans aren't meant to be in these small areas t- t- totally enclosed in right. together with each other all day. I don't think yeah. we're designed for it. No. I just don't. I think that's an intimate environment. As weird as that sounds, and this is not saying that men and women can't work together and be totally, you know, plutonic, and they absolutely can. Yeah. But it's. It's a super unnatural behavior, uh, unnatural environment to be in these cubicles, these small little boxed-in offices, working day in, day out with people, smelling them, and you know. I think we should outlaw offices. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have Start to get, there. How do we get shit done? Working home. Anarchist. Work Working from anarchist. home. Fucking anarchist. Don't have any here. solutions. What the fuck? We need Psychos. the state, man. Yeah. <laughs> but we definitely. need to be protected by the state, Chris. <laughs> the state, man. <laughs> Who's going to fix the roads, man? <laughs> we can fix the roads. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We were talking about something earlier that I, I wrote down because I wanted to remember it. Um, you were saying about Bob Dylan's version of All Along the Watchtower versus Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. I think Jimi Hendrix was amazing, but Bob Dylan's was his 
and he wrote it and there was something cool about listening to those words even if it wasn't like as pleasing orally but there's a if you go to cat power official you know cat power is saying yeah, she has a uh, video up today that she put on her instagram but she's got a great instagram and a video up today of bob dylan in like the 1960s in paris getting all these really dumb questions thrown at him and uh, he's doing like this press conference and he's sitting there smoking cigarettes and he looks like he's like 25 years old and they're they're yelling things at him and asking him questions he's like what like but see did you find it yeah pull it what listen to this listen it's kind of crazy man do you agree that uh, you should be the leader of singers with a message no i don't know what that is <laughs> don't you think your first records were much better than the ones that you do now he said that right. this one here huh? right here you ask him if he's american <laughs> huh? are you american <laughs> i'm french well that's why you probably think the first records are better why why do you sing why <laughs> just because i feel like singing how weird huh yeah how fucking weird french but how weird is that? Like seeing this is essentially like the same dumb questions you'd get on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> if Bob Dylan had a Twitter account, he would get those exact same stupid Dude, doing questions. AMA on Don't Reddit. you think your older stuff's better than your stuff today? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see that there's some performance artist who hired uh, security for himself and a cameraman, and he walked through Times Square pretending to be super famous? And they, they had other people, like at the periphery, studying the crowd reaction to this staged, famous person walking oh, through Times Square. Wow. You ever seen this? No. I forget. I wouldn't. I don't know how to tell Jamie to look for it, but it's incredible. Uh, they interview people, right, who are like have seen him, and there's yeah. you know, two huge black dudes and a guy with a camera, and he's like walking around like he's you know fucking some superstar, and they interview people. Around is this? Damn, Jamie, you are fast, dude. So this is him by himself normally. I guess. This oh, is him the security <laughs> with a suit on and, and I, security. <laughs> and I remember they asked people like, "Hey, what do you think of whatever name it is?" Uh, and one of the dudes is like, "Well, I really liked his early stuff, but <laughs> I think he sold out." <laughs> and this was not one of the guys that was paid off. This was another person on the street that just was just making it random up. Random idiot. Yeah. Oh, that's so hilarious. Well, I've had that happen to me before. Will someone come up and ask me for a picture, and then another guy will pull out his phone and go, "Who are you, man?" Yeah. And I'm like, I'm nobody. Well, why does he want your picture? And he's like getting his camera out like, I'm going to get a picture with you too if I know who you are. Yeah. Like you don't know who I am, so why would you want a picture with me? Right. That's crazy. Just don't grab his waist, man. Yeah, if you, if you double pinch my fat, I will call the yeah. police. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit. Double pinching my fat. I mean, you've done... Tens of thousands of photos after your oh, yeah. shows. You always stand sure. out there and you take a photo of everyone. I don't do that anymore. Oh, got really? Too weird. Yeah, oh, and the no, show's I'm got too big. i to hear that, man. show's got too big. Huh. Yeah, like the Belco Theater I just did in oh, Denver. Oh, yeah, you're doing really big Yeah, it's too venues. big. I'll yeah. do it still at the Ice House and stuff like right, that, but sometimes right. people, they, they have an agenda, and it's not just to say hi, you know, and they just want to monopolize, not monopolize your time. They don't care if there's right. other people around you, and right. you run into those people, and you don't know what... To, 
it's just too much work. Yeah, it's that like was crazy. You... you did that, man. That was crazy. You did that. That was put. That's crazy. I remember thinking, man, it's a lot of time. Sometimes you're standing Chicago out theater. there. Did it for three thousand seven hundred people. Didn't it add like an extra couple of hours to? You're there for two hours. Yeah, could have done a second show. <laughs> literally, dude, you Easily. must have a fucking immune system. Yeah, you must it's have, great immune that's system. Insane. My biome is on right. fire. Because when you think of all those, like when you think, like if like we could take your hand after shaking three thousand people's hands. Never, there's never that many people with the. It's three thousand seven hundred people it's in the 1500. theater. It might have been a thousand. Let's take your hand, and if we could put it under like a scanning microscope, yeah. how? How much shit do you think is on your hand after one of those nights? Probably like a, pr a pretty lots of shit, and lots like, of stuff, lots of cum, cum, lots piss, of piss, ball sweat, ball sweat for <laughs> sure, cooler sweat, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just like it's mucus, a, yeah. yeah, lots period of nose blood. picking stuff. There's got to be some period blood on my hands. Some and who knows, man? Maybe like pizza, some pizza, some polonium, a lot of weed. Some weed, weed yeah. traces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you never know, man. Yeah. People but try to slip weed into your pocket or something. They hand it to me. They put it in my hand. I always tell them I can't. First of all, I get too much weed. Yeah. So anybody trying to give me weed, please don't give me any weed. Yeah. I get too much weed. Yeah. And then second of all, I can't. I don't know you. I right. can't just take your weed. Yeah. I just can't. And yeah. I can't. I wish I could. I wish I could. I'm sure you're cool. You know, I'm sure you are, but I have kids. Somebody gave me, somebody gave me ayahuasca after a show once. Oh, did you just drink it right there on the spot, dude? It's Fuck like it. it was a, it was a, tu it was a it's a Tupperware, a Tupperware. With, with black, oh, murky Christ. water. He's like, it's ayahuasca. I remember taking it back to my hotel, looking at it, and for a second thinking like. What, what would happen if I drank ayahuasca in a fucking Holiday Inn? Like, Good what, how bad would that trip be? It would be fucking wonderful. The yeah. ceiling would open up. You would be propelled <laughs> right through it. Yeah. It's the same yeah. stuff that William Hurt drank in Altered States, bro. This is the real shit. I got yeah. saved in a Tupperware. Just D shake it first. <laughs> Dude, once, once, once I got, I, I was, I got home after a show that I'd flown and someone had given me this framed picture. And I have this framed picture. I don't remember what the art was. It was like a skull or something. I wasn't somehow like I ended up like pulling the thing open and inside the picture was a fucking joint. The guy had shoved a joint into the picture and I had flown with it. Yeah. So if, if they had if they had like seen if they'd opened that shit up. Right. They would have seen a joint, and I would have had to have been like, nah, man, somebody gave that to me at a show. Look at this fucking hippie. Yeah. Lying yeah, hippie. Yeah. Shoot yeah. him. Dumbass trying to smuggle one joint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so it's dangerous. It's yeah. like tricky, man. You can really get in trouble. I had an interesting experience recently at Heathrow. I don't know if, did you and I talk about this in New York? Anyway, I, I was flying through Heathrow, and, uh, I had a connecting flight, missed the connecting flight, but whatever, there's another one two hours later. So I'm going through security because you have to like go again through security at Heathrow when you're coming from outside Europe. And uh, I'm standing there waiting. They take my bag for a secondary check and, and I see the woman talk to like the boss and he says, well, use the other one over there. So she takes my bag over to this other uh, security line that's not functioning and she runs it through the machine there. She comes back and they talk for a minute and he comes over to me and he says, you and I have to have a conversation. Wow. I said, okay. He said, um, what do you do? I'm like, eh, writer, psychologist. And he's like, yeah, but what do you do? What hobbies do you have? I was like, hobbies? Like, and I literally, I said, dude, I'm 55. I jerk off and go to bed. I don't have any hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he, he didn't smile. And uh, he's like, you have a garden? I was like, no. You work with animals? No. 
like I don't know, like fertilizer, uh, something fertilizer residue got on your right. thing. They use that for bombs. Yeah. So he's nitrogen, like, right? He's like, well, you haven't told me a story that makes sense, so I have to call the police. I was like, Shit. what are you talking about? He's like, well, nit- nit- uh, nitrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I set off the machines, shut off the other machine. They're never wrong. You're going to have to sit down right there and uh, wait. And he tells this other guy, watch him. Don't let him go anywhere. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make a run for it in Heathrow. And these cops show up, dude. And there were like nine cops in body armor. Wow. Like surrounded me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, wow, this is what it feels like to go down. Right. You know? But you are also a 55-year-old white guy who's obviously right. well-educated. Right. And you're not, you're not speaking with a weird accent from exactly. Tunisia. That's what I'm thinking. So yeah. if, it, if I were black or, or whatever... <laughs> Forget, I would have been terrified. Did you see the video that I posted to the guy that got gunned down? I the can't hallway? watch oh, it. Dude, I did can't see watch that. It. So but horrific. Unbelievable. It's murder. It was murder. And also, why do you have to crawl across the fucking floor? How because about they, you put your hands over your head and we come over and cuff you? Because they wanted to clear the room. He was near the room. They didn't want him to be too close to the room. The room was slightly around the corner. But... The way the guy escalated it was playing a game of Simon Says with them and yeah. then gunned Shut this guy down. Shut the fuck down. up! Like, yeah. What do you do? I will fucking shoot you. Yeah. And then did shoot him for just reaching back to grab his pants as his pants were falling down it was, as he was crawling. Yeah. I mean, it was, he would, in no way looked like he was doing something dangerous. But the, the most fucking disturbing thing was how many people in the comments after I posted that video on Twitter were saying, you know, that he didn't comply. They were, they were like saying, clean kill. He didn't comply. Clean, clean kill. shooting. Oh, what an ugly phrase, yeah, that's a man. Clean, this, is a, this is a clean, clean kill. shooting. Clean kill. Come he on, Joe. Comply. Come on, Joe. That's a clean kill. And also, Not only that, the guy was drunk. Yeah. He was young. Yeah. He's, he, you know, it's an open carry state, by the way. He was white. Yeah, he was white. Yeah. yeah this is not a, like... Did it's you see the pic of, of the guy who killed him? Sorry. Yeah, monster. Scary looking dude, man. Jamie, can you pull he out that demon? I'm fucked written on his on dust his cover of his, uh, his AR. He said, oh, what? AR, I'm right. fucked. You're fucked, you're rather. Fucked. You're yeah. fucked. And then on t- it should say, I'm fucked. And then the other thing was they didn't let the jury look at the video. They thought it would taint them. Like it would taint their opinion. Like, what are you talking about? That's reality. You need to see that video. That video is th- there's the guy. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's man? a guy who got beat up a lot in high school. And there's that old expression that if you give someone a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. If that's the only tool you have is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. And you're giving this young guy who's obviously fucking psycho. I mean, the way he gunned that guy down. I mean. That that was insane, just fucking insane. And the idea that this represents two human beings in an interaction, and that one human being has that much power over the yeah. other one, that he can yell at him, scream at him, totally escalate the situation, not de-escalate, you know, and that he's got this gun out, by the way, which you're in an open carry state. So if the guy did have a toy gun or whatever the fuck they said he had, and he's holding this toy gun, and someone calls the police. You're allowed to have a toy gun. You're allowed to have a gun gun in Arizona. Yeah. It's I read an that open he was, carry state. He was an exterminator, and he had like 22s or something that he used for extermination in the room, and somebody oh. saw through the window him 
holding, holding a, a rifle. Gun. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what, man? Th- those are legal. Yeah. Thing like unless someone just got completely hysterical and called and said, "Hey, the guy's pointing the gun out the window at people, and this is the message they got." And the cops don't know when they show up. But when you see that guy and that woman, and you just see their fucking body language yeah. as they're walking down the hallway, super casual. They're not walking like people that are about to kill people. Right. They go, they comply immediately. The guy's begging for his life. Please don't shoot me. The whole thing was horrific. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, this gets back to what we were talking about with the women, this moment in history where women are tired of the sleazy hand rubs. I think we're also at the moment where non-white people are fucking tired of being gunned down. Everybody's tired. This is a you white know? guy, this though. Is, yeah, this I know, the, this but, but this is what it I'm shows saying. You this is everybody. So imagine, well, but it doesn't show it's everyone. It shows it happens to white people sometimes. But it, imagine it, the black guys. It, I mean, you're right, that 100%. guy in Albuquerque, a homeless dude, yeah. and they fucking throw those uh, grenades and he starts what? running. Yeah, there was this happened like two years ago. There was a homeless guy he's sleeping, right out in the the bush somewhere near Albuquerque. And the cops come out. And they throw a flash grenade. a flash grenade, scares the fuck out of him. He jumps up, starts running away. They gun him down from the back. They shoot him in the back as he's running away, and it's like, and they're acquitted. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's nuts. <sighs> it there, is and nuts. There, there's no uh, accountability, and uh, so. But the thing that I you know, the, what's the line that uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin or, or one of the founding fathers said that the, Fuck re- the police, the revolution, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the revolution occasionally has to be uh, like uh, fed with the blood of the re- you, know, yeah. you know, that the I forget, tree of the patriots liberty, or something. That's the it. The tree of liberty must sometimes be watered with the blood of Patriots and <laughs> martyrs. What Ooh. a fucked up tree. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, why you got that in your garden, man? What, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's fucking get that thing out of your garden, man. Fuck that tree. Well, Dude, but don't you think there's like a cleansing revolution that has to happen every once in a while? I think what we're experiencing now is people. Well, what we're getting from information, right, and what we're getting from this use of the Internet is the ability to spread information instantaneously. This video could have existed decades ago, and we would have never seen it. You know, and there would be no need for body cameras back then either. They didn't have the technology. So now they do. Everyone has to have a body camera. This guy did this knowing he was filming it, which is even more insane. Like, imagine this guy completely unfiltered, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. this, he might have just gunned that guy down for the fuck of it yeah, as sure. soon as he saw him. I mean, he might be just a guy looking to shoot people, which is real. Well, no, this is the thing that we're, this is like you're saying, oh, well, you know, priests are mol- molesting kids. Uh, and when, why? Well, a lot, I don't know why they're all why so, why so many are doing it. But one thing's for sure: sociopaths and people who are trying to do fucked up shit. Wait, what was it you were t- saying about what's her name? Asa Akira. What was what you were saying that she liked DP? Oh yeah. What what is it you said? Well, she said she she was joking on this podcast I did with her. She was like, it, you know, I think I've gamed the system because what I love the most in sex is DP, and that's what they pay the most right. for. Now, that, so what DP you DP being double, double penetration, penetration for people who aren't fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. But, but, <laughs> new new but, listeners. <laughs> but Kids. What, what that shows, that's a person <laughs> who figured out, truly, who figured out how to make money doing what she loves. And so in the same way, when you have these fucking sociopaths, these pedophiles who want to make a career, uh, who want to figure out a way to do what they're doing while, while like sustaining themselves, well, they're like, oh, I'll just become a priest. 
If I become a priest, I'm going to have, and it's all power. We're all talking power dynamics here. Because it's like, it's not enough that you're an older man and you're, it's some helpless kid. But on top of that, you're a representative of the creative force of the universe. You're like the fucking spokesperson for the universe. Oof. The power dynamic there is, a, is as, almost as skewed as it can fucking get. Yeah. And in the same way, that guy, that guy, no, I mean, you think when that guy goes home, he's like listening to sounds of waterfalls and shit and taking baths with lavender candles. That guy, is, <laughs> that guy goes fucking home and he just he probably just fucking punches a brick wall. He just punches walls. He, he's a, that guy is not a happy dude. I agree. And he likes to dominate people and he wants to be in control and he wants to have power and he got himself into a job where he could be a, get paid to be the worst kind of murderous bully there is. And that's what's really happening is that we have in our society Society, monsters and the monsters are smart and they're figuring out ways to get into positions of power and we before the bloody revolution we just need to come up with better ways to scan for these fucking assholes so that we can keep them out of these positions of power not only sure, do we not scan for them we encourage them the system is built in such a way that they're encouraged i mean it's no accident that we end up with psychopaths as president who the fuck else would want to do that? Right. Who seeks? That's well, why I, don't I asked think earlier Obama's about a psychopath. I don't either. I think Obama and Jimmy Carter are two uh, real exceptions to that. Well, wait. Well, let, we have to. I don't think psychopath is the right word yeah. for it. But we, you do. You do kind of have to come up Megalomaniac. with megalomaniac. Like, well, you need to come up with a definition of terms, right? So yeah. it's like, for example, like Obama. Like you have to come up with inarguable things. Like Obama for sure ordered. Drone strikes that killed people. So if you order a drone strike and it kills people, are you a murderer? That's a question. Are you a murderer if you order a drone strike and it kills people? And the number is insane. The number of innocents is in the high 80s, but I believe, But does right? that make you a murderer? Does that make you a murderer? 80,000? No, percent. Oh, oh, percent. Okay. Like if yeah. you have... Uh, I, what, didn't yeah, we, there haven't are a we lot done of this before, Jamie? Killed. With the uh, number of innocents killed by drone strikes, I think it's in somewhere in the 80 range. 80% but, range. But yeah. that, that would... Would, would that Same. make him a murderer? Like, is it safe to say when you're True like question. using adjectives for him, you could say, well, or, okay, well, he has, could you say he has m murdered people? Could you say this, that we have an infantile view of what the president is because there are so many tasks and so many human beings and so many things that are connected to him that the idea that he is the one giving all the orders for all these different things that are happening all over the world is kind of absurd. Yeah. It's like a monotheistic god or the daddy. Yeah. We, we really need to go to a, a, a more community-based understanding yeah. of religion, of yeah. politics, of everything. There shouldn't be one person in charge of everything. But the That's idea ridiculous. that one guy, just think about two massive issues, geopolitics and, uh, and finance. These are two things like the, yeah. that the, the government is supposed to have their hands on. They're supposed to be able to control yeah. the way we interact with world leaders. Uh, all sorts of weird military dictatorships yeah. in the Middle East and in North Korea. We, we have to interact with all of these countries, hundreds of countries. Then on top of that, he's responsible for job growth. Like, what? Yeah. Who is this fucking guy? Right. What else is he doing? He's ordering drone strikes. He's ordering drone strikes, yeah. too. What else yeah. is he doing? He's keeping pot illegal. That son of a bitch. He's appointing yeah. Supreme Court judges. Yeah. He's drilling in Alaska. He's yeah. cutting a new road through the <laughs> Salmon River. Like, he, they're doing... He's do, One guy? One guy doing any... One guy with a full-time job doing any one of those, being responsible for the decisions, is crazy. 
for any one of those things. Yeah. And the idea Plus, this, you're the public face of yeah. the world. And yeah. oh, do you notice that Trump? And I, I used to think that people were exaggerating, but he's losing his shit. He's micro strokes, I think. He, is what he's, it is. he's he's slurring his words yeah, now a lot, and he drinks twelve cans of diet coke a day, apparently, which made me maybe fake news. They might be fucking with us. I don't know. But he watches eight hours of television a day. He's the perfect representative of America. Look at this: nearly ninety percent of the people killed in airstrikes were not the intended targets during one five-month period of operation. Between yeah. uh, January 2012 and February 2013. Okay, but why let's do they hate us? But let's, why do they hate but us? But let's talk about hmm. the psychopath idea. Freedom. Let's talk about the psychopath idea. Like, what is a psychopath? I mean, this is a very special kind of, of, of murder that's happening here. Right. It's like, you know, okay, let's take the classic example. God re may rest in peace. Charles Manson. One of the things he always said is, I never killed anybody, man. I never killed anybody. And it's true. I don't think he ever killed anybody. Tex yeah. Watson did all the killings. Yeah. So in, with Manson, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, that guy is truly, I mean, he really is one of the classics. He's amazing. He's like one of the most entertaining entertaining psychopaths in America, maybe ever. He's really a great actor. He's Could a have great been musician. President. But he's, but the thing is like, okay, we know Manson, that guy was out of his fucking gourd. We ate your garbage, man. Yeah. Yeah. You call it a garbage dump. I call it a gold mine. But like, you take somebody like that, and it's like, okay, clearly nuts. But then you take someone like Obama or any American president who's killed so many more people or ordered people to kill so many more people. And many of those people are children and they're dressed in a suit and they're dapper and they're fucking charismatic. I mean, fuck, if Obama walked into the room right now, I'd be like, wow, Obama, wow, great to meet you. But Let me the... see your boss balls. You know how, you know how um, drone strikes get approved? No. Lawyers. What? From the Defense Department. Lawyers. Lawyers ultimately make the call whether or not drone strikes get approved. But dude, they get together with lawyers. That's the that is the. So what's the? They they have a target. Say if the target's an apartment building, they have a geolocator on the target, like yeah. whatever it is, whether it's uh, metadata from someone's cell phone that indicates the cell phones in this particular area how big of a target is this how much of a of risk is it what, what's the benefits of and they'll, they'll literally get together with lawyers this is according to a guy that i know that used to be one of the big wigs of the cia he's like this is what happens mike baker so told me this. are they worried about getting sued yes. or what they're worried about the legality of it how it's going to be perceived whether wow. or not you can be tried as a war criminal for this uh, wow yeah like it's not just the scary thing is not just that 90 percent are unintended targets it's that they know yeah. going in that they're going to kill a bunch of unintended Crazy. targets everyone and in that apartment gun them down yeah. like you saw that collateral murder video which is what put w wikileaks on the map yeah. When they released that video that uh, showed those guys gunning down, and uh, there's a minivan, and there's kids in the van, and the, the guy's literal reaction is, shouldn't have brought the kids. Shouldn't have brought the kids. We had to gun you down. Oh, whoops, turns out that wasn't a gun. It was a camera. My bad. I mean, they're gunning you down with blurry images from the sky. Yeah. And then when, when they killed kids, or thought they killed kids, I think the kids survived, they were like, shouldn't have brought the kids. Yeah, and, that, and that's what's really wild about it is that freedom. we don't, yeah, freedom, the tree of fucking liberty. We got to water it. What do you want the thing to wither? Yeah. But this is the, this is the, the, to me, this is the most interesting thing about living in the United States is the way that you generally don't think about that 
stuff. Like, you just don't think about it. It's not a thing that you really, what are you going to do? It's like, you know it's happening. You know we've been doing it. You know we've done it over and over and over and over and over again. But really, nobody, what can we do? You vote. You vote, vote. Be politically active. And maybe you can get somebody in power who isn't going to kill a bunch of people. But inevitably, they keep killing a bunch of people. They keep doing it. And we keep ignoring it. And that is one of the creepiest fucking things because it's the it's like, all right, when here in the United States, when a cop guns down somebody, thank God, most people freak out like that video that that you you tweeted. We all look at the video and we're like, my God, how did that guy get off the hook? We should look at his picture. He's a monster. But probably today, I don't know for sure, but this week, certainly this month. Some people got exploded by the United States, right? How I often guess. does that happen? I mean, that's not, the thing about drones is they don't really, they don't tell you right. we're launching drone strikes. And then, like, like let's talk about Yemen, where yeah. all the weapons that Saudi Arabia is using to starve and destroy the Yemeni population came from the United States. Mm. So, and the pilots are trained by us. And, and so we've got our drones blowing people up, but also we've totally armed this country that's destroying this other country. And, you know, they know that. It says USA on the bomb fragments. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. See, this, sorry to do, I don't I don't know if this will derail it, but, you know, we were talking about Sam Harris earlier and, and the, the beef I have. It's not a beef, but the disagreement that I have with him around his Islam thing is that he totally discounts the role of U.S. foreign policy in creating the toxic environment that gives rise to things like ISIS. So to call- Are you sure that he totally discounts that? Because I don't think that's true. Well, honestly, I don't. You, you know a lot more about Sam than I do, but some of my friends and listeners would be like, dude, you got right. to listen. I think that it's a convenient talking point. I don't think he does. Well, I listened to one podcast he did where he was uh, responding to this uh, article in the 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 publication of of Islamic Jihad or something, and he was like, "Look, this is what I'm talking about. Like, all you know, um, uh, non-Muslims should be killed, and blah blah blah." And he was going through this whole thing, and it's been a year since I listened to it, so you know, apologies to Sam if I'm misremembering this but what i remember thinking at the time was he he said something like well there are people who think that it's u.s foreign policy but that's ridiculous this is islam this is islam it says it right here this is the the ideology of islam and i'm like yeah but dude that particular ideology of islam is taking hold a because of a hundred years of foreign policy of of humiliating and destroying these cultures, and B because of American support for the the Saudi supported uh, schools. I forgot the name of the schools that are all over uh, the Middle East now because of Saudi Arabia putting them into Pakistan and Afghanistan and all that. That um, the Wahhabism. Extreme. Wahhabism, exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think this is really important that when you destroy countries and when you do it the way we're doing it, where you don't even have the balls to go in on the ground, you're just 
blasting people from the clouds, it creates blowback. And if that's expressed in terms of a religious ideology or whatever it is, it's going to come back. You're you're absolutely right. But there's also stuff that's happening to places that has nothing to do with America that's also related to. I mean, look at what's going on in Iraq when the power vacuum was created because Saddam Hussein was was killed. And the, the Sunnis and the Shiites started a civil war. And they're, 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 they're starting a war that has nothing to do with America, Again. other than the fact that America took out right. their, their, their dictator. But why does Iraq exist? Right. Who created Iraq? We did, sure. The British. And, look and what we, we created it. And we created it like we did. Yeah. When I say we, I'm talking about right. European and you know, post-World War II. Team us. Post-World War One, really. Yeah, Team Us, when they created these countries in Africa as well, they intentionally created them so that there were opposing tribes or populations within the country so that they could better exercise control over them, mm. right? Did they? So they yeah. engineered the Sunni and the Shia? They engineered. You look at the origins of, and I'm not an expert. This is, I've read this several different places, but I know it happened in, in Africa as well, where they would intentionally draw the border so that you have different tribes within that border. Who are all have uh, long lasting enmity with each other, so you can like arm and you know uh, manipulate manipulate one tribe to dominate the others, and then when decolonialization happened, then we end we have all these unstable structures in place that we've left behind. I think what you're outlining is that it's a very complex issue. It's not simply just the ideology, and I 100% agree. I don't think anybody who's reasonable couldn't agree. But I also think that there's a problem with human psychology and ideologies. And, and, And we have this very bizarre desire to be all in in whatever team that we're on. Right. And when you're on a team that has, uh, in uh, arguably in 2017, the most archaic mainstream ideology, that's that's Islam, right? I mean, if you you stop and think about how ancient is it, how uh, in its practices, the way, um, especially when it's in used in radical ways, the way women are forced to dress, the way in Saudi Arabia, I think up until really recently they weren't allowed to drive, right? Now they're allowed yeah, to. Yeah, within the last two or three years. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like stuff in it that we would think of as being a part of a bygone era of human beings. Except for Alabama. Ah, Roy Moore's losing, though, apparently. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's happening right Down now. Down by 10 it? points. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. But Did you see but the video there are those that right? on that? Yeah, there's, there's definitely parallels. There's, I think it's like all things. We're always looking for one reason why something exists. Yeah. And look, the reason why you have this idea of jihad and jihadism being um, like involving suicide bombers and sacrifice in war... A lot of that is directly attributable to what happened to Afghanistan during the Soviet Union's interaction with them when we were training the Mujahideen. If you, you know, you, the way they talked people into going to war and armed them against the Soviet Union, these futile attempts. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, this, a lot of encouragement for a lot of these suicidal tactics. And right. Maybe not necessarily suicide bombing. But the, the Mujahideen were armed directly by the United States. Yeah. And that is what turned Osama bin Laden against us. Like, he was with us then. Charlie Wilson's yeah. War. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, it's about that. It's about the, the senator, I think he was, who went to Pakistan and oversaw the arming of the Mujahideen. Wow. Tom Hanks. Oh, right. Um, uh, f- 
the, the guy everyone says I look like who overdosed a while ago. Philip Hoffman, yeah. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. What is his yeah. name? <laughs> Phil Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, to relate back to what we were talking about earlier, think about the role of sexual frustration in getting uh, martyrs. Oh. You know, these are guys who never get laid. Well, a lot of them, these kids, man. A, yeah. a buddy of mine who was over in Afghanistan was telling me how they would put kids in front of tractors because the tractors weren't expensive. Oh, Jesus that Christ. That was uh, Dr. Sean, right? Doesn't, wasn't that Dr. Baker? It wasn't. I was thinking it was um, Andy um, Stump, but no, I think it was Sean Baker was telling me that. He was over in Afghanistan as a medic. And he was saying that these guys had, he's like, I can always make another son. I can't get another tractor. Jesus, God. So the other kids walk in front of the tractors to look for landmines. The, what? The, here's the super... I guess all the donkeys have blown up already. Just fucking imagine that that could even be something that someone could say, and you realize the difference in the world, that you're in the harshness of the world that you're, you're talking about. And this, the worst thing... So, sorry. The worst thing about Afghanistan is... I mean, I know a lot of old hippies who used to... That was on the hippie trail. And Afghanistan was the best place. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved yeah. Afghanistan. Mm. The people are so nice, so welcoming. Your your bus breaks down in the middle of nowhere. People will come from miles away from the, their village and take you Fuck. back to the village and feed you and take care of you. And Like, it was the most hospitable place in the world. Dude, now I'll tell a you a scary ground. story about that, though, because one, um, one of the teachers at these Ram Dass retreats, they all were on the hippie trail, man. And one of them, her name's, uh, I think, Mirabai. Bush, I think, Mirabai. But she was uh, telling the story how, you know, the hippie trail, they'd get in a bus, they'd travel through Europe to end up in India. The fucking Brotherhood of Eternal Love was like just, just dispensing just acid everywhere. Do they still do this trail? What? Trail? No. I mean, you can't, you try fucking bringing a rainbow bus through Afghanistan now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good and you got to go through Iran to get there. Soldiers to shoot it. Yeah. But, but she was telling the story about how like all these hippies were hanging out. Uh, I don't know where they were at, but these two fucking dudes rode up in horses wearing like, you know, the, the full garb. They had swords. Whoa. And one of the hippies said to them something like, we're all children of God. And he responded, my God has no children. And it was like some kind of heavy-duty Islam. It was like, fuck you, hippie. What are you talking about? So it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, everything wasn't necessarily peaceful and joyful. There was still fundamentalism happening there. But I think all the shit we're talking about, the really creepy thing is that Whatever this is, whether it's the United States stuck a fucking stick in the ant's nest too much, and now we've got like these fundamentalist lunatics who will blow themselves up to kill other people, or whether we've got a viral form of a religion that has infected people's brains and is now like a contagion, is going to spread with adversity. The real problem is we're also dealing with an exponential increase in technological progress. And this is when I interviewed this guy, Aaron Frank from Singularity University. And this is a scary thing he said is eventually there's going to be technology that exists where you can just like you can, you know, engineer a engineer fucking Ebola using some kind of biological 3D printer. When, where, when that, that might be 50 years from now, 60 years from now, I don't know, but it's not that far away. And also, this fucking Cuban sound beam, right? Yeah. They just kind of, you know, the story popped up about these people in Cuba. They, there's some weird chirping sound It was shot. at the embassy, right? At the embassy. The U.S. embassy, they're, they're shooting some sort of sound weapon at them and 
was driving them crazy. It, and it caused brain damage. And so when you consider that already there is apparently some new sonic weapon existing that can make you mentally disabled, maybe permanently, and we're dealing with people who are mentally disabled in another fucking way, which is that they have become infected with some paradigm that makes them think that there is an actual, like, loony god out there that wants them to put babies in front of tractors and that wants them to explode other people. And they can maybe get a hold of this sound beam that goes through walls and just start launching it into people's houses. Goes through walls? I think it went through a wall, yes. Well, they, they haven't defined what this weapon is specifically, right? This right. is a new thing. Well, this is They the, know of some sound weapons. Yeah, some sound. Sonic. But this is the thing. There was a time when a nuclear bomb did not exist, and then it existed. Right. There was a time when a gun didn't exist, and then it existed. So I think it'd be a safe bet to say in the next 50 years, we're going to get some brand new fucking weapon. There's some guy in DARPA right now whipping up some fucking thing. I don't know what it is. So who knows what it is, you know? Just like a, a new kind of flashlight that shines through walls and just makes you forget who you are. Well, well, you, I, you saw what Elon Musk said about the robots. You'd need a strobe light to see him. Because they'd be moving so fast in yeah. a few years. Yeah. He's sleep tight. Yeah, sleep tight. Because it's like, you know, not only do we have, like, the, the, these weapons are in the hands right now, like you said. The nuclear weapons are in the hands of somebody who won a popularity contest. I don't know who's going to control the fucking robots. But one thing's for sure, man. There's a lot of crazy people on the planet right now. And they're going to have access to shit unlike anything we've we've ever seen. In the no course. question. Yes. And how about a weapon that just makes everyone infantile? Yeah. Like, doesn't kill you. Like the Television. idea of the hydrogen bomb. Ah. <laughs> the idea of the hydrogen bomb, right? The yeah. hydrogen bomb kills all the people, leaves all the buildings. Yeah, beautiful. But what or about... The neutron bomb. Neutron, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, what about... A stupid bomb. Yeah. Like a, a bomb that makes everybody have a 50 IQ. There you go. Well, they like, thought they would drop uh, LSD, right? They were experimenting with LSD in the 60s and 70s, thinking they, they could use that to make soldiers crazy on the battlefield. And stuff. Well, they initially wanted to use it as a truth serum. They wanted to use it on captured enemy soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some hilarious videos from the 1950s given soldiers acid. The World War II uh, video. Yeah. Post-World War II. They got them all doped up on acid. I think they're uh, English troops from the UK and they're wandering around in black and white footage just tripping balls. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's true. Dude, dude, this is the this is actually why we need LSD right now because the problem is we're we're facing a, one of the most beautiful things that could ever happen to a society, which is we're about to create this beautiful technology that is going to be something unlike anything we've ever seen. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Humans are mostly wonderful, I think. But we've got a few of us out there who have been infected with this thing you're talking about. Us or them. The team attitude. Yeah. It's me and you. It's me versus you. And this is the problem. This is the this is a real problem. How do we fix that? That how because it's like, yeah, I don't know who caused it. That's the thing. Like, is fucking Harvey Weinstein or these? You know, is it because we the teen 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 boys aren't getting jerked off enough? I don't know. But we do have a problem right now, which is that there's a lot of people whose minds are scrambled with crazy ideas, and that's okay. That's okay back when there were crossbows and shit. But now that we've got these minds scrambled with crazy ideas and access to information about how to make fertilizer bombs, how to make 
the, I've already hey, heard. Whatever happened with that? What? 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 Where'd you get the fertilizer? <laughs> Never oh, finished oh, that story. Oh yeah, yeah. So what happened was, so these cops. <laughs> yeah. So, so this one cop is standing next to me, and he's like, "Oh, so you're from the states, huh? What part do you live in?" And we're just chatting. And then this other cop comes over, and he's like, "He's like, I'm gonna press my camera. I have to record this. You understand that?" I'm like, "Yes, I understand. You're recording me. And anything you say will be used." Yeah, yeah, I understand. And he's like real up in my face and like, I think you're lying to me and giving me all this shit. And then he goes away and the other guy's like, yeah, don't worry. He's like, he gets uptight sometimes. And I'm like, oh, so you're the good cop, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, all right, that's fine. As long as you're not an American cop, right? I'm not worried about it. Because I knew, like right. I knew, like eventually this was going to be just a good story. Yeah. And so they're like, well... You know, your bag keeps coming back positive, um, and they checked my hands, and my they wiped my jeans and shit, and they said, we got to get the dog. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we get the dog. So now I'm waiting there, just chatting, and they bring this dog. Brian was the name of the dog, and Brian sniffed my bag and didn't, there was nothing. And so they were like, eh, Brian says you're you're good to go. Isn't that crazy? Fuck the equipment. Let's count on the dog. I know, dog. and they're telling me, and I'm like, guys, there's nothing. Trust me. There's you can Google me. Like there's, I'm not, right. you know. And they're like, the machines are never wrong. They literally said that. And I'm like, well, they're wrong this time. You, you know, let's. You want to bet fifty bucks, fifty pounds? You know, and like, yeah, we don't bet. Anyway, so but finally, I was like, when when the dog was like, uh, you know, that I was free, I said, can I do a, a group selfie with you guys? Like, put it on Instagram. That'd be pretty funny. And they're like, no, no, we can't have our faces on. Right. But you can take a picture with Brian. So oh, I, I got cool. this picture with the dog, like <laughs> licking my cheek and Heathrow. Oh, that's, that's hilarious! Cool. <laughs> uh, I bought a laptop once from Red Band, and uh, he was uh, selling this Windows laptop. I wanted to get a second laptop, and uh, first time I used it, took it through the uh, airport, and uh, <laughs> I know where this is. It going. got screened. So uh, they pull you aside. Uh, we're going to have to check this again. Have you been near a farm? No. Five. I didn't know what that meant back then. I didn't know about the fertilizer. They checked my hands, nothing. They swabbed the entire laptop, and they're like a test positive for fertilizer. And cum been, stains. Yeah, it's probably just Red Band's jizz all over that <laughs> fucking computer. But they they went over it like with a fine-tooth comb. with like They had a swab, and they went up and down. They had to ask me a bunch of questions. I explain what I do. I'm a comedian. You know, I host Fear Factor. And they go, oh, okay. All right. Get out of here. Just gave it to me. Gave me the laptop. Let because me they recognized you? Yeah, because they checked the laptop. They, I said I bought it from a friend. They said, did he work around a farm? I go, I don't think so. Hmm. And uh, they just tested it, and they swabbed it, and whatever minimal amount of nitrogen or that they found on it, which exists in fertilizer, but also in bombs. Somehow or another. But it's also, by the way, nitrogen is the most common thing in the air. The air is 80% nitrogen. Hmm. I don't know how they're like getting what they're getting off of the laptop. Or hmm. I don't know why it would test positive or what, what have you. But it was apparently a minimal amount in some way, shape, or form. They thought it was okay. I thought they were going to turn it on and you know check the content. You're going to get in trouble for all the <laughs> porn on there. Oh, no shit. <laughs> all my writing. All the shit that I write down. Like, what the fuck is wrong with your head? But like, if you worked on a farm and you got that nitrogen shit all over you, if you, like, you were laying down some fertilizer and it got in your clothes and you went straight to the airport, you're not flying anywhere, bro. Yeah. Wow. If they check you and they find that shit on you, you know, if there's somehow or another it gets detected... You know, like it's touching your bags or something like that. Like, you're gonna you're gonna be in for some questioning. Fuck. Yeah. That sucks, man. So, what do you think's gonna happen with this uh, democratization of weaponry that you were talking about? Because sometimes I think it could be a good thing. 
if everybody had the capacity to destroy the planet no way it's not a good thing it's like jesus chris no way <laughs> that's a crazy well idea. it's where we're going well i mean you're it's looking, where we're going we're right? gonna have to kill the people that we think would possibly destroy the planet and uh, then everyone's gonna be scared it's gonna be like mccarthyism for nuclear catastrophe everyone's gonna think that mutual everyone assured else is, destruction yeah, yeah but, that which works when one of the when both people are sane but when you're dealing with someone who wants to die, and like, and you like these shooters, when you look at what's right. happening with these shooters, like the guy in Vegas, that's an example of a lunatic getting a hold of some technology and using that technology to wipe out a shit ton of people, not caring if he's going to die. What if that guy was up there with a fucking Cuban sonic dum-dum beam, just yeah. blasting people with this beam that's like making them, for the rest of their lives, have some kind of neurological impairment? What if that person, God forbid, he was up there like dusting out smallpox that he had printed up in his 3D printer? It's like, I the, the, the creepy thing about it is, Chris, that there is not a solution. I don't even know how you, like, we're looking at, like, huge chunks of the human population that believe that in, in it, this insane creator force that actually wants them to explode themselves. You know, they went in and, like, that that shooting that just happened where the, the ISIS came in and just fucking executed a bunch of Sufis. You know, oh, in Egypt, yeah. Yes, and Sufism, like that's that's that, you know, yeah. it's such a, it's like mystical Islam. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's dancing. Yes, it's dancing. And so, so we already have this kind of insanity bubbling up in different parts of the planet. So, and that, and then you have what, the loner person who just for whatever reason decides to go and shoot up a church or whatever. This is all like Sam Harris arguments. And this is what Sam Harris believes, and when it comes to like ideologies being incredibly toxic in yeah. that form yeah right? they can be they can be yeah they can be i want to start a fight with sam harris but i like him it seems like a fun thing to do i'm gonna get you harris <laughs> i'm coming for you, you with your oh, hey mr <laughs> logical <laughs> you logical focus i'll get you for your focus yeah. <laughs> how dare you be right all the time no no but but the um the yeah man this is this is like a this is a, uh, this is you know AI is a big problem, mm -hmm. but also the fact that the current AI that we're running, the human operating system, is like already fucking up in this kind of intense way. It's it's I don't know what the solution is. No one can really even think about it. But it's it is going. It's a problem in the most intense way. Well, here's how easy the AI is to hack. Donald Trump, who's never been religious at any point in his life, ever now is able to say, God bless America, and everybody starts clapping, and they believe that he believes that right. God is oh, yeah, blessing yeah, yeah. America, right, right, which right, has never right. been a part of his thought process. That's right, that's right. Like, there's a giant history of Donald Trump interacting with the world. Never were, was there any proselytizing. Right. There was never any espousing of any religious doctrines or talking about the greatness of Christianity. But now he does it. And because he's in this position where you have right. to believe it, we accept that new variation in his speech that now he brings God into the equation where he never brought God into the equation before. That's so creepy, man. The way you just said, I didn't know what you were talking about because I'm like, Trump definitely didn't hack any fucking AI. But now I hear what you're saying. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah, he's he's tapped wow. into this human AI. Require, yeah, and the, the requirement to believe in supernatural beings that are looking out for us. Right. That's a requirement. Right. In 2017, you cannot, like if Chris Ryan wanted to run for president, one of the real issues he would be is, I can't trust an atheist. Right. 
Oh, I think that's that going to be, be the least of the problems. <laughs> <laughs> I just read your book. And we got to sit down and talk because I'm not some crazy polygamous monkey person, you my, piece of shit. My first press conference would be a doozy, let me tell you. It'd be great. Yeah, man, that's that. So that that is the problem is the human AI. We're getting better at hacking it. You know, the, the and this is I don't think it was Sam Harris who said it, though. It might have been maybe it was Elon Musk who was saying everyone thinks the problem with a with AI is that it's going to be robots killing people, which is one part of it. But the real problem is that the AI is going to be able to start hacking the human operating system. And we kind of have already witnessed that with the um, Twitter bots. So it's like you can produce the uh, uh, you can produce the illusion of a majority opinion using bots. So, and the more advanced, right now you can usually, you can at least kind of tell what the bots are. Like you go back and look and you realize the bot's been tweeting every like five minutes and it's got like lists of people in it and it's usually tweeting memes and it seems to have been but up. You'd have to chase it down if you just looked at the comments itself after a post. Like say if you're someone yeah. who opposes President Trump and they've got Trump bots that they use yeah. to go and attack someone who says anything bad about Trump, you would just see the overwhelming negative response versus yes. positive response. Yeah, well, yeah. But you could still, I guess what I'm saying is like right now there's a way you can tell something's a bot. But as AI gets better, right. you're going to start seeing, I've been thinking about this, you're going to start seeing these like basically social networking farmers. So the idea is like I create a teenage bot and I figure out a way to get it to create its own Facebook account, and for, like, I don't know, six years, it just posts shit on its own Facebook account, giving the yeah. illusion that this is a living thing. Now, if I could do that with 7,000 of these teen bots, so now I have a, a, a bot swarm of 7,000 AIs that all have uh, Facebook accounts, Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts, that they've been somehow populating with bullshit content for like seven years. So now no one can really even tell if it's a person or not. I've got a really super powerful weapon. And so I think that's what's the, the real creepy thing with AI is, and, and you know, you've seen that shit that popped up on the internet, the ability, here's a, a road in the day. Look, we just made it look like it's winter now. We just made it look like it's nighttime now. We just made it look like it's whatever, any time of year that we want. We can make a, it's going to get to the point where we can make a person look like they said anything. And you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that. That's here, by the way. That's you, here. Did you see the, I think it was Radio Lab or something that yes. did a podcast it's about that? It's not quite here. It's, it's close. It's, well, it's, it's discernible. But it's, yeah. you're getting close. So, so we're talking about reality. Video and audio. Yeah. It, it, these are yeah. It's reality bombs where you're going to be able to bomb a culture with AI, produce the illusion of anything that you fucking want, right. whatever you want, but, and dumb, yeah. and, and people are going to believe it. But devil's advocate here. Haven't we been doing that for a long time? Isn't that what a laugh track is? A studio audience? Yeah, but it's You're creating sure. the illusion of community of a bunch of people that believe a certain thing, that react certain ways, yes. and that manipulates the hordes, right? right. Yeah. Bernays right. wrote about this in the 20s, about yeah. manipulating. And look at how effective it's already been in its yeah. rudimentary form. Exactly. Now imagine a super advanced form of that. And yeah. what you're looking at is like the real, one of the real problems of AI that maybe is more problematic than robots going so fast you have to use a strobe light to see them. We're talking about people no longer – if you believe that anything in the media or on the internet 
is real or if you've been trying to like establish your concept of what the universe is or the world is based on the news, based on the internet, and people have been doing that for a long time with newspapers and shit, then we're going to enter into a phase in human history where that is no longer necessarily a way for us to gauge what reality actually is because we're not even going to know if fucking humans are creating the content. We're well, not. We're, we're going to get to a certain point in time where we're not going to know if someone's human. Yeah. Blade, Blade Runner is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah. That, that's not far away. They have some pretty goddamn convincing robot heads now in Japan. Sex that, robots. Yeah. Looking pretty good. They, they don't look too bad. And we're, we're getting real close. We're getting within 50 years away from an indiscernible artificial life form. Yeah. A buddy of mine had a wet dream recently. Uh, he's in his 40s. Uh, and he had a wet dream where he was uh, having sex with two... Robots. Asian sex robots. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Dude, he's, you he's, watch Ex Machina, that chick, and well, even though you could see right through her legs, she was clear. She had clear arms and yeah. shit. You'd still fuck the shit up. She's beautiful. <laughs> she was nice to you. Yeah. Like, how do you know? What is real? I mean, if it interacts with you, if you're talking to it's it, it's real. black mirror shit, man. Yeah, but yeah. He, here's where it gets really interesting is, like, there's this mystic named Gurdjieff, and he called people spiritual machines. And so mm. his thing was like... You, the, most people already are robots or automatons in the sense that most people, when they're doing anything, whatever the thing is they're doing, it's imitation. Right. So when a person like, you know, does any the, the way a person, a person who's acting cool, right, usually the person who's acting cool has, has learned that from something. It's all imitation. It's all autopilot already. So most human beings, they're not even autonomous at all. Like how, most, of, most people will spend like three fucking days completely up in their heads, not even knowing where they're at. I mean, I know I've been in that situation where like some time will pass and suddenly I'll be like, wait, what the fuck? I've been in my head for three days straight. I'm running on autopilot. What's going on here, man? That's like how many people are. They wake up in the morning, they get their coffee, they get in their car, they go and do their thing, they come back, they go to bed. They barely even know what they're doing. Yeah, momentum. Momentum, right. Yeah. So, so we're already dealing with a kind of uh, organic robot, a meat machine, that's barely even aware of what it's doing, You know, which is why I think... And I know you and I talk about Christ a lot. I'm going to bring it up on your show again. When <laughs> Jesus is being crucified, I think one of the most poignant things in the New Testament is when Jesus is being crucified, he looks out and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. And a lot of people interpret that as being like, they don't know I'm Jesus. But I think what he's really saying is they don't know what they're fucking doing, man. Period. Period. They're yeah. just on autopilot. They don't know what they're, they're not. They're, they're barely sentient they're yet. They're termites in the mound. Now, let's think about what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about 50-year-olds. Uh, He's trying to grab it. No, no, I didn't know if you were passing it. Pass yeah. it to him. Yeah. Give him some of that shit. Um, we were talking about 50-year-olds or 50-year-old uh, movies. You know, those old movies where men smacked women and yeah. grabbed them and, and how you're seeing these big changes in the way people behave. Yeah. Now, let's go 2,000 years ago. Let's 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 go way back before written things. Yes. Right. And let's go back before anybody knew how to write things down or read. And let's imagine. Like, what is that? 10,000 years ago? 15? What, about eight for writing, eight. rudimentary writing. It's all it's all insane. If you really think about the uh, amount of raw change that's happening in our life, 
just what's going on right now with this whole Me Too movement, the sexual harassment, sexual assault, yeah. uh, you know, outing of all these predators, all of this stuff. I'm good. Just put it. All this stuff that's happening now is just like accelerated um, evolution. It's right. like accelerated cultural compatibility, like accelerated understanding of, and it almost like a, a new, a new like version of equality. Because it used to be that like you could fuck your employee because your employee couldn't say anything. Right. Right. They couldn't do anything. Well, now they can. Now everybody can. And now other people find out about you, and now it becomes an issue. Yeah. It's all forced. And so now we're going to change the way we think about behaving now, and our standards are going to change. Because our standards have radically changed from 1,000 years ago, radically changed from 2,000 years ago, and radically changed from the 1950s. If you look at the 1950s, yeah. and we see it in uniquely so in the 1950s, is that we can see it in the form of mainstream media films you could read about it in books but seeing it visually in films right. is so shocking and stunning and you see yeah. just the way people interacted with each other and you just think about if someone from like 1950 tried to exist today it would be hilarious it yes. would be hilarious just watching them try to interact with everybody with phones and all this they, they literally would be like a, a person from a foreign world right yeah. that's going to be us a hundred years from now, a hundred years from now, this world will be indiscernible. It's going. To, the, the technology is like literally a Yellowstone about to blow up the that's entire it. country. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it. literally about to super volcano the whole world. Yes, and no one is prepared for the consequences. We just assume that the paradigms that exist today are going to remain, and that it's just going to get better. It'll be easier to text people. No, no, no. This this paradigm did not exist two thousand years ago. This we're all the world. World, the way we operate and communicate and even get around. How about the way we get around? How about this hard surface and these metal boxes yeah. with rubber tires that now fucking drive themselves? Yeah. I mean, we we're at the we're at we're in the middle of it, but we're also at the gate to like insanity. That's right. Like pure, absolute world changing insanity from DNA with CRISPR. They've just started injecting it into live people now. Some guy with some incurable disease allowed them to guinea pig on him. What if he gets fucking cured, right? What if people figure out a way to get smarter? What if they, they develop CRISPR telekinesis modules where they can insert them into your fucking head and you yeah. it works off your own body's electricity yes. and they never run bad and we all talk to each other through our minds and then in school they have to teach kids a new language a universal language sure. that's not not phonetically based so people stop talking so our heads grow big like aliens our mouths shriver up just like the aliens that's what the alien that's what that that archetype is that alien archetype is like what we know we're going to look like if we keep going we're all going to be like a merge of colors because that's like problematic. All that dick stuff, that shit just gets in the way, dude. Your, your dick yeah. stuff's now all in your brain. Sure. Well, I like this is what uh, McKenna talked about, how like, what do you say, octopus, like the like all the limbs, like the ability it has to communicate with body language is mm. so much more profound than us. It's like, yeah, not only are we not going to have this form. We're going to be able to decide any form we want. Any form. Any form. Anything you want to be. You want to be a fucking octopus? Yeah. Theoretically, you could be an octopus. If we get 
if we get to that point, if we get to that point, without also nuking ourselves, without nuking ourselves, or without like actual Yellowstone, or without right. like sending out, maybe we just haven't produced. You know, we're, we always are scanning the skies for radio signals, or that's what we used to do. But maybe we haven't even produced a signal that an advanced civilization would identify as being something that would come from a civilization. Right. And the moment we do it, the moment somebody at CERN or somebody at DARPA produces some kind of beam that emanates from the planet it just summons a just a fucking legion of like crafts that just want to enslave us you know (laughs) you know what i mean it's just like the first little like bloop and then they're ready harvest them the weirdest thoughts that i've ever had about interacting with other aliens or other life forms for another planet is not that it's a signal it's not that like you like but you can go to a place that you can transform like whatever your consciousness is into something that can travel to different dimensions and that these things exist in dimensional planes as much as they exist in physical locations so maybe it's got a physical location of a hundred billion light years away or whatever the fuck it is right yeah but it's also right here yeah like in that it's all tied in together like there's this really rudimentary crude physical distance space that we operate in on a daily basis because we're still as advanced as we are for earth we're still fairly low level in terms of the ability to spring forth an entire universe from something the size of the head of a pin which is what the big bang is right so some insanely complex webbing of just insane distance Plus potential life forms and different styles of, 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 of life that could exist on all these different planets. Hundreds of billions of known galaxies in the universe that's so big. Lawrence Krauss tried to explain to me the size of the universe, and he, he changed the way I looked at it. Because he said, it's not that we know for sure that the universe is 13.7 billion years old, but that's as far back as we can see with what we have now. Uh-huh. And he was saying that time that he was trying to make some distinction between the amount of time it would take to go back more than 13.7 billion years and that that time literally moves faster than that and that you it's you can't detect it after what we're not we're we're very limited in our ability to detect things after a certain space so he's not like necessarily the universe is only 13.7 billion years old it might be infinitely old it's like that's as far as we can see with yeah. our flashlight so yep. we assume that's all there is well that's what, well, they have to, they have to operate on what they can prove now right? right so this is what they're saying what we can prove now is that light is you know the light we're getting is 13.7 billion years old or the radio waves that indicate that there's some sort of an explosion but all of it is like super sketchy man they're all writing things down on little legal notepads they're all agreeing <laughs> with the math and looking yeah. at it and they're way fucking smarter than me so they're probably right about a lot of stuff but it's entirely possible that just we don't have the ability to detect how much further it actually goes back right it might never this whole faulty assumption of this initial beginning of the universe might be bullshit there might literally not have ever been a beginning because it has always been here right well in my area they've been saying uh, anatomically modern human beings have existed for 200,000 years that's what everybody including me writes in the books you know that's the accepted wisdom a couple months ago, they found remains in Morocco that seem to be about 300,000 years old that appear to be from anatomically modern humans. So it's like, oh, well, so when you say something goes back, well, you've had Graham Hancock on a lot, yeah. right? When you say something goes back a certain amount of time, often what you're saying is that's how far back we 
we found something yeah. or that we could detect it in the case of the space exploration. Insane. And here's what's really insane. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's go half a million. That's nothing. Yeah. It's a blink of an eye. Yeah. A half a million years ago, we were literally some kind of ape thing. Half a million well, years ago, right? Yeah. Well, when were we Australopithecus? Two million years ago? I, I, Australopithecus. You know, I stick with anatomically modern humans, mm. which is why that really jumps out at me. But, yeah, I'm not real clear on Australopithecus and Cro-Magnon. And, right. Uh, I know Neanderthals lived up to about 40,000 years ago yeah. and interbred with humans. How crazy is that one? Yeah. So that means there was some sort of like cultures, there was some sort of like villages and shit back then. Now stop and think how crazy that is. And we're, we're talking about like Mesopotamia or Sumer or Iraq. We're talking about these in, incredibly advanced for the time civilizations that are like the oldest known modern style civilizations yeah. they're only 6000 years old yeah i know it's crazy it's so crazy and the other it's thing so I, I actually had an idea for a book which the, the rate i write i'll never live to write it but uh, <laughs> the idea is to to look at the known unknowns in yeah. science, right? Because there are things that are, you elucidated an example earlier where it's like, look, that's how far we can detect. That doesn't yeah. mean that's how far it is. So we yeah. know we don't know that. There's a lot of arrogance in the assumption that we have all the data when it comes to the, the civilizations too, like it, how old yeah. they are. Like when you're, you're, when you're going into 6,000 years, you're not getting a lot of stuff. When you go 4,000 years before that, you're getting way less stuff. Mm. You go 4,000 years before that, you might not have any stuff left. Right. I mean, there might be like, some shards of metal that you can't explain, yeah. and you can't carbon date those anyway, right? And I think a rock you can't carbon date. You need like yeah. physical things that are like living, right? Like yeah. you need like wood or food. Oh, for carbon, yeah, carbon dating. Yeah. Is that how they're doing it still? No, I think there's a there's some other uh, isotope that they're using that they don't need the carbon, but the carbon is accepted, and the other one's quite new. It's pretty I, fucking crazy that yeah. we're so smart. Not us, obviously, but someone out there <laughs> is so smart they could take a piece of something and tell you roughly how yeah. old it is. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. And apparently, it gets a little screwy if in places where there's higher levels of carbon and there's like there's some weirdness to it, especially initially when it was first invented. But just the fact that it exists, that someone can say, "Oh, the, well, we found out that the dinosaurs died 65 million years ago." Yeah, and you're like, "What? How the fuck do you know that? <laughs> yeah. How the that fuck did you figure that out, me. man? Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. How the fuck did you figure that out?" <laughs> And, and meanwhile, probably a hundred years from now, they'll have something that'll tell you the day the asteroid hit. They'll, they'll show you like a model of the Yucatan before and after. Mm. You'll be able to watch it with the HTC Vive, put it over your head. You'll be able to literally watch uh, yeah. an accurate representation of that giant, what was it five miles wide? Yeah, the crater? Yeah, the yeah. one, the, the, the actual it asteroid itself oh, that killed I all the dinosaurs. Know. Yeah. I want to say it was five miles wide, but I might be making that up. Five, imagine a five mile wide city slamming into the earth going 45,000 miles an hour from space and you could watch it all take place yeah. in virtual reality. That's that, going to happen. You're going to be able to see it. You're going to be able to literally witness the people coming off the Mayflower and clubbing Native Americans and raping them and killing them. <laughs> You will be able to literally like see Westworld. Yeah. Have you seen Westworld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intense. But I mean, I think that they're going to be able to recreate things in 
is as computing power gets more and more power, the only real problem would be things that are like prehistorical in terms of like cultural things, maybe not like physical animal things, but as far as like things that people did or didn't do because they vary so much. Yeah, sure. It'd be so hard to pin down without real accurate like images and videos. And, but from like here on out, from here on mm. out, they're, they're going to be able to have recreations of things that happen that are going to be indistinguishable. They have images of all of sure. us. Everybody has a Facebook page. Everybody has a picture of you. All right. So the 300 billion, uh, whatever it'll be in 100 years, 320 million people that exist in this country right now. There's a, probably a picture of everybody. Yes. That, that was not the case 100 years ago, right? Yeah, sure. In the future, there's going to be some sort of a three-dimensional version of you that you use as an avatar in your 3D games, yeah. and that's going to look exactly like you, sure. and they're going to be able to make something that literally recreates moments in your life. Well, they're going to be able to like take your social thumbprint. They're going to be able to, theoretically, yeah. they could scan all your Instagram posts, your Facebook posts, all your tweets, even your podcasts, analyze your voice, get an idea of your personality, construct some kind of massive amount of data, feed it to an AI. AI, say create a personality based on this person here's their picture animate the picture yeah. and now you've cloned yourself and ai is like basically imbued all the data that exists in you has been used to imbue an image of you with your personality and now you are living in some kind of simulator which means that you're going to be able to anyone who has ever had their picture taken and has some kind of data out there to establish some kind of personality you're going to be able to use that to make uh, to simulate individuals that have lived in the past. And dude, it's going to get really interesting ethically because it's like, all right, let me fucking take like, I don't know, who's somebody out there with like a huge social, like, let me take Taylor Swift, right? I'm going to take her. I'm going to have my AI produce a mini Taylor Swift and I'm going to drop her into like a simulated reality filled with fire breathing scorpions to see what Taylor Swift would do if she was like running through some doom simulator yeah, yeah. and they're, they're going to have to come up with laws about this which right. is like you don't you can't duplicate you can't duplicate without permission. You well, know? We've talked about that on the podcast before with robots. We were like, what's going to stop you from making a replica of, say, Jennifer Lopez for yeah. a sex robot? It looks exactly like Jennifer Lopez. And is that a violation of her? You go over, you know, you go to the store and you could literally buy a Jennifer Lopez fuck doll. It looks yeah. indistinguishable. You take it home and you fuck Jennifer Lopez. Well, well more, like, more than likely, it's, it's going to be, you're going to have some kind of like, what you would have, I guess, would be some kind of generic-looking fuck doll, but you put AI goggles on or, or augmented reality goggles on, it projects whoever you want onto this thing. So it's like you don't have to, you don't even go buy a fuck doll based on a celebrity. You would just have some kind of like basically a, a screen in the form of an android that your augmented reality would project a person onto that. So it's like it kind being of, in love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the that's where it gets projecting your yeah, right. ideal person onto someone mm, else. That's where it gets really fucking weird. Is that's the other thing that you're, you you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to sit across from someone and project onto them anyone that you want, you know, <laughs> so that no longer. It's, oh my god. You know, you'll, you'll, you could be talking to Winston Winston Churchill yeah, instead of your girlfriend. Exactly. And then you and I could could co-project <laughs> something onto uh, Joe. 
Well, so we, right. it could be like a game we'd play together. Yeah. Well, especially if we all decided to live in virtual reality. If we spent most of our time alone in a room, but we felt like we were all hanging out together, and yeah. the feeling is indistinguishable than being in a physical location. Right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of that going on, man. Then you don't need a body anymore. We're going to get super close to the alien thing, man. We're going to engineer big giant heads, and we're all going to exist in there. There's going to be HTC vibes built. There's no more atmosphere. We're going to blow out the atmosphere, so we have built-in sunglasses. That's why the aliens have the big black eyes. Yeah. Those are like built-in Ray-Ban Wayfarers. That's yeah. what they are. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I think it's... I, I think Brought to you by Ray-Ban Wayfarers. Ray-Ban Wayfarers. They have skin that doesn't get cancer. It's bulletproof. They figured that out. Don't yeah. you think this is... Like, when you, when you smoke DMT, and I've never smoked DMT, and I never would do any illegal psychedelic, but let's say that I yeah, had recently... Let's say that I'd recently done it. At like I don't know Burning Man, where no one's doing drugs there anymore. But let's say that I'd done right. it there. But uh, <laughs> I and, like <laughs> people are so confused anymore. The anymore. point is, like, back in the old days, man, it was better. Like so, making up that I had had that, I had a crazy experience, man. Where uh, uh, I looked down after drinking this very strong mint tea, and I saw this. Uh, I saw this fucking. Uh, I don't know. It looked like a. It was a. Look kind of like a cow or something, but coming out of its, it had this long neck with like a technological lantern hanging off of it. Mm. And uh, I'm looking at that thing. And what's interesting about DMT is you look away and you look back. That fucking thing's still there, man. It's just right there. I'm like, what the fuck? Got sucked through this tube into this beautiful, beautiful domed structure. Oh man, it was so pretty and it was just it's spinning with potential. It's just pure potentiality. And I'm looking at this incredible thing. It's technology for sure. I mean, whatever this was, the the way my brain was interpreting it is like this is technology. Like I'm looking at some kind of super advanced simulator or some kind of machine that is like simulating realities and I'm looking at it it's like my god, it's just so much potential here, but I thought to myself I'm going to miss my friends if I have to hang out in this place. Because the interesting thing about DMT is that there's a sense of, oh, I've heard other people report this, a sense of incredible familiarity where you're yes. like, I have been here. In fact, this is home. Yeah. And then you realize the feeling of coming home is actually, this is, that is, is not even close to the feeling of being at home here. And I'm looking around at this and thinking, yeah, but my friends, my friends, what about all my friends? I'm gonna, I'm gonna in this space, I'm gonna miss them. And that thing, it doesn't talk to you, but it's like, might as well be a voice. It's like, oh, oh, you can always go back there. And then I open my eyes and I'm back at Burning Man, hanging out with my friends. And that's when I realized, oh fuck, I get reincarnation, man, I get it. This thing you're talking about, the simulator that mm-hmm. is going to happen. Sometimes, and after having taken psychedelics, you think, no, 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 it's already fucking happened. And this thing that we're in right now, our lives, the idea of reincarnation is you die and then you become a goat or something crazy like that, a larva, a slug. But what if it's that you die, you pop into that DMT realm, and you get to jump back into your life at any frame of your life that you want to. You can, you can actually repopulate your life or reincarnate your life at any moment. So you die, you become the universal super intelligence, and then you gaze back into what happened. 
And usually it's like in Buddhism, they say the cause of suffering is attachment, that, that what, what you're attached to that life, this thing you just were, this fucking interdimensional temporal worm that burrowed through time with every action that you took. And you're but like, I don't want to die. Yeah. Well, you're just you're like, I want to go back. Right. I want to go back to this moment right now. And I was podcasting with my pals, doing a shrimp parade. And then, boom, there you are. You're back, back in your life. So in any given moment, you could be reincarnating a million fucking times. You could just be like always coming back to any frame of your life that you want. And anyway, this is what came to me out there in the desert. And I was thinking, oh, I get it. It's not like you reincarnate into other life forms. You keep repeating your life, but it's not a circle. It's a spiral, hopefully, because each time you can improve a little bit more. You can improve a little bit more, make decisions that you normally wouldn't make, which is why like at any given moment, you know, the big moments that come when you're around somebody and you're about to say some shitty fucking thing to them, you know, your enemy, your whoever it may be, that moment where you're like about to do the fucking thing you always do. And you can feel it like you're you, you feel this gravitational pull to the habituation. And in that moment, you're like, you don't say the shitty thing. In that moment, you discipline yourself, you control yourself, you don't do the thing you've always done, whatever it is, and in that moment, your life spirals up a little bit, and now you're existing in like a completely new, new like essentially a new universe. A higher plane. What? You, you hit a higher plane. Yes, exactly. It, I mean, that's kind of, in a way, it replicates what you talk about sometimes on your social media, I see on your Instagram. Like taming the inner bitch. Yeah. Like the, you had a thing the other day. It was like, you know, I really did not want to do this today. You know, I yeah. got up, you know, after you did a show the night before or whatever. And you did it. And at the end of it, by doing that thing you didn't want to do. Yeah. Or not doing the thing you do want to do. Yeah. Conversely, you do move to a higher level. And you feel it, way better. You've, and, and that, so that thing you, that thing you, you, you Instagrammed. Um, which I think is a super cool thing that you do, because uh, I think it's like a lot of people need to like think, yeah, man, I could fucking anytime I want, I could just start jogging. But yeah, it's like, and you could, like, really, you could. You just start doing it. You don't even have to be good at it. You don't have to do anything. Could just make sure make sure you do it. If you just do that, everything changes for the better. And that seems so easy. It seems so ridiculous. But you need to hear people say it, and you need to hear someone say it who actually does it. Yes. Now, that, you know, Rupert Sheldrake, I think you might. Yeah, I've had him on. Oh, cool. Okay, so you know his idea of the runnel and the time-space, he calls it a runnel, basically. So that feeling when you're like, fuck, I'm not going to go running, you're not just feeling your own, like, you know, lack of ambition or laziness. You're literally feeling, now again, I don't believe this, it's just like a thought experiment or whatever, but you're literally feeling the gravitational pull of infinite lifetimes where in that moment you decided not to go running. You're actually feeling like the track that you've carved deep into the time-space continuum by every time that Mm. moment appears, you keep making. So when you actually do go, I'm going to go fucking running, you're kind of climbing out of this trench that you've dug into time over countless incarnations. And when you do that and you're out there running, you're like in a new dimension now. You're like, what the fuck? Mm. This is the dimension where I decided to go running. And then that that's why everything starts changing a little bit when you make these decisions big life changing moves yeah yeah those yeah. are good for you and for some people going out jogging can be a life changing move it doesn't yeah. have to be some spectacular thing it could be as simple as like taking a yoga class deciding you're going to take a yoga class twice a week or three times a week can change your life calling someone who you've said some shitty thing to because they're they did something wrong 
and, and being the bigger person and apologizing. Instead of holding that stupid grudge, right. calling them up and being like, hey, I'm sorry. I was fucking mad. I love you. You're great. Instead of like carrying on with this stupid, angry war. Carousel. Yeah, yeah. the carousel. Anytime you make decisions like that, things get fucking better so fast. And then like, I don't know if you've noticed that this, I've noticed like synchronicities start happening more. Like good luck starts happening more. Like interesting things start happening more. Yeah, I think you, we we res, we fight against ourselves sometimes accidentally. Like I mean, when I was young, when I was young, I would have an interaction with someone and then I would always imagine what they were gonna say when we talked again. And then I would imagine me talking shit to them. Yes. And then I would imagine them getting upset at me and having a delusional perspective. I would like play out this yeah. weird play in my mind. I'm like, yeah. And then what? When I was in my 20s, I started to realize how preposterous it was. It took me that long. And I realized, like, I'm wasting all this time. Um, and I didn't realize it was cra- I didn't realize other people did until I talked to my friend Brian once, and he was saying the same thing. I go, you have arguments with people that aren't there. He goes, all the fucking time. Yeah. All the fucking time. I have arguments yeah. in my head with people that weren't there. That's like sometimes you'll have a conversation with someone about something, and then you both immediately are like relieved and start laughing because yeah. you're both expecting the other person to be like super mad and come in like an asshole. Yes. But meanwhile, you both apologize, and then it just goes away, and then everybody feels way better. Way better. Way better. Yeah. Like, Conflict is stupid. What's not stupid is exercising out all the anxiety that your body possesses that it creates conflict in the first place. Whether it's exercising it through meditation or through taking a yoga class or doing something physical that just gives you uh, some relief of stress because right. you exert yourself. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Fucking going on a nice hike. You go on a nice hike, you get to see things and you feel better. Like you're walking, the blood starts pumping through your brain. You come up with great ideas when you hike. You know, it's like all these things are just little incremental steps that every one of us can take. And you do that and it changes everything. Then you be be nicer, nicer to people, that changes everything too. Right. And it helps you to be nicer if you have control of your physical body. That's it. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the question that we were talking about earlier is like, what the fuck do we do about the lunatics out there? Well, what you do, man, you, I mean, if you can, you start with the fucking lunatic that you're sitting in right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Start with that lunatic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, and then, and 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 that. I mean, that's that's exactly what Ramdas says: is uh, we work on ourselves so we can help the people next to us, and that's all you can do. Yeah. Because you can't do shit, man, to make another person. You're not really going to do much to the other people around you. They're going to do their own thing. They're going to decide. I mean, this is something I've been thinking. Fucking. Jesus, because a lot of people talk about miracles and stuff, especially like in, in the camps I hang out at with. Like <laughs> Duncan says, I've been thinking about fucking Jesus. <laughs> you shouldn't say okay, that, man. But, but here, no, I will. Freaking. That's a say di- freaking, no, man. That's a different thing. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Jesus. Yeah, I would totally do it. It's a different thing. I though. bet you've already done it. If you do DMT. I bet that's part of the experience. Making love probably, to the Christ. You're having intercourse with the Christ. It would be an honor. Through all pores. <laughs> it would be an honor. You but, go together like this. Uh, you just merge. You just merge. You just merge. Yeah. You're on but, your knees again at the video store. This but, guy, it's always dirty with him. But, it can never be just psychedelic love. It's erotic psychedelic love about <laughs> Jesus, Joe. It has to be on your knees choking on Christ come. <laughs> Why not? 
But the I, host. I would you the can host, guarantee you can guarantee that's going to be a, sim, a sex simulator for sure. Make oh, love to Christ for sure. So it's gonna for happen. sure. But and what, the Virgin Mary. Yeah, she was hot. These people they talk about miracles as hot a lot. As Denise. Guys, come on! I'm trying to talk about fucking miracles sorry, here. Sorry, sorry. So, so <laughs> I'm obsessed with this fake Denise gal we created. <laughs> Denise. No, these people they talk about miracles a bunch, and, and like you know, having seen some of these fucking gurus do crazy shit. Yeah. But they always say it doesn't matter. Like ultimately, these are just like fireworks, kind of. It's just like tricks. It's a firework. It doesn't because like the thing is like. You could sit in front of someone and, like, levitate bottles in front of them. Like, levitate a bunch of bottles, right. teleport across the room, come back, and then tell the person, you know, you're going to be a lot happier if you go jogging. Like, someone could do that to me, and tomorrow I'm going to wake up, and I'm like, yeah, he levitated bottles. He teleported across the room, and he told me I should go jogging. Like, uh, I'll probably go tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not going to go fucking jogging. I don't care that he teleported. I don't care that he levit. So, the, 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 you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. The, none of the, none of the, the point is like, if so, if a person who can levitate bottles probably isn't going to make you go jogging, then certainly you're not going to be able to talk to a person and be like, hey, you know, you're going to feel better if you do this. Right. You, all you can really do is look at yourself and be like, you know what? I'm gonna go fucking jogging. This is a really good point. What is what's your take on this in terms of like the miracles in the Bible? Like some of the weirder ones, like walking on water. Like what do you how do you, what do you think that's about? What do you think like the even though the interpretation of those is kind of suspect, right? Like what isn't the walking on water is a weird one because I think it has to do with translation and I think that it could be interpreted in other languages as walking by the water. Like walking near the water could be thought of as levitating and walking on water. It's all in the preposition, man. Yeah, it's so hard when you're going from ancient Hebrew and yeah, Aramaic and all sure. this different shit. But do you sure. think that this, what you're saying is like that someone would do tricks to get you to listen to them? Like you levitate things or walk on water yeah. or turn water into wine. Or like, read minds. Or Moses splits the sea. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like, you know, I used to have a bit about that. Where it was like, um, like there'd be like a hundred people standing behind him, going, "How long can he hold that? Like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, why did he split the oak? We have to walk across that? Yeah, Dude, that's gonna take days." And I'm like, yeah. "I'm like, how's he doing that magic? Tell that silly motherfucker to use his magic and make us a boat. <laughs> this is crazy. We're not walking. Yeah. It's a mile high of sea on yeah. one side, Trust a mile me. high of the other, and you're just walking through the middle, just fucking yeah. dead fish flopping around in the middle." Walls of water on either side. Yeah. Very humid. Yeah. Well, fuck that. Well, I mean, you're. that's all, yeah. you know, that's literal interpretations of something yeah. that's like way deeper than that. Probably that has a lot of deeper meanings. It's probably, yeah. a, you know, it's a, right. it's a myth. They're using these like encoded stories to try to get across something that's a lot bigger and that's... Um, isn't about really walking on water, maybe. No, but I think that these showing that the people that had all this knowledge also had magic tricks is very telling. Like the people that everybody would follow, they were they were able to do things. Yeah. Right. Like, how about the guy who uh, called upon uh, a she bear to kill these kids that were mocking him for being bald? That's a story in That's the Bible. That's in the Bible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a man. <laughs> I forget his name. Bear? See if you can find that story. <laughs> he called uh, upon a she-bear, and God <laughs> brought down a she-bear to smite these children <laughs> that were making fun of his balding. 
funny. Yeah. She bear and it. she ass. Yeah, yeah well, I think it was a, a female bear. They would they would they would call it a she bear back then. Mm-hmm. You know, t- today they would, I guess they would call it a sow, a sow bear. But that this bear killed the kids because they were making fun of him for being for being bald. Yeah, like what? Like, you know, there again, you have to listen yeah. to this guy. He's got magic. He's able to conjure up sure. beasts from the forest to kill mocking children. Yeah. They walk on water. They turn water into wine. Here, why did God kill 42 lads merely for saying Elisha was bald? <laughs> 42 lads. That yeah. makes it worse. Lad is such a friendly two. word. Well, let's know? read the verse. Then he went up from there to Bethel, and he was going up by the way. Young lads came out from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head! Go up, you bald head! To, when he looked behind him and saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. It doesn't say what he the said. The Lord's in all caps, too, by the way. Like, it's a fucking be. Twitter account. Then two, <laughs> then two female... Yeah, Lord! Lord! Then two female bears came out of the woods and tore up 42 lads of their number. I thought it was two. I didn't 42, know it was 42. Man. That's crazy. 42. It's a lot of lad. Uh, I didn't know it was two bears either. I thought it was one she-bear. Wait, what is it? So this is like actually exploring this. Why would God allow two bears to kill 42 young lads? And it's, and it's written by a guy named Matt Slick. Yes. Oh, so, God. I don't know. He's probably doing porn right now. And re- look what it says. Let's take a look. Bitch, you ain't taking a Let's look at nothing. Look. You're just guessing. Alicia was traveling from Jericho to Bethel when a group of young men verbally accosted him. Uh, 42 is a large number of people, and they were probably an organized group who had gone out to challenge Elisha. Their mockery implied a malicious intent, especially when the culture of the time insisted on showing respect to their elders. Furthermore, the statement, go up, you bald head, has cultural significance. First of all, go up, in parenthesis, is probably a reference to Elisha's predecessor, Elijah, ascending to heaven. In other words, they're stating that when Elisha gone, oh, they want Elisha gone. It's, oh, this is just so ridiculously. Yeah. And since Elijah had gone on to the next world, the implication is they wanted Elisha dead. Also, the epithet bald head was one of contempt in the East, in quotes, uh, applied to a person who, uh, a person even with a bushy head of hair. Lepers had to shave their heads. So such a statement could easily have been deliberate and malicious insult, something dangerous and a mo- Yeah. Well, yeah I- this is such a weird interpretation of what it is. Either way, you sent bears to kill people for mocking your fucking head. Because so you're saying it's okay if they were being disrespectful that God would just call some bears? Yeah. Like this is the weirdest sort of a justification yeah. for attack weird. by by wild beasts. That the, the creator yeah. of the universe is using a wild beast to attack because someone hurt with words. Yeah. Have you read the book of Job? Not since I was like it's a it's eight. a whopper, man. So it's the story of this guy Job, who's like prosperous. He's in love. He's married. He has three children and lots of animals and land. Everything's going great. And so up in heaven or in wherever they are, God and the devil are having a conversation. And God is saying, look at how great I am, how everyone loves me. And, you know, look at Job. He loves me. He worships all the time and all that. And the devil says, well, of course he does, because his life's so good. Take away his uh, sheep and see what he says. And God's like, all right. So he kills all Job's sheep. And Job goes to church and worships and no problem. And then the devil's like, yeah, but if you took away the, the cows and the, the land there, then you'd see. So God goes <laughs> and takes away the cows and the land. And it goes on and on until Job is totally 
destitute. All of his family is dead. He's sitting on an ash heap with boils all over his body. That's how far God was willing to go to prove a point to the devil. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but remember the part that he's... And he continued to love God. No, but the... the, 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 <laughs> the uh, there... That's a crazy story. But the, the part well, where... So, sorry, let me just oh, finish. Sorry, sorry. So, so, then what, so then God wins the bet, where he's oh. tortured this dude, and he gives back twice as much as everything uh, to Job to reward him. So now he has 400 sheep and da 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 and six children. And it's like, so it didn't matter who those children were that you killed and the wife. You just give them another wife and more children, you're better. Maybe had a little time machine, spun it all back. I mean, he did create yeah. the universe. He could do whatever the fuck do he wants. Do whatever the fuck he wants. But that is kind of like the part in Job that's cool. I mean, again, literally, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But it's not like... It's these, not supposed to be These literal. are stories that are meant to like encompass the human predicament. And like one of the cool things in there, isn't there this great line where Job is like questioning... Why he would Job is questioning him too or something? He said something. Oh like, yeah, yeah. They get into an argument, but, but his yeah. response is something like, "I created." Yeah, where were you when I created the heavens and the yeah, earth? Yeah, and and, and and that and and this is again, man, the the fucking tone in this de- this tribal desert religion is really harsh and patriarchal, but the message behind it is pretty. Similar to the Bhagavad Gita, which is this is a fucking battlefield where Krishna turns into. The universal form. This is the quote, Oppenheimer's quote. Yeah. Uh, Behold, I have become death. I am become death. The destroyer of worlds. And so it's a similar thing. Both of these are saying, listen, tiny little human thing, all caught up in your life, so fixated on everything about you. You exist within the infinite span of time. A big bang Go, we, something like we were saying, longer than 13.7 billion years. You tiny, tiny little thing. You exist in something so infinitely gigantic and beautiful. What do you think you control? What do you think you really control? You don't control shit. You don't control anything. So that's what they, they, really it's more of like when, when we experience inevitable catastrophe in our lives. And we're looking around and like, what the fuck, man? What, what the fuck's wrong with the universe? It's like, nothing's wrong with the universe. Nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with anything. In fact, everything's perfect. Just surrender to it. Even if you're sitting in the goddamn ash pile covered in boils, if you just let go and surrender and drop the bitterness, then you can, if nothing else, not suffer under the terrible weight of the resistance or feeling like a victim. That's, to me, what I get out of Job, you know, from the non-literal level. The literal level, right. it's like God's hanging out with Satan. Right. So they play poker and shit. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, he just drops by. Like, Satan sometimes just pops by wherever God lives. And they That's make ri- bets. They make bets. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And but people it, suffer for God's bet. Kind of yeah. like Fear Factor when you think about it. No, you got paid for Fear Factor. <laughs> <laughs> Fear Factor, if you win, you made $50,000 for the government. How far will you go? Job. So the government takes a piece out of someone winning naked and afraid or any of those shows. Government takes a piece. That's crazy. You're out there choking on bug dicks and <laughs> trying yeah. to make a, a banana hammock out of literal banana leaves for your dick. <laughs> Bite, I love that Fleas show. are biting you everywhere. It's so ridiculous. Those shows are so ridiculous. It's amazing. They haven't killed anybody. It is. How, how come no one's gotten bitten by spiders and died or some shit? 
Some people get super sick on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, they eat fucked up things. By the way, some of the this, this stuff, if you eat things and don't cook them, those parasites can stay with you forever. Now, this That's a, why I don't do sushi. Sushi's not bad if you get ocean sushi, but I've been told not to eat salmon. I've been really? told, yeah, someone said that freshwater salmon, God the problem it. is salmon is a, a freshwater fish as well. It's, they go, they migrate. They go to ocean and they, they go and they're susceptible to some parasites. Apparently that uh, tuna and uh, a lot of ocean born fish isn't susceptible to. Because I guess the parasites don't, they can just live way easier in fresh water, which makes sense, right? Uh, yeah, also the salmon stop eating and their metabolism changes once they get back to fresh water. Mm. And so essentially they're dying from that point right. on, you know. So when you see them upstream, they're they're like zombies. It's really gross. Sushi is a really nutty thing when you stop and think about it, right? Because yeah. here we are, we're we're like on these little land masses surrounded by blue. Like as soon as you get to the edge, you realize how much blue there is. You're like, "Holy shit, that's all water?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're just so accustomed to it. No big deal. It's just water." So, no, no, no. It's this thing's mostly water. Yeah. We're on the dirt spots of this thing that's mostly water. Yeah, what we do is we take these metal boxes and we float out there and we grab whatever's living, we scoop it up with nets and fucking bring it in. Bro, it's great. We serve it with a little bit of jalapeno <laughs> on the top and some ponzu sauce you're gonna love it and we're just extracting the fish out of the water yeah. every just pulling them out it's the only thing like it in terms of that fact that we're not dealing with farmed animals we're scooping up wild animals we don't allow that anymore in the united states like the united states you don't you used, to, you used to have market hunting for buffalo and for elk and for deer you're not allowed to do that anymore that's illegal now wild game is wild but not wild fish wild fish you can commercially farm you can commercially cultivate wow. and harvest you go out there with giant fucking nets and just scoop up wild creatures in the middle of the ocean because we don't have good regulations for the fucking ocean so yeah. we throw like, away 80% of what you bring up that yeah. you've killed oh yeah just throw it overboard uh, and yeah. we're just draining that thing we're draining and it's wild it's a wild thing if like we if anybody tried to propose that today with like uh, elk if someone said we're just gonna get nets and just run through the forest and gather up all the elk and then we're gonna sell it at the elk store you'd be like the fuck you are right. the right. fuck you are man those things are wild you and kill all the raccoons yeah. and squirrels oh, and yeah. all the other Everything shit. That else. You, so you're decimating the environment. And, and monkeys. They after, you know, they, they those uh, nets are super uh, work. They work really hard. You know, I mean, pulling through all that water. Yeah. Two or three trips, they cut them loose. They don't pull them back up to the boat and recycle what? them. They cut them loose. So oceans are full of drifting nets, oh, miles wide. No. Yeah, just going on and killing more and more shit until no. they finally sink. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because as you say, it's this kind of wilderness now where it's unregulated largely, and there's no way to look at it and see all that shit. You know. Holy shit. Yeah, it's you really just intense. freaked me out. Just thinking of the sheer numbers of nets drifting through the water and landing on the ground. I know that because a friend of mine was working with a guy who, let's see if I remember this correctly, it's in Chile, I think. Kyle, who's a, he's a surfer, goes around the world and does interesting research. And uh, 
he was in Chile, and there was a guy starting a company that was created a market for those nets to encourage the fishermen to bring them back, and then he recycled that that nylon because it's a pretty high quality nylon. So the whole idea is he's he's created a sustainable business selling these things made from the nylon that people know comes from the nylon. Wow, this is crazy, oh, man! Ghost fishing. Yeah, it's so they just go around. Oh man! I had a re- talking about sushi. I had a really traumatic experience with that in Alaska. That's, have I told you guys? Yeah. This no. So I, I met this dude on the ferry going up. Really cool guy, Ed from Oregon somewhere. He was camping next to me on the deck of the the ferry boat, and next to him was this really hot woman, Becca. And uh, Becca never changed her clothes in like three or four days on the ferry. Really sexy, but never changed her clothes. Never opened her backpack. She had this huge backpack. Finally, it turned out it was full of weed <laughs> that she was smuggling from Hawaii up to ah. Alaska. Yeah. Wow. So Ed sort of fell in love with her. We get to this town. We get off. I bet. Ed's like all into fishing. He's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's got it all, man. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he's super into fishing. His dream his whole life has been to go to Alaska and fish. Wow. He's got this super nice rod, carbon rod and all this stuff. And I don't know shit about fishing. But we, uh, we're in Petersburg, Alaska, and we go out. I walk out with him. I'm a vegetarian. But anyway, he casts, first cast, he catches the salmon, big-ass salmon, brings it in, you know, kills it with a rock and all that. And then another, he's super happy. It's his dream. Everything's wonderful. We go back to this campsite where we are, and there's like a, maybe 10 tents around in this campground and a central area with a fire and all that. And he's so happy because he's going to feed everybody he's got these three fish he's feeling great and he so he's you know puts uh, onions and shit inside yeah. and the foil and all that and everybody's uh, hanging out everybody's super happy he passes out the fish he's got his own the smaller one is for him everyone else is sharing the other two and i'm sitting up behind him looking over his shoulder and i see movement in this fish and I'm like, hi, and we've been drinking, and it's firelight, but I'm pretty sure I see movement. <laughs> and I look closer over his shoulder, and there are all these tiny little white worms at the center of the fish that hadn't been cooked out. And they're oh, all just moving God. like cilia, right? Oh, my God. So how many have you had a bite already? No, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, that's right. At that point, right? So I didn't need any. And... It's like the best night of his life. Oh, my God. And I'm, a, I got to tell him. Yes. Right? He's already eaten half the fish. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. So I, I say, Ed, man, Ed, stop. Look, look at this. And he sees it. And he's just like, oh, fuck. He goes from the top of the world to the bottom, grabs this bottle of tequila, drinks half this bottle of tequila. To you know, kill it? To try to kill what's in his stomach. Does that work? I don't know. It's, it's, what a great idea. Probably would work. That guy's thinking. Yeah. Maybe it's just a good excuse to get fucked up. Yeah. What happened? Stub my toe. Give me that tequila. Quick. <laughs> Got fired. Fuck. Give me that tequila. Quick. Whatever happens, Whatever go for happens. the tequila. I need a half a bottle of tequila. On the double. <laughs> well, Dude. tequila means cure all in Spanish. I mean, really? You know, 
Oh man, <laughs> got you. Got me too. Got me. Damn. Yeah, that's uh, the worms are fucking scary shit, man. That guy that yeah. uh, ref the the guy who escaped North Korea. Oh, see, they yeah. found enormous tapeworms in his body. Uh, they they said his body was like uh, I think they described it like a, as a toy that had been broken, like like it was just broken, like all over the place. Like legs are broken, bones are broken. Uh, his insides are filled with parasites. He got terrible shot nutrition. like four times yeah, or something. Yeah, he got shot four times. The whole thing is horrific, man. That poor fucking guy, man. That poor fucking guy. For a dude who's falling apart, he gets short, shot four times and he keeps running? Yeah. Uh, That's how bad he wanted to get free. I guess. You know? The video's amazing. Have you seen it? No, I haven't it's amazing. seen the video. It's amazing. The guy's just making this run for it, and they jump out of the car, and they're shooting him at like really close distance while he's running. I mean, I, I didn't realize that they were that close to him. They were on the ground, like 15, 20 feet away from him, shooting at him as he's running, as he jumped out of his car. You know what's crazy is that video of that fucking dude from North Korea in the airport getting that poison put on him. Have oh, you seen yeah. that? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, oh Kim Jong-un's brother. Yeah, Kim Jong-un's brother. There's a video of the assassination. You can yeah. watch it. It's wild. Jamie is on it. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty intense. And what was it, sarin? Is that what they put on him? I don't know what it was. Some nerve gas. And they they tricked someone to doing that for them, right? Wasn't that That's the story? That's the defense of the people who did it. They're but saying they didn't know, but right. apparently there was footage of them practicing it. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's him? Afterwards. That's him after getting zapped. But you can watch like a professional assassination okay, go down let's here. Let's see this. Yeah, right at the airport. <sighs> and apparently Crazy. he had the antidote in his baggage. Oh, Jesus Christ. But this is the thing with the, them having like ICBMs. like uh, VX. VX, that's 20 it. minutes after VX poisoning. Just how nutty. I mean, this is this is some old school shit that they do in the Soviet Union too, right? A bunch of people over there have been killed with poison. In, yeah, in London actually, the most so famous. There they are. Circle. They're right there. Just VX gas. I don't him. see it. What? I the girl it. like puts a like looks like a chloroform down. A rag over his face. Yeah. yeah, she just walks over and puts oh, a rag on his back. head. You see it one more time? I thought they were going to show another video. Right just, here. That watch. Just comes up behind him. Whoop. There it is. Oh, Breathing. whoa. That's all it takes to kill you? Yeah. That's fucking insane. And he's t saying, someone just put something on my face. Holy shit. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's not scary. Can't see that coming. So he's staying there, and she just walks right up and jacks him. Whoa. She was fast, too. That's intense, man. That's intense. So my buddy Ed got medevaced out of Petersburg. With the worms in his stomach? Intestinal bleeding. Jesus yeah. Christ, they were trying to burrow their way out. Yep. Eat his bones from the inside. Wait, this is your friend who drank the te so tequila doesn't work to get rid of worms. It didn't kill them all. He went to the doctor the next day in town, and the doctor was like, yeah, it's probably no big deal. Whatever, you'll be fine. Fuck you, doctor. And then I left and traveled all around Alaska and then went back home. And when I was home, I got a, a letter from him that he had been medevaced out and had been in the hospital, had four or five surgeries. How many other was people? was like fucked up. I don't know if he from lived. From a fish. You don't know if he lived. Yeah. How many other people got sick? Well, it'd be just good for him. the story if you just. Just him. The other fish were fine. Could you go and find out for the story? <laughs> so we know how we should feel. I don't like these open-ended uh, 
fucking uh, Ed was he lived no country for old men type endings. Ed lived happily ever after. Dude, I'm I'm glad to tell you. I want to say, have you guys seen that video of the cam girl who's like a worm shoots at her asshole? (laughs) Oh, Duncan, everyone's seen that. Uh, Have you seen that video? No, what are you talking about? Oh my god! How do you? Why would you think that we did? Jamie can pull. Everyone's seen it. No, if it's, it's like, not on Instagram, I haven't seen it. She squats down, and this like just the very tip of some kind of worm thing like pops out of her ass and mm, sucks back. Got, you know what I'm talking about, issues. Jamie? You've seen this? Maybe I dreamed it. I'm pretty How, sure you might. You might not. How interesting is it that there's two completely different social media platforms that we all use: Twitter and Instagram, and one of them allows straight up porn. Which one? Twitter. Twitter has uh, straight up porn. Oh, that's right. Like sometimes I, in your seen, feet, yeah, you see a chick yeah. just gagging on a fat dick or taking one right in the ass, right there, yeah. right in your feet. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What is that? But How come tw- like- Instagram won't even show nipples. It's Girls still, blend, it's blur crazy. their nipples out. Yeah, you got to put like little acorns. But it's on. what it's really interesting is because my eyesight's kind of going shitty anyway. So if a girl only mildly blurs her nipples, to me, it looks the same. So you're getting around. That's just, good. You're getting around, <laughs> playing the system. Bilking the system, bro. <laughs> playing the ankles. I mean, no, for real, though. How blurry does it have to be? This is right. the question. Like, would you see, like, a picture of my dick, right? If you have a picture of you, if you're yeah. sitting there and you wanted to go on Instagram, you with that Hawaiian shirt on, Chris, with your hog hanging out, and you want to take a picture, just slightly <laughs> pixelate your dick. Yeah. It'll be, like, really clear where the head of it is, where yeah. the balls are, where the shaft is, even the color of your dick. Would be very easy sure. to start, but it's not totally your dick because it's all pixely. Yeah. Right. Oh, there. Look. Oh. Okay. Wait. Oh. Show it from the beginning. This is all I found. Oh, look. Watch. Uh. Oh. Is a worm? No. It seems oh, like a worm. That's so. It seems gross. like she's got parasites internally. <sighs> yeah, the pixelation thing is one of the most. Thanks, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Mm-hmm. Hey, that it's nature. We're or talking about that might not be real. Nature. I mean, that wasn't the highest quality. That could have been like some CGI. Even more fucked up. Yeah. Someone CGIing worms into cam girls' assholes. Or, but if it was a worm coming out of her asshole, could you really suck it back in like that? I mean, it's a asshole. It's not lips. It's like. It sucked itself back in. Yeah, but you don't have a lung connected to your asshole. What? Like, how much are you sucking? How much power does she have to get that spaghetti back into no, her mouth? No, I think the, the worm thing itself the, pulled. The itself. worm pulled its head back in. It was like, whoa, another universe. I don't like it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking glass thing looking at me. <laughs> it's cold out here. Some pervert with a camera. What am I? Whip off? Fuck this. <laughs> I know, right? It's used to that steady 96 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, it's cozy. Wow. How weird, man, that we can get those. I had a dog once that had worms, and when she would go to the bathroom, uh, that's how I found it. I saw worms in her poop, yeah. and I saw worms like around her butthole, and I was like, oh, someone's got a problem. Yeah. And yep. they do that ass drag across yep. the carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, dogs, will, you know, they eat everything, man. You know, they'll eat anything they yes. find. Yeah. So they yes. eat a dead rat. They find a dead rat. They just start eating it and just... Yeah. They get all kinds of fucked up things inside their body. Oh, shit, man. Have you seen that documentary? Wait, who? God, damn it. I can't believe I can't remember his name. He's the guy who like only ate McDonald's for... Morgan Spurlock. Mor- Have you seen Morgan Spurlock's... Rats? Yes. Yes. Oh, my fuck. fucking God. When they, when they dissect the rat mm-hmm. and you see what's living in that thing... How about that bot fly that was in its neck? Uh, it's literally like if you had... Psh- 
a football growing out of your side of your neck. Mm. That's how big this bot fight larva was. It's called. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's called Rats. It's, it is fucked up. It is so good. It's really he good. He is so good. It's so good, man. But it is so dis- deeply disturbing. When yeah, the raw re- numbers that you get hit with, you're like, what? Wait a minute. Is that real? Like when you when you you hear there's as many rats in New York City as there are human beings, hmm. and you just go, wait, 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 wait a minute. Really? Yeah. yeah. There's the uh, whole. That's from the botfly larva uh, that they pulled out of that thing's body. Jesus. Yeah, and they said that there were so many of them that they tested that have, like, terminal illnesses in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just fucking everywhere, too, man. And in New York, they, they set this camera up while those garbage bags were being put out. And you see the rats just dart out of the sewer, and then they, they stuck cameras down the sewer holes to find them. And They learn what poison is, and they'll piss yeah. on it to yeah. warn, or they'll send in. Didn't, they, didn't he say they'll send in, like... Like beta rats uh-huh. to eat yeah. the poison. Yeah, they mm. send in beta rats and they get stuck in traps and they get they eat poison and they'll sit back and they'll watch and you can observe them do this. They literally, really? yeah, they literally send the dumber rats for. They're they're like all things that we we're talking about earlier. They're like a super organism. Rats, right. rats are all basically the same shape and size. They vary in like a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, but mostly the same thing. They look exactly the same, and they behave like the same. They do. They all do the same shit, and they all move into these. Cra- and they're they're happy to live where nothing else wants to live. Like, well, yeah. we'll take it. We're moving in, and they move in and breed in a way that's just unprecedented in terms of things that like mammals that live alongside humans. There's not a goddamn thing like rats. Like no other animals figured out how to do it like rats can. Right. Like they can do it in a way where there's as many of them as there are of us. Yeah. Just imagine that. They're smart. How oh, many cockroaches are there? Must be a Ooh. lot of cockroaches. Oh, yeah. in probably New more. York. Probably I would guess more than there are rats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure, because they're so you know, small. Small. Yeah. yeah, but those those are like particular things. It's really interesting because people don't like to. They always want to think that they never they never prejudge. <clears throat> they're not prejudiced, but we certainly are when it comes to rats and bugs. Butterflies are awesome. Butterfly yeah. lands on you, everybody's psyched. A roach walks in the room, everybody freaks out and wants to fucking stomp it. Get it, yeah. get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Mosquito yeah. comes in, everybody's oh. pissed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spider yeah. walks in, ah, some people freak out, some yeah. people want to help the spider. Right. Yeah, man, when you see any kind of rat, rats are no bueno, like to the core. You see that rat, and you're like, that ain't a squirrel. <laughs> you know, squirrels are cool. Squirrels are cool. But like squirrels, squirrels are just rats with bushy tails. They're Let's ba- face better it. PR. Yeah. <laughs> they have a better publicist. Well, they don't eat meat. That's the thing about squirrels. Squirrels uh-huh. are eating acorns and shit and nuts. Yeah. That, they're just a better animal. But they do eat meat sometimes. There's a fucked up thing about animals, especially if there's, you know, they're sick or they have some weird nutrition requirement. There's a video of a squirrel eating a mouse, and it, it's hard <laughs> to watch, man. Uh, this squirrel is uh, holding on to this mouse, mouse with its hands uh, and just chewing into it, a fucking squirrel. Uh, and you're like, whoa, really? This is a I real thing? I trusted you. <laughs> Yeah, you're a fucking squirrel, man. Yeah. You're supposed to be super cool. I could feed you. Like, you could, like, there it is. Look at it. Oh, oh you guys, what are you doing to me here with but these fucking videos? First of all, it's Joe. Look at it. You started it with the worm in the asshole, and it's been not, downhill from there. Look how excited he is oh, eating this. Jesus, oh, yum, I can't. Yum, 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 I really yum, yum, can't yum, yum, look yum. at that. It's insane because he doesn't have any problem eating that rat. He seems to be watching a movie. It's like he's watching Game of Thrones. He's like enjoying something. Some great and show. Yeah. How quick he's devouring it. Quick. I mean, that uh. thing is like, it's like you holding on to a ham. 
It's like right? a five-year-old like full with ham. an ice cream cone. Yeah. Look at that guy. He's just biting into it. He's oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Delicious. The best big part chunks of the fucking of rack. Oh, look at it. It's almost gone. Jesus. No, it dropped a big chunk of oh, it. Oh, he dropped some. Look at these giant chunks of guts it's consuming. He was hungry. <laughs> this is amazing, man. Uh, it's what's too, he doing Too bad now? the audio-only audience isn't it. seeing this. He's burying what's left of it. Oh, you Trust know what, me, man? Don't. This is don't a ground squirrel. This is a different kind of squirrel. That might be why. Ground mm. squirrels are a totally different kind of squirrel. Ground squirrels are actually a real problem on ranches because I've they make holes. Yeah. yeah. They estimate Tohon Ranch is 270,000 acres. And someone there told me, and I, I didn't check if this is true, but just listen if it is, told me that the biomass of these ground squirrels is bigger than anything else on the ranch. Because these tiny little things, there's so fucking many of them that all the deer, all the bear, all the mountain lions, all the wild pigs, all the cattle that roam around there, all the elk, everything, every other bird, ground nesting birds, turkeys, everything. The biomass of those fucking ground squirrels was greater than all of it. And he's like, I just want you to think about that for a second. And I was like, what? And he's like, we got a real problem with these things. He goes, you can't kill them. And they, they leave holes, and then the cattle step in those holes and break their ankles. You can't kill them because they're just too <laughs> wily? Where are you going to find them? Yeah. You're going to sit right. out there with a, a pistol, and you're going to shoot well, a few. About, like poison or something? But this is what he said. He said he shot one of them, and when he shot it, another one grabbed it and dragged it into the hole. Ah! Wow, that's ah. so sad. To eat it. Dude. He's oh, probably eat eating it? it. Yeah. Oh, he's not like Daryl. Oh my God, Daryl! Find out if ground nesting squirrels eat meat. If ground nesting squirrels are omnivores, I wonder if they have a, just a totally different diet because the, they have those gross tails too. They have almost rat-like yeah, tails. They're yeah, gross little things. They are. You don't feel good when you're around them. That's why we need more snakes. Yeah, we don't need more snakes. We don't need more snakes. You know, snakes Snakes are one of the only things that all babies are afraid of instinctively. Mm. Yeah, You man. show an infant the, the Im an image of a snake and they'll just freak. Well, that's because in the Garden of Eden, a snake is what made Eve eat the tree of the Back knowledge of good and evil. Jesus true. Talking, He's yeah. right, though. Well, that's true. It was the snake's fault. Eve's a good chick. Most neotropic <laughs> ground squirrels are omnivorous. There you go. There you go. There you go. So they're eating meat. Ground squirrels. Insects, caterpillars, crookets. Mice. Toads, obviously, frogs, And maybe eggs. each other. Oh, they get in there and eat the eggs right out Ooh, of the nest. Yeah, ground nesting birds. Chicks of ducks. Yeah, eggs and chicks of ducks song and songbirds. Mice. Jeez. Smaller ground squirrels. Oh, yeah, so squirrels, ground squirrels are just little monsters. Yeah. That's, that's why we feel bad about them. They're, they're little evil little meat eaters. So, so what kept the uh, coyotes, I guess, probably get some. Yeah, but the problem is they dig into holes, and the coyotes have a hard time catching them, too. They're, yeah. They just dart to that fucking hole so quick. Yeah. I don't think it's an effective method. I don't think they have a lot of effective methods of eradicating them other than, like, poison and shit, if I had to guess. What yeah. about those rat terriers in the Spurlock show? Remember oh that? Oh, my God. It was amazing. You know, they actually hunt rats. Yeah. Have you seen They're this before? I haven't seen the film, no. Oh. Dude, they tear these rats apart. It's crazy. Uh, they live for it. Yeah. It's like they live for it. They are in their glory. When they let them loose, <laughs> yes. these terriers go crazy. That's like Jack Russell terriers. Yeah. and That's why those little fuckers are so hyper, because they're rat killers. It's like, it's, it's fucking Dawn of the Dead. It's like watching zombies <laughs> rip is. them apart. It is. Look, Look at, at them. They grab they, and shake they're them. They're so happy right now. This is the greatest thing that happens to these dogs is hunting fucking Look at that. He yeah. got one. Oh, Look at oh, that. Oh, oh. 
Yeah, look at the, the the fucking rat trying to get away, and they're just shaking it. Whoa, that is amazing. Yeah, I guess the guys are helping them there. They're digging them up. Yeah, that's the idea. God damn. Look at that kid. The, kid's like, oh, the so laughter fun. of children as you're watching your mother get ripped apart by monsters. <laughs> How crazy is it they're in the dirt here? Yeah. And that these, these guys are digging them out of the holes. Yeah. And as they dig them out of the holes, the rats explode, and the dogs know. They go to look for it. Yeah. Look how they're wagging their tails. They're so happy, dude. Yeah. That's so nuts. It's great. You can almost engineer any animal. Oh, there's one. Got it. Got uh, it. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Look how fast his head's moving. Uh, yeah. And then what do they do? They're not eating them. Oh, yeah. They tear like. them apart. They were tearing them apart. They eat them. They were eating them. But it seems they're like they're just, like, killing them. Well, they probably eat so much they're stuffed. Now they're just... Uh, I'm sure they eat some of it though, I and mean, that's a whole thing. I don't know. About... That last one looked like he was bringing it over. Like maybe they're trained to like get put them in a bag or something. That would be clutch. Maybe. Yeah, like, yeah you got to like, do something uh, with the bodies. Uh, golden retrievers and stuff, right? right? They don't yeah. eat the ducks, right? Why yeah. do you? Why? Why are you so fascinated with this part of nature? Like sometimes I got to be careful with your feeds, man, because it's like, because <laughs> I know, man, if you like, if like you, I don't look at it, but you, inevitably, if you tweet, nature's, what do you say, nature's a bitch? Uh, no, he says nature's a. What do you say? What's the thing you say? Nature, it depends. A, a scary bitch. As something like that. If I see that, I'm not nature, watching. Nature, you the, scary bitch. Yeah, it's going to be awful. Yeah. It's good, but why do or you? Amazing. Why do you? Yeah. Why are you so interested in that aspect of nature? Well, it's super extreme. Right? I mean, there's an extreme event happening here. One life form is exploding on an another life form, and it seems like it's, it's designed to do that. When you see a, a jaguar kill a caiman and grab it in the back of its neck and bite into a fucking crocodile and drag it in between its legs up the beach to eat it, you're seeing one of the most extreme things that exists in the world. You're seeing a life form consuming another life form with its yeah. face, killing it, right. like eliminating it from this dimension with its teeth and a very specific part of its body. And it seems like it's designed to do that. Yeah. And that's the only way you keep these populations in control. The populations have a built-in system. And we want to look at it through the guise of our civilization and through what we've accepted. This is a pet and this is uh, an animal that you eat and you never eat your pet. And we have all these weird little sort of distinctions and cultural ideas that we've uh, attached to animal life. But you watch them in their world, their world is fucking, it's unbelievably ruthless. Unbelievably ruthless. Like, the, the, our ideas of animals have become so strange because we keep some of them. Right. We keep them around us and we feed them so they're like really sweet to us. But there's not a fucking animal in all of nature that is, that is sweet with the other animals around it. Like there just, are many animals that are sweet with the other animals around them. All herd animals, for example. No, that's not what I mean. All social. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, jaguars and antelopes aren't buddies. Well, when the jaguar's eaten, he can walk right through the middle of the herd, and they won't even run away because they know he's not hungry. Oh, but that's so that crazy to think that's like if a murderer only kills one of your buddies and eats them. You'll be cool just wandering around that guy. <laughs> yeah, but my they're not murderers. They're eating. They that's, are eating. But know, my point is different. their interactions are incredibly ruthless when they the happen. But see, I, this is something I, I write about in this, this book I'm working on still, which is the, the, the lack of um, 
proportionality in this argument because what you're this nature is ruthless red in tooth and claw thing yeah so that's been very popular for a long time but the fact but it's is, real well it's real when it's real right but it's also real that we die in agony yeah and, and often our agony is extended by medicine to last much longer than that mouse that just got eaten by right, the but squirrel I'm not, I'm not fascinated by death no no I'm fascinated no but, by these interactions yeah but what i'm saying is that the the conclusion to draw from those interactions that therefore nature is this battlefield misrepresents what actually happens in nature. When predation happens, it can be nasty, of course. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not looking at the entire nature as a whole and making this distinction. This is the only thing interesting about nature. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just not saying, saying that. When, when I, just, just the depiction of nature as being ruthless. Well, it is in that moment. That yeah. is nature, and it is in that moment. And, and that right. moment exists. The only reason why these predators can exist is because they have to be killing things all over the world. I mean, every place where there's a wolf, it means the wolf is alive because it's eating things, which means it's killing things all day long. I mean, that's not uh, that's not not an inaccurate depiction. The thing is, there's so many things. There's so many elk exactly. and so many wolves. Most of the time, the elk aren't getting killed by wolves. Exactly. But those wolves are killing an elk almost every day. Sure. So it's just a matter how you look at it. Right. But you, so it's you, just as correct to say sort of diminishing the, the the ruthless aspect of it because you're looking at the overall picture of it. But, right? I, but I'm not diminishing it. What I'm saying is that that's one perspective on it. Right. And actually, in terms of proportion, it's a minor perspective on it. For example, I was watching this nature thing and there were these seals playing in the waves. And then the do-do-do-do-do-do-do starts and this great white comes up and hits one of the seals and they slow it down to 140th uh, natural speed. You so, mean an orca, right? Well, I think it was a great white. It, okay. might, it may have been an orca. It's same, same thing. And this, the seal lands in its mouth, and you see it crunching the seal and the blood running down. And the narration is, nature is ruthless, and there's the never-ending struggle for survival, and yada, 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 yeah. right? And so I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, how long do harbor seals live? So I look it up online. Harbor seals live about 25 to 30 years. I've seen a lot of seals lying around on rocks having a good time, not stressed <laughs> out. I don't see a lot of high-stress seals. And so I think it's like... Okay, this seal, let's say you live 25 years. It's hanging out, eating sushi, having a good time, then boom, it's dead so quickly that we have to slow this down to 140th of normal speed so you can enjoy this death porn. Right. That's a tiny sliver of that seal's existence. And we're depicting nature as this incredibly ruthless, horrible, bloody place. That's just inaccurate. Well, it's not in that moment. Not in that moment. But you can't ignore that moment. No, of course that, not. And that moment is the reason, but that moment is the reason why the seals population is controlled. The moment is the reason why the shark can win. Oh yeah, it, is, it all has to be there. I agree with you, but I disagree with you. I, I agree with you. I see you're saying that there's way more going on than just this tooth fang claw. I don't, I'm not looking at it from a moral perspective. I'm looking at it from a, like a chaotic perspective. I'm like, it is fascinating. These two, these schools of tuna that we, we scoop up with nets, they're out there jacking little fish. That's why they're in schools. Right. They, they operate more efficiently that way. And they're ch chasing down sardines and fucking them up. And that's oftentimes how you catch fish. When I was in, when in, I was uh, tuna fishing in Mexico, we're t catching amberjack or skipjack, I forget, but you would find these 
schools of bait fish like going crazy on the surface of the water because the tuna were all ganging up on them wow. and jacking them. And then you got the, the pelicans yeah. on top attacking Amazing. from the top. Amazing. So you see yeah. the birds, and then you would see the, the frothing of the water, and then these fish would just bah, they would go crazy and fuck up these little bait fish. And you would literally just cast into this football field size swirling in the ocean, and these fish would just bite it, and you would just catch them yeah. like, almost instantly. So that that is not the whole ocean all the time, but yeah. that's still real. Like, of course I, it's I'm, real. I'm I, not denying the reality. I'm talking proportion. I agree. But the thing that I find the most fascinating, for whatever fucked up reason, is when the water the water buffalo comes at the lion and the lion ducks under the water buffalo yeah. and grabs it by its neck and rolls it over the <laughs> yeah, ground yeah, yeah. and crushes its neck. I just I am fascinated by the idea that all moral judgments aside, nature has somehow engineered a jaguar and a caiman. Yeah. And then this jaguar looked at that caiman and was like, I don't know how to figure out how to put that in me. <laughs> yeah. And he snuck up, swam in the water, snuck up on a goddamn crocodile, yeah. jumped on its back, it's bit its neck. Footage. There's a lot of cool shit. I like watching jaguars just roll. I like watching jaguars when they get a hold of psychedelic plants. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> Yo, I don't think you ever so. Seen that? No. There's, a, there's a, a type of vine that's rich in DMT that jaguars will chew on. And then they literally just lie on their back and they're just staring yeah. out in the space tripping balls. It's like catnip for jaguars yeah, or something. Yeah, it is. Oh. But if they think it's psychedelic. They think that might be when you have all these jaguar dreams when people take ayahuasca. Yeah. It might be that the jaguar is interfacing with the same dimension that you are. Wow. So that's the reason why I mean, because we know that these jaguars do take these psychedelic plants and we know that these psychedelic plants when they were first discovered, they were trying to call um, the, harmine is uh, the, the uh, the chemical, but they were trying to call it telepathine because uh, they didn't yeah. know it was the same as harmine. They had to run tests on it and find out that there was it was already an established molecule. There was an already established uh, compound. So the reason why they called it telepathine was because people were experiencing group states of consciousness while they were taking this stuff. Uh -huh. So they're thinking that these people that do ayahuasca and have these trips with jaguars, they literally might be interacting with jaguars wow. who are also tripping. Cool. Like, see, this thing is just eating these leaves and lying down on its back, clearly in an altered state. Just rolling around on its back with its paws up in the air, staring at things that aren't there. Yeah, I mean, you know what it's staring thing. at? It's like in Brooklyn right now with a bunch of fucking people on ayahuasca and just like hanging out, hanging out in some loft in Brooklyn with some fucking glass blowers, a couple of accountants. Look at its eyes dilate, its mind's going back and forth. That is so fucking wild. I'm going to Peru in a couple of weeks. Are you going to get down with the funky... Funky medicine, plant uh, medicine? Yeah, yeah, if the right situation presents itself. That's the thing, right? The problem, the people that say plant medicine, they all make you go, mm. <laughs> The oh, people yeah. that are, like, really into, like, the, the plant medicine, you're like, okay, yeah, okay. Like, you might be cool if you use those terms all the time, or you might be one of those fucking weirdos. You know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of people right. that are into the psychedelic world that they, you know, they would have been into the Moonies if the Moonies found them. Right. There are di lots of different plants that they use, though. It's not just ayahuasca. So yeah. if you just use it as a general term, there's San Pedro and all these other... Oh, no, other... I'm fully aware. It's just the people love saying it. Yeah. yeah. They love saying plant also, medicine. Also, legally, like... 
I mean, legally, it's probably better to use the term plant medicine. It is. That it's can just so pretentious. That aren't going to get you stopped at any borders. Yeah, it, I, I think it's pretentious. Like, I get it. Yeah. I understand why you're calling it a plant medicine. But, like, when I'm getting stoned, <laughs> I'm not thinking, let me take my medicine. I'm thinking, let me get, I want to get fucking high, man. I want to, I want to like get high, play with my synthesizers. When I'm like, when I'm taking Robitussin, I'm thinking I'm taking medicine right now. It tastes like shit. It's going to make me fall asleep. I just, honestly, the reason I don't like the term plant medicine is because I think it, and forgive me out there, you guys, (laughs) but I feel like it in a, some small way diminishes all the other reasons I want to take this fucking plant. Like right. when I'm when I'm like, you know, and this is such a, a degraded thing to say. So I'm sorry. But remember when you used to be sponsored by Fleshlights? Yes. And you fucked a Fleshlight, right? Yes. And it made you come. But you weren't thinking, as you're fucking the Fleshlight for the, the pure hedonic joy of like experiencing an orgasm with this weird, dumb tube. thing, this tube, you're not thinking to yourself, I'm giving myself medicine now. You're thinking, right. I want to, this is euphor- euphor- I want to come. Yeah. The same way like with some of these <laughs> substances. That's hedonism. I'm never getting high with you again, man. It's You're hedon- scaring me. It's hedon- <laughs> high the fucking house plants. It's just, Jesus. I, it's just not. I, sometimes it's a plant medicine. Sometimes it's so a So why do you light. get high? Are you saying that sometimes you get high just because it feels good to be high? Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what I'm well, saying. Well, that's why God made nitrous oxide. J- Duncan, didn't you get your um, pot license with me from a black guy with dreadlocks who was a doctor who was calling it the medicine? Wasn't it? Didn't you and I go to that place? I don't remember, Sounds Joe. Like I'm pretty Maybe. sure. Uh, this was in the early days when it was like sketchy. It was sketchy. Right. Like grow ops were sketchy. You didn't want people to know where your grow op was. It wasn't legal across the board. You had to get a, a doctor's recommendation. Yes. I remember we walked into the doctor's office. Tell me if you remember this. It was this cool black guy with dreadlocks, and he had one of those volcano vapor bags, but it was extra long. He made an extra long bag, like a normal volcano ba- vapor bag like that big. He had one that was like three feet. It was, it was cartoonish. And as soon as he saw it, it was like, y'all look sick. <laughs> y'all look sick. Y'all need medicine. Come on in. Y'all need medicine. That's hilarious. And he was baked out of his fucking mind. He was a legitimate doctor, uh, and he had nice. full-on dreadlocks. No, that wasn't me. I wasn't with you. I would not Damn forget it. that. That was not me. But, you know, again, it is healing. I think it is a medicine, and it can be obviously it's a medicine. It is a medicine. It heals people for sure. Yeah. I just think it's not just a medicine. I think it's much more than that. Maybe we just don't have the language to describe what it is necessarily yet. But people aren't, getting, aren't taking ayahuasca gonna feel good it's not like a, a recreational drug oh yeah you know what I, I agree with you there but I think that a lot of people are not necessarily taking ayahuasca uh, because they are uh, they, they want something more out of their life they want it they were they want some uh, novelty they want a heightened experience many people are taking ayahuasca because they're chronically fucking depressed and they're desperate and they need help and the people who are administering it that are legitimate they they're like dog they're like doctors the, the, their understanding of these plants is is astounding and deep and I get all that and and I, I and I'm and I'm so I'm certainly not a, opposed to that concept. I'm just saying, the term plant medicine itself, it feels like somehow it's less romantic than I picture psychedelics. To me, psychedelics are a combination, a hedonic tool, a portal, a means of communion, a spiritual practice, um, and also a medicine. But there are all those other things too. I just I think it's more than a medicine. That's all. It's something 
bigger than medicine. Though all those things I just mentioned, you could call a medicine. It's just yeah. going to reduce Maybe the Maybe there's fun. an expansion of healing, too, that goes beyond the physical and into the psychological and emotional yeah. and spiritual, you know, which makes me sound like a hippie. But I, I, I just got schooled. I was using the term uh, hallucinogens reflexively. And I had Jim Fadiman on my podcast, who's the microdosing guru. And he very quickly said, you know, that that's got a lot of baggage because you don't actually hallucinate, you know, right. and it's like, well, you're right. Psychedelics is, is definitely a better, better word term. for it. It's a better term. But what is happening when you're closing your eyes when you are doing DMT? I think it's, it's, it's entirely likely that we don't know and that you, you might be actually interfacing with some other place, but you're seeing things that seem like they must be hallucinations. Yeah. It seems like something is interacting with your visual perception abilities where your, your eyes are seeing things that are impossible. Now, is that because you're actually there and you actually are experiencing these impossible things? Or is it a trick that's happening with chemicals in your eyeballs and your brain and neurochemistry? And that's... That's a question to be answered by people far smarter than us. And what is the difference between those two things? Yeah. To what extent is your experience yeah. your reality? Yeah, that's the real question, right? We want to think that if you can't weigh something on a scale, if I can't bang on it with a hammer, if I can't draw on it with a marker, then it's not a real thing. Right. 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 But, but if you, I, I've always said this, like if you had an experience with God where you literally were transported into heaven and you had a communication with God and then God gave you love and wisdom and then you came back down to earth into your body. And you, this actually did happen, or you took a drug, and the exact same experience took place in every way, shape, and form. The exact amount of time, the exact feeling, the exact message, the exact visuals, the exact re-examining of your life when you return. They're basically the same thing. I mean, if unless you could get God in one of them tuna nets and bring him back here so I could prove <laughs> that you had God and that you weren't just tripping your fucking balls off, you're basically telling me a story, bro. He's you know? going to be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 th I don't know. I'm sure that there's like a lot of scientific materialists hearing that and they're like, they're, they're, they're assholes. Yeah, they're like they're squeezing assholes. into their body just in horror what you're saying because it's like, they're, they're like, well, the difference is like when you have a dream and you have this incredible dream where a unicorn comes out of the, a clearing in the forest and like a rainbow shoots out of its horn and then it turns into a, a swarm of fireflies that spell I love you. Well, that's like, you know, that's a really cool uh, dream. Right, right. But that's not real. That yeah. didn't happen. And it's completely different than if you went into a clearing uh, and, and saw a fucking unicorn. Because right. if you can go in a clearing and see a fucking unicorn... Tell me where the clearing is. Let's get some nets. Well, isn't that the thing, too, about... Well, here's the thing about mushrooms, right? Mushrooms... Enough. stop and think about the people that wrote the Bible. Stop and think about the people that have discovered mushrooms yeah. a long time ago by trial and error or whatever the method was. And imagine everybody deciding to get together in some field somewhere. And you all take these mushrooms and you all literally go to heaven. And you have this insane experience and then you all come back. And yeah. then you have to write about it in your ancient tongue. You have to write this down in uh, Aramaic on animal skins. And yeah. You roll these up and put them in clay jars in the caves of Qumran so that someone someday will know this yeah. and understand what you've been through. Well, when the drought came, the, the mushrooms went away and we were left with nothing but stories. I mean, yeah. it's a repeat. The craziest thing about psychedelics, especially the natural ones that don't kill anybody, is that somehow or another somebody wound up 
bribing enough people and, and, and putting enough disinformation out that one of the most valuable things ever in, for human exploration, ever, as far as like the exploration of our mind, is illegal. The one, one of the most right. valuable things that's ever existed for changing the way you view the world, giving you a reset, the one, the, and doesn't kill anybody, it's illegal. It's illegal in societies that are oriented in a way that that would be corrosive. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's why getting well, back to... Legal? Well, it's legal in Peru and and they just decriminalized uh, LSD and what is it Sweden? Where do they do? I think it was well, Sweden. Portugal. Everything's legal. Yeah, yeah Portugal's I, got uh, it nailed. I yeah. think in Sweden they made a, a misdemeanor to. I can't remember. So it's like so, somewhere recently they just made it a misdemeanor to have to get caught with acid. You know, mushrooms are on the books for the 2018 elections for uh, California. Yes. Really. we have to organize. Like this is something we really should really should go after. Yes. Like, if you want to talk, I mean, people, oh, God, that's what you guys going to go after? Mushrooms? No, you really could change the world. And this is not bullshit. If we organized and we got a bunch of people to vote yes on recreational use of mushrooms for adults, I literally think we could change the world. That would be the best. It could change the world because like medical marijuana, it will spread to recreational marijuana. If recreational mushrooms get passed, and if they do medical mushrooms get passed, then they can start doing tests on mushrooms, yes. like the John Hopkins psilocybin studies that they've yes. done. You would see literally a change in the world. You would see a shift yeah. in global consciousness. And that's not, that's not a, a ridiculous thing to say. No. You, right? No. You know it's probably true. Well, that's For why sure. Tim Scully uh, and his partner made all that orange sunshine acid. They weren't. I had him on my podcast. He's such a sweet guy. Uh, not interested in money. He could have made tons of money doing other things. He was this child genius. Uh, and he just made the acid and went to prison for it because he wanted to change the world. He really thought it would do it. You know, I've been talking to through email. Who? William Leonard Picard, that dude who got busted with all that acid, who's in jail now for like uh, multiple life sentences. Like when they busted him, he's the guy who was like the missile silo. That, oh, yeah. It, that was the guy that had like the girl that lived with him and yes. they were selling ecstasy yes. and someone tried to kill somebody or something. Yeah, it's a crazy so story. There's like some, someone got, the other guy got arrested, yes, right? That's the girl it. rad the guy out. Yep. And Holy he, shit. He, he, there's a great book he wrote. If you mm. want to read a really trippy book, he wrote this book called? called The Rose of Paraclesis. And it's this really cool book, and uh, it's kind of like it's very intense to read, and the way it's written is really nuts. But um, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's talking about sort of the life of a. Uh, it's it, the setup is a guy is going to talk to an LSD chemist, and uh, who is sort of explaining what it's like to have to be as secret as you have to be if you're manufacturing what he calls planetary doses of LSD, which is what planetary they want, planetary doses. doses. And that's what they wanted to do. That was the idea is like, let's manufacture planetary doses of this substance to upshift the consciousness of the planet. And one of the things he says, it's all very flowery and beautiful, but he's talking about the LSD chemist and people being like, this is a for-profit thing. And he's saying, no, you know, for us, money is, is just the ability to move around because when you're an LSD chemist, and again, it's all very flowery writing, but he says something along the lines of 
when you're standing next to the forge of the gods, you stop thinking about money as meaning anything because you're breathing in the fumes. You're you're like Jesus constantly in Christ. contact with this like mind expanding substance. And good luck when you're mid, you know, 200 microgram trip. Good luck taking money seriously in that moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, fucking, what is yeah. this fucking shit, man? Yeah. This stuff's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? So, so, um, yeah, man, there was, there still is, I hope. I, I don't know if there is, but there are people who are manufacturing psychedelics and putting their entire lives at risk, not because they want to make money. And it could be maybe they started off wanting to make money, but now they, they, they're manufacturing it because they know of all the ways to shift human consciousness. There's lots of ways theoretically to do it, you know? Can you imagine being the person who's responsible for literally like a swimming pool filled with acid that you know will change the world? Like, you know, like right in front yeah. of you if you could get this there would be such a hiccup and shift of culture yeah. i mean i don't know which way it would go i don't know what would happen i don't know how much schizophrenia you would trigger i don't know how many people would blow fuses i don't know but i do know that something would happen and you, it would you know be about giant. medieval times when this happened basically Ergot, right yeah yeah yeah. In the rye. yeah yeah that's what they think happened with the salem witch trials right. that literally um the ergot and the rye because of an early frost some new fungus had grown on some of the bread and they were able to run tests on it and they believe that it has LSD like property to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the uh that's certainly one of the potential ways to like upshift consciousness yeah. is through getting people having access to psychedelics in a uh consensual way. You know like when you're fucking chomping polluted wheat and suddenly you think your neighbors a, a, you know, fucking Satan. Pretty scary. That's that's different than yeah. like deciding to take a psychedelic in a responsible way and then understanding a little bit more about how to be compassionate or something like that, you know? Or just seeing yourself for the first time. I mean, do you remember yeah. seeing yourself? The, the first time I took mushrooms, I saw myself and I was like, oh, yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. You know, like you before you do it, it's like you have this idea looking in, out, and then you're separated from all of your life and you're like this uh, entity observing from the outside your life yourself it was the first time i ever considered myself outside of myself dude th this this is i'm sorry i always bring up ramdas on your podcast you love him it's i love okay. him but one of the you're great holding on to his beads one of the great stories is one of the great stories is that uh uh you know he gave lsd to neem Karoli baba his guru twice first time and he, you can find a youtube video of him telling this story it's amazing he gives him like you know owsley Owsley, Kid Charlemagne, has given him um, this incredible LSD. He says it's 300 microgram tablets made by one of the great LSD chemists of our time. And he's going to India to give it to people. And he gives it to, he gives 600 micrograms to Neem Karoli Baba. Now, 600 micrograms is like, fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. That's fuck just that. too much. And Neem Karoli Baba <laughs> eats it. But the way he's eating it is he's like doing this, throwing it in his mouth. And he eats it, nothing happens. So Ram Dass gets back to the United States. He's telling one of his scientist friends this story. And his scientist friend says, come on, dude. He didn't fucking eat it. He threw it. He, he palmed it. He threw it over his shoulder. This story is bullshit. You got tricked. You got hoodwinked by a fucking Bob out in India. They're all out there. They just want you to worship them. They want you to think they're powerful. So like Ram Dass gets back to India the second time with acid again. And this guy named Karoli Baba says to him, when you were here last time, what did you give me? And Ram Dass says, says, well, I gave you LSD. 
And he's like, did I take it? And Ramdas is like, I, I don't know. And he's like, give me more, give me more. So he gives him more and he takes these pills, puts them in his mouth, chewing them up in front of him and opens his mouth. His mouth is coated with tablet acid. He's taken, according to Ramdas, now 900 mics of this stuff. And so he goes under his blanket and starts shaking. And I know people now have seen, who saw this happen, not just him telling the story, who saw it happen. And they said, like, the fucking blood rushed out of Ramdas's face. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What have I done? What was I fucking thinking? I just drove this dude crazy. I essentially just gave an old man 900 micrograms of fucking acid in the hills of India, and he's going to go fucking nuts, and it's going to be my fault. Right? And so, like, Neem Koli Baba comes out of the blanket. His eyes are back in his head. He's like, and then he just goes back to completely normal. Nothing. No effect. And he says to him. So is he, was he laughing? What? No, he, he was, was putting on. He was playing on a fuck. He was playing a joke to yeah, fuck with good, him. Good, good. But yeah. he, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he was just fucking with. Him. But what, 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 uh, but what he said to him was really interesting. What he said to him was this. He said we used to. They used to have something like this in the Indus Valley, and he said uh, this will bring you into the presence of Christ, but you have to leave. Better to become Christ than to hang out with him. Is what he said, which Jesus was, yeah, Christ. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his, because their premise was, this is something. Like, this is definitely a thing, for sure. But, but you can be that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That was the, that's or you can it. live there. Yeah. I think that we're entirely imprisoned by a wall of ideas and of behavior and of momentum and of culture and of conditioning and the way we look at the world is like in these pre-programmed chunks that's a car that's a building i don't think necessarily we see it for what it really completely is which is some very strange temporary life that no one has really defined the meaning of Mm it we're we're in infinity, yeah. hurling through space, yeah. surrounding a giant nuclear explosion, rocketing through the universe, and all of it trying to make, make sense of it all. And in between there, you've got cops killing people in hallways, you've got Black Lives Matter, you've got, you've got every single possible variation from furries to people that, uh, it's their job to ticket street vendors who don't have the right, you know. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, this entire thing that we're experiencing, is really psychedelic. If you weren't living life, and if life made way more sense, like uh, 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 in a, if the world that we're normally accustomed to is much more controlled and uh, two-dimensional, and you could see the world that we live in for the very first time, you'd be overwhelmed by how insane it is. You'd be overwhelmed by the possibilities. You'd be overwhelmed yeah. by the internet. You'd be overwhelmed by language. You'd be overwhelmed by feelings and emotions and all of it. If we weren't used to it, all of it will be like, whoa, this is crazy. Like yeah. nonverbal expression, the people, strip clubs, f- race cars, <laughs> all of it. Planes. What? They have metal tubes. They fly them through the air. Yeah. The fuck? We're just so used to all of it that life itself is very psychedelic. It's just a psychedelic experience that we've grown deeply accustomed to. And I think the psychedelic experience that you have when you're on a heavy duty thing like a DMT. It's like you venture forth into a dimension that you don't have context for. 
right. you feel familiar. You feel familiar with it, but you don't have context for it. It doesn't fit into your normal patterns. Yeah. But the normal patterns are just as bizarre, man. The normal patterns. We're taking liquid out of these clear plastic things that are made out yeah. of oil that somehow or the other they figured out to turn into a, a, a clear plastic yeah. and we fill it up with liquids and you drink them and then you chuck these things and if you follow the the path of this plastic bottle it might eventually wind up in some seagull's gut choking it to death in the middle of the ocean you know i mean it's yeah, and bizarre. That, but then also add to that that you're melting into time too while you drink from the bottle. You're not just just not the insanity. This bottle is like you're. This bottle's mid process. Yeah. It's somewhere from some batch of gooey shit to being a bottle to being in a seagull's gut. You're mid process too, honey. You're yeah. getting funny. You <laughs> <laughs> sound like Mitzi. You're getting dissolved. You know what I mean? You're yeah. mid process, and 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 like and so is the sun. And so is the fucking sun. But you know, the, a fun thing to do, this is something that occurred to me when I was super high recently. I was sitting in the, this fucking apartment and then suddenly it dawned on me like, wait a minute, how many other people are going to fucking live here? And then I'm thinking like, wait, how many people have lived here? And then I'm thinking, Dude. how many conversations have happened in this fucking apartment where Dude. everybody thought these were really serious conversations? Like, oh yeah, we're really getting into it, man. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm just a Dude. little, I'm just a little eddy of air spinning around in this fucking apartment. I'm going to leave and there's going to be other little eddies of air that spin around in this yeah. apartment. The apartment's going to be around way longer than any of those other eddies of air. So really, just to add to what you're saying, the beauty, the, the glorious nature of the universe versus our ability to comprehend it is that we are so fucking impermanent. We are so impermanent and we are so fluid and we're so melting into time. It's a really amazing thing to allow you. And, I, and you, say, you say we're used to it. Uh, and sometimes I think, yeah, that must be it. But I think also there's a lot of ign we're ignoring it. Yeah. We're numb to it. It's too much we to deal with. We are overwhelmed. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, you think about hunter-gatherers. Hunter-gatherers lived in the world that created them. Yeah. The world that they evolved in, right? right? So it's the same world your father and grandfather and great-grandfather, everybody lived in the same world. So the skills you're born learning, that you grew up learning, those are the skills that are appropriate to your world. We're, we're in a world now where even people who are alive are in a different world than the one they were born into. Yeah. You know, and we're, I, I grew up before the Internet. Right. This is too. all new. Yep. I was in my 30s when this shit started. Yeah. It's nuts. And but people, younger people can't imagine what it was like to travel before there was email. Yeah. So you were like 40 when the first iPhone came out, right? I was born in 62. Yeah. So the, uh, the whole thing is it's hard to imagine it being any different than it is. But if you really just think of what it is, just the discussions that we've had here today about what the potential issues could be with AI, with advancing technology that has not been mapped out, it's not, it's not going to be regulated as far as how far innovation is allowed to continue. It's not going, they're going to, they're going to be so far ahead of the people that understand the regulations. It's going to, the things are going to be yeah. coming out like the internet itself. The internet came out itself before they really understood what the implications were. Right. I mean, if the government could go back in time and pull the fucking, hey, 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 pop, let's talk about this first. Yeah. Pull that plug right out of the wall before the internet went on AOL. And yeah. let's just talk about what we're going to do with this and yeah. let's, let's manage this because let me show you what it could be yeah. and then you see 25 years later people like holding on their phones walking into traffic and getting yeah. hit by cars because they're so addicted to checking their facebook feed yeah man yeah it's nuts 
Yeah, imagine if a drug could do what cell phones do. Imagine if a drug came along and the drug made you like stare at your hands all day. If everybody was just like staring at their hands. <laughs> I mean, it's like praying. Yeah, the only thing, you know, the only thing difference is you are getting some information. But I mean, if there was a drug that came along that made you want to stare at your hands like 90% of the day. Yeah. Like if you're playing video games, you're not getting any information. That's true. Yeah. Not even porn. Well, they say that video games in some ways are good for the psyche, though. Good for the um, the psyche. They make make good for your mind. Drone pilots. Yeah. You know what's not good for my psyche? Getting my fucking ass kicked at Hearthstone with this new expansion. Nerd (laughs) crawl out. I'm kidding. Anyway, (laughs) hey, but very quickly, though, the thing you're talking about, the. the the concept of like a drug that makes you stare at your hands, I think our thoughts at one point, like the ability to think the way we do, mm-hmm. was a new technology yeah, that started sure. emerging. And so like when you're caught up in your thoughts, what's the difference between that and looking at your fucking cell phone? Like when you get obsessed with your thoughts and like, cause I've noticed like whenever I get really caught up in a flurry of thoughts and I allow myself to really get lost in the thing you're talking about, the simulation, the projection into the future, you're 17 fights ahead with this person because they said this thing that they're never going to say. I think that's a form of looking at your cell phone. Only it's the internal simulator inside the neurocomputer that your brain is. Right. But I don't think it's too much different. I think both of these things are just different attempts to try to evade the present moment because the present moment is so overwhelmingly, heartbreakingly beautiful that we'd rather have our faces buried in our phones or in our thoughts. I think that's the problem is the more that we get into the moment, it's fucking amazing here. It is amazing, but I don't think that's what's I don't think it's the fact that it's beautiful that's making people be distracted. I think it's overwhelming the amount of data that's coming our way. And I don't think we're designed for it. I think that's one of the things that gets people at peace if you're on a hike in nature. This is all stuff where your brain has a hole for it. We're talking about keys, Mm. like keys that fit in the slots. Those keys just fit in. There's the tree, there's the bird. Oh, look at that eagle, holy shit. Wow, look, the salmon are jumping. There's keys for that. There's there's receptors for all that stuff. When you're walking down fucking Santa Monica Boulevard and there's people honking their horn and different music is playing in different cars and there's smells that aren't natural and there's so much data coming your way. It's overwhelming. And then you're thinking about your work and your job and your boss keeps giving you massages and you're like this (laughs) creepy (laughs) cunt. And you know, you just want to when it gets back to that natural, unnatural conversation we began with, yeah. right? Because, yeah. you know, you're, as you're describing the metaphor of receptor cells or something for these different inputs. But another way to look at it is your body has expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Your eyes are designed with an expectation of certain wavelengths of light that are relevant to this animal, Right. Those are like the reds of the berries are relevant because now they're ripe and, you know, they're different and blood is shocking and all that. The ears are expectations of certain decibel levels that would be important for this animal to hear. Rabbits mm. have totally different setup, you know. Right. So your whole body, your lungs are an expectation of oxygen rich air, you know, everything. And when you take that animal out, it's confused because what it's expecting isn't there. Mm. So it's not just metaphorical. It's it's actually physiologically we're living in a world that our bodies don't expect. Mm. 
God damn, what a great way to end this thing. <laughs> yeah. After Perfect. sitting for five hours. Fuck, this was fun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I, thank you, guys. Let's do this more often. Fuck, Shit. yeah, man. Thanks, Jim. And uh, yeah. if you want to make these easy, we can all just, we'll triple cast it. You want to do that? We'll all three put it out? Sure. Put it, we'll do that Whatever. all the time. Let's Whatever do it. Works. I, I that. think that's probably the best way to do it Let's all the do time. It. Makes we'll just, sense. Yeah, yeah. So that way nobody has to miss any of them or not subscribe. And, um... You guys are both here now. Yes. You're here? Yes. You're, you're, you're moving back. I'm back. You're done. And you're here. So Unless I get kidnapped in Peru. Let's try to do these a little bit. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do them more often. I'm up cool. for it. They're some of my favorite podcasts ever. Thanks, Thank you guys. Joe. Oh, Thanks. Uh, that Chris Ryan on Twitter. And what, what is the Instagram? Same. Same. That, that Chris Ryan. And Duncan Trussell on At everything. Duncan Trussell on Twitter. All right, fuckers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yay. That was great. <sighs> Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and are financially able, go to patreon.com and search for Tangentially Speaking. You enter your credit card, tell them you want to give me a buck, five bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 200 bucks, and then they'll just automatically ding your credit card and you don't have to think about it again. Uh, if you don't have uh, the money to do that, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Tell your friends about the podcast, write a review on iTunes, or just enjoy the podcast. It doesn't matter. I want to thank Basin and Range for that intro music. The song's called Bright Side of the Sun. And you can check them out at basinandrangeband.com. If you want to talk about the podcast, you can go to Reddit, where there are a few thousand people chatting about the podcast. Uh, I drop in and answer questions, post photos, uh, whatever. Pretty cool community there. Another forum where you can meet fellow listeners to this podcast is at t eight. No, sorry, tspeaking.boardhost.com. This has been set up by a listener to enable people to um, register and uh, their different states and countries so you can find people who live near you, get together, have a beer, smoke a bowl, eat some mushrooms, dance under the moonlight, however you celebrate these things. You'll find uh, like-minded spirits on that. It's Again, it's tspeaking.boardhost.com. Dot com. And uh, if you want to get some t-shirts, we have the Civilized to Death shirts, Sex at Dawn shirts, Tangentially Speaking shirts. They're all in my mom's garage. She will get them out to you in a jiffy. Julie, my mom, is one of the most efficient people you will ever meet. So you can find those on my website. That Chris Ryan, chrisryanphd.com, tangentiallyspeaking.com, whatever. You'll find them. Just look in the store there. If you want to buy some other t-shirts from the same manufacturer, that Shore Design t-shirt. Shirts. They are fantastic. I know I say this is an ad free podcast uh, and this could be construed as an ad, but Sure Design t shirts have been supporting this podcast since its inception. Bennett, who was the dude there, decided he was going to support the podcast. He sent me a bunch of shirts uh, at an extreme discount to uh, help us out. Since Bennett died, the people who took over SureDesignTShirts.com uh, have decided to continue giving us the same deal that Bennett gave us. So be sure to use the discount code CTD, as in civilized to death, when you order anything from them and you'll get 20%, 20% off your entire order. That's the discount code CTD. 
And that's at suredesigntshirts.com. Thank you to Carsey Blanton for the song you're about to hear. You can check her out at carseyblanton.com. She performed this little ditty, especially for us. Sounds like she was sitting in her garage. You can hear the birds chirping. The song is called Smoke Alarm, and it's a reminder to live now because you're going to die one day. This is for you guys, Bennett and Justin. Miss you. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're going to say. When everyone you've ever known is headed for a headstone. I don't want to give the end away, but we're going to die one day. Your body is an doesn't ask for much a little music and a soft touch why don't you let it out to play your heart is in a birdcage singing in your chest you want to shut it up but give it a rest you're gonna die one day why do we waste our time thinking about a reputation Running from a confrontation Wondering what we ought to say <laughs> When everyone we've ever known Is headed for a headstone I don't want to give the end away But we're gonna die one day We're gonna die one day We're gonna die one day So baby, what's a big deal? If you want to be free, say what you want to feel, spend the night with me. I'm gonna take you up in my arms, and if we must go down, we'll go singing to the smoke alarms, we'll dance into the ground.